millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to the final part of a five-part podcast. The other parts are available in your podcast feed right now. Time codes are in the description of this episode down below for when each film is discussed and when we are joined by each of our special guests. Enjoy. Suffering. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the Cop Pop Show podcast. <laughs> this is the start of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, a a teacher that laughed that way. (laughs) Was it um, Roz from Monsters Inc? No, it was. (laughs) 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 He would walk into the room and go, ah, 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 and um, we would make fun of all the little uh, ticks that he'd make. Like he used to do Mm. that. He did a few other things which I won't say, but you know, like ways he was a weird dude. He was a weird dude. (laughs) Ways he would say certain things and. Um, we, so we'd we'd parrot them when he wasn't around, and then one day he stopped doing them altogether. Right, and we could only surmise that he'd heard us making fun of him. Wow, and had stopped doing it. And if you go, that's a that's a story where you come off really mean, AJ. Uh, this guy was not a cool guy. <laughs> so, um, if it makes you feel any better, this guy was a nerd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now up to what is this film? Forty? Is it? Yeah, I, think I guess so. it would be. Mm. Yeah, right. I guess there's been thirty nine other. Oh ones, yeah, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty films, Richard. Forty films, and does it feel like forty films? No. This is the last. Um, ten will break. You know, there's not going to be a fiftieth yeah. one. Well, there will be one day, but. It'll be long after you and I are gone. Have we checked if there has been a 48th Scooby-Doo movie? I've been trying to keep, like, looking at, yeah, they they premiere, a lot of them premiere at Comic-Cons and stuff. I would say we're probably not far away from one, but it's, it is hard to say. Mm. But I I have been keeping, keeping an eye on Pretty cool, though. Pretty cool. Pretty Pretty cool. cool. Now that I'm actually connected, because last time we were like, Oh man, maybe we could get an advanced copy of the Barbie film. But um, you know, if there was a Scooby Doo film announced, like I have, I have contacts uh, with one of Connected. That's what you mean. I was like, you're connected to what? Like the internet. It was, it's much easier to search now. That's <laughs> uh, having yes, to go yes. to the go go out uh, chucking my Encarta disc yep. when we covered Barbie. Mm. It's crazy that it had Barbie movies up to like 2018 on that Encarta disc. Eh? Mm. Yeah. So Scooby Doo and the Gourmet Ghost oh. just came out in 2018. Yep, directed by Doug Murphy, and it features a little guy called Bobby Flay. <laughs> a little guy, 
Are you, are you a fan of Bobby Flay? Uh, not really. Who was the one, like, when I found out Bobby Flay was in it, I looked up Bobby Flay uh, Me Too because I remembered mm. one of the these celebrity chef, chefs got cancelled in the Me Too movement and in their yeah. email being like, we, their, apology. their apology email, they included a recipe for cinnamon bun pizza or something like that. And it was just yeah, it was just well, a real like tactless, tactless thing. But that mustn't Mario have been Batali. Mario Batali. There you go. Um, so no, you know that's not Bobby Flay. I'm not saying Bobby Flay. And I I scoured his Wikipedia page and could not find a, a a damning category in the contents page of it, which is always funny when like you. It's mm. not really. I guess funny. This the wrong is word, Mario Batali's apology. Yeah. As many of you know, there has been some news coverage about some of my past behavior. I have made many mistakes and I am so very sorry that I have disappointed my friends, my family, my fans, and my team. My behavior was wrong and there are no excuses. I take full responsibility. Sharing the joys of Italian food, tradition, and hospitality with all of you each week is an honor and a privilege. Without the support of you, my fans, I would never have a forum in which to expound on this. I will work every day to regain your respect and trust. Mario Batali. P.S. In case you're searching for a holiday-inspired breakfast, these pizza dough cinnamon rolls are a fan favorite. What a crazy move. <laughs> what a crazy move. And it's always so like... The, it's always the people you'd least expect. <laughs> I think. I think like what rings hollow about that is like no, but people aren't asking you to re-earn their trust. They're saying get out mm, of the. They limelight. just want a want a nice holiday breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. treat. <laughs> Mario, you don't need to regain my trust. You just need to <laughs> give me holiday recipes. <laughs> Yeah, so this this film premiered at Comic-Con and then was released digitally and then on DVD later. But what is it about, AJ? So the gang are going to to meet Fred's uncle, who ends up being Bobby Flay. And he's, and Fred is bewildered that he's a celebrity, didn't know that. Mm. Uh, and so Shaggy and Scooby are having a great time at this like mansion where where food is, is everywhere. Uh, but there's a ghost mm. afoot, I think it's called... The Red Ghost or something like that, mm -hmm. which is very similar to The Crimson Cape, which was the last Scooby-Doo movie. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and it's it's haunting the the Bobby Flay's <laughs> exorbitant mansion, I think, is the, the plot and the gang decide to figure out what's going on. And there's a whole backstory that I can't remember. Yeah, so the whole thing is, and the, the culprit and the motive is that Henry Metcalf was as Bradley Bass as the Red Ghost. Mm. But he wanted... Because Edward Duflay, who was like the Bobby's ancestor, and there were, he supposedly has had ties to the British during the Revolutionary War, mm. and he wanted to cover that up. Mm. But it ends up being he wasn't didn't have ties. He was actually a spy for the English. And when mm. everyone thought he was t shouting Red Ghost before he disappeared in the 1800s or whenever, mm. he was actually yelling Red Coats, which is... Kind of what you'd probably surmise, I think, if you heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you expect to hear? They were all expecting to hear red coats. Yeah, yeah. But, and then, yeah, that's a pretty insane thing to, mm. to miss here. Mm. What did you think of this film? Uh, buddy, it's the least attention I've paid to 
any of these wow. out of the 40 that we've watched so far. And it's not not so much in which like you'd be like, come on, AJ, give it another watch. I sat there and my eyes were open and my attention was floating somewhere in between my couch and the television. Like I, I watched the movie, but I just was not receiving a lot of it. I think I think we're hitting hitting a certain point now where uh the the home stretch is feeling like it's it's uh it's actually a bit more steep than when you're at the bottom of the mountain mm. you know yeah it's interesting like i i feel like with barbie i got a second wind around this point mm. and after i was, I was able to pretty <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, like I was, uh, yeah, well, with with about seven films to go, sort of things. So this is when we had like Starlight Adventure, Video Game Hero, and they were, and then the the later ones that sort of tie into the TV series that were actually pretty decent quality. And so I think, yeah, I got this the second win, and I was able to just quite enjoy my way to the finish line. And I mean, I, I this this one this felt along the lines of what was it like abracadabra do those other ones that there's been a few very forgettable ones just sort of sprinkled in there mm-hmm. but i'd say the next couple i sort of felt a bit of that second wind yeah yeah and yeah yeah it's just I, I guess it's it's when you get to this late in a franchise that yeah you experiment with it a bit more and and gourmet ghost wasn't really an experimental one gourmet ghost is pretty standard yeah and like for those who are invested in like what era of scooby-doo we're in i've lost the track of that completely i'm yeah you just said that i'm sure what on like a a couple of films ago you said that didn't you did i Ah, well, I I guess I'm reiterating it then. Heaven forbid I say Mm. something twice on a 24-hour podcast, a 28-hour podcast, potentially. Wow. Yeah, so I think we are are about to enter an era of, like, looking back and nostalgia, um, and maybe Batman Brave and the Bold could be called that as well. I'd forgotten about Gourmet Ghost in the... um, the, the, the... Mm, Gourmet Ghost feels like an outlier with what it's surrounded by. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Just just counting Daphne and Velma, because that's... That's like a separate stream happening. To the eras, yeah. yeah. But you have like yeah the the conclusion to Batman Brave and the Bold. You have the conclusion to Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. You have a return to Zombie Island, mm. and it's it's worth pointing out that this uh, it's more on the next couple that it becomes more relevant. But the year after Gourmet Ghost is the fiftieth anniversary of Scooby Doo as an IP. So I think there was a bit of a, that. It's actually a motivated right. return to those things, right? The greatest hits sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, AJ, I want to ask you about the role food plays in your life. Mm. Um, what are like? What are the most important dishes? To oh, you? right. Like we're talking about it in a good way. I thought we were going to talk about how like I have a crippling addiction to food. It's it's my no, my, yeah, I don't my want to get one true vice. You know, like mm. um, yeah, a dish that's important to me. Here's here's what's the f- yep. Yep. here's a here's a fun thing that I think makes my palate unique from other people's palates potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, is is uh, I feel like it is widely considered like scrub food and bad food to have like a white bread bun and you crack that open, huck in a piece of like processed cheese mm-hmm. and like a piece of processed luncheon or ham, right? Uh, that that feels like that's like 
food, the food you feed when you've got a camp of 4,000 kids and it's it's yeah, like, yeah. well, we got to give them something. My nana and granddad, bless their souls, mm. they would feed me that whenever I would go around there. I have a mouth-watering attraction to luncheon, plastic cheese, white buns. Like, mm. it is, it, I get, I can understand why people think it's cheap and nasty. I think it is delicious and it, like, satiates me and it, I think it's 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 very convenient having quite a cheap satiating mm. um sort of uh food that i like but that's always surprised people when like they're like oh i remember when i used to go to easter camp they would do that would be one of the days would be filled roll day mm. and that was my favorite day <laughs> and everyone would be yeah. like oh it's not baked potato day and i'd be like i don't fucking want your baked ass potatoes i want filled yeah roll. baked potatoes are overrated yeah i agree yeah that's actually i mean it doesn't I mean, I've lived with you. That doesn't surprise me a lot that the, mm. <laughs> that you feel that strongly about that mm. food because I've seen you eat yeah. it, and you're you're like a like a dog with a bone, like a dog with a Scooby snack. Yeah, yeah. Those. And Would you do it for a, a white bread bun with luncheon and and Colby <laughs> fake Colby cheese? AJ, <laughs> would you do it for two? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting to talk about the role food plays and the no pun intended the role. But you like if you were given access to Bobby Flay's entire kitchen, mm. what would you make it there? Oh God, um, I I mean I feel like it's been documented probably on the Scooby Doo episode. How into Oh Scooby Doo and guess who has just finished downloading. <laughs> Well, let's pivot to that then. <laughs> um, it's like sandwiches have been a big part of, of my life um, and I'm always mm. on the hunt for a new interesting sandwich. Um, so maybe I'd get Bobby Flay to make me a real good sandwich. Maybe that's my answer. Yeah, wow. Well. Mm. What about you? Should, should we see if Bobby Flay has a sandwich recipe? Yeah. Flay sandwich. But yeah, there is a Bobby Flay sandwich. Do you want to know what's in a Bobby Flay? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll I'll tell you if I would eat it or when I would stop eating it, depending on the ingredients. Okay. Ham. Yep, sounds good. Pork. Okay, like like cooked pork. And it looks more like like a shaved pork kind of thing. Okay, isn't that just ham? I guess it's <laughs> not. I guess it, you could have like cured pork. Hmm. And pickles. Yep. Mustard sauce. Yep. Cuban bread. Yep. Congrats, buddy. You're eating a Bobby Flay right Wow, now. that sounds delicious. Could use some cheese, though, I think. Okay, okay. Not to- Yeah, his Swiss cheese. Oh, you didn't say that. I did. Well, I didn't hear you say it. And one of us well... is right, and it's been recorded. <laughs> oh! <laughs> He's got a few, but that's the one that's, like, called a Bobby Flay, mm. apparently. What would I get Bobby Flay to make me? I- I now have, <laughs> having been to, what? I just have this image of like 20 something hours into the Scooby-Doo episode. Just, ah, uh, what sandwich would I have Bobby Flay make me? <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if it was going to be a sandwich, I would get him to make me a Reuben. If I had the anything in the world, I have like an insatiable, now that I live in New Zealand, it's, well, now that I'm back in New Zealand, it's an insatiable uh, need for good Mexican food because there's no good Mexican food in New Zealand. Craig, a mutual friend, listener of the podcast, has a really good Mexican place out west that he's going to take me to one day. But yeah, man, Mexican food in the States was just, I mean, I guess, you know, technically it's Tex Mex, but 
fuck, it's good. And then there's just no, nothing's quite as good here. Mm. Unless, I mean, unless you go to like a fancy, fancy restaurant and then it's like, well, you know, you're paying that kind of price. The food's pretty good no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Because it just has good ingredients. Yeah. No, I'm the same. Mexican will be, would be my favorite uh, cuisine, I think, more or less. I guess you could probably throw a couple of other cuisines at me and I'd be like, okay, that's pretty good too. Uh, okay, what about like Itali- uh, I'd really like Italian. Um, yeah? yeah. What's your favorite Italian food? Like an Italian sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually it? Yeah, probably. Or I mean, pe- what would you, pizza. What would you put in an Italian sandwich? You put. Um, I had one the other day. I can. Fi- I'll find what I went to a place in Christchurch called the Hokitika Sandwich Company. Um, oh wow! And you had to go all the way out to Hokitika. Well, I d- they have a. They've opened up a branch wow. here and they have already one from- of the first things i ever got paid to do was security at the hawkatika wild foods festival and it was the most bored i've ever been in my entire life <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i'm trying to find the menu for you because they forgot about me they put me on they stationed me at like this one entrance to the beach and they were supposed to relieve you like every three hours or something like that mm. to swap you out and some parts will be you're by yourself, some parts you're with someone else. And they forgot about me for one rotation. So I ended up just standing in this one place for six hours. Mm. And it was insanely boring. People offered me weed. People offered me alcohol. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. And I mean, by the end of it, because like, also this was not a place that really people were going past. I saw in that six hours, I maybe saw like 15 people the whole time. Wow. But How many of them offered of the you weed? Night, <laughs> maybe like half of them <laughs> um hold up i'm just i know i sent the menu to someone recently so i'm just re- scrolling up no, through there well, I, I have i can tell other stories from my time as a security guard mm, while you wait i found it we all we all had to sleep in a big communal room and there was this one fucking massive dude who snored like insanely mm-hmm. and i had my headphone my earpods or like my headphones and my ipod playing full volume a pillow wrapped around my head pressing on as hard as i could still couldn't sleep because his snoring was louder than that wow the italian sandwich from the hookatica sandwich company uh is has salami mortadella provolone aioli vinaigrette and greens in it i also got a french wow. which was hambry aioli mustard and greens and i saved that one for later they were two of the best sandwiches i've ever had i mean yeah you told me about that actually mm. Mm. I think you might have told me on the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. No, I think you see me pictures of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I just wanted to, you know, like like a sandwich, you want good fillings. And I thought the gourmet ghost, I thought this might be one of our lighter conversations. Mm. And so I thought, oh, we could talk about food and our relationship to food mm. to, to be the filling. Mm-hmm. So now... Do you have, like, do you have one food that you... Like this amazing like restaurant you ate at, or like a little th- that you would never be able to find again. I love stories like this. So many people have that. It's my one was like we were down an alleyway, off an alleyway, off an alleyway, sort of thing in Scotland. This was, so we, I was like eight or something, and my mum had mac and cheese, and me and my sister just had like these bacon bips, and it was like fuck, it was. All of us, I can't remember what my, what my dad had, but all of us were like, this is the best food <laughs> I've ever had. Mm. And it's like, th- there's not a, a snowball's chance in hell that I would ever be able to find that place again or that it would be open over 20 years later. Mm. 
Yeah, I um this is maybe not exactly the same thing, but the first time I ever had a Krispy Kreme donut was in a a, a Brisbane Krispy Kreme and before they way before yeah. it opened in New Zealand. And I had a donut from the Brisbane Krispy Kreme and it was like a Boston cream or something. And I was like, this is the best donut I have ever had by a wide margin. And then when they came to New Zealand, wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that it might just be you were chasing that high? Yeah. Like the sort of nostalgia area era of Scooby Doo that we're in at the moment, mm. you know, maybe it's it doesn't quite live up to your memory of it, which is I th- I think is what a lot of fans felt when the finale to the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo was announced, which we're going to talk about right after this. Alarming news today as the murders in Coolsville seem to extend into their fifth week with yet another corpse being found in the river. The lead suspect at the moment, according to our sources, is one Norville Rogers, better known as Shaggy from Mystery Inc. This has been a hard blow for the community of Coolsville as Shaggy was a beloved character among the town. Raggy? What are you doing? Like, you, you gotta die, man. You've seen too much, dude. You don't need to do this, Reggie. You, you gotta go, man. No, Reggie. No. What? 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 What I think. What? 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 What I think is interesting about the the kind of somewhat of the era that we're in for Scooby Doo is that um, Batman Brave and the Bold ended in 2011 the movie didn't come out till 2018 and as we discussed that's an entire that's an entire childhood you know those those seven years Mm. like that's not the the it's the 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 kids who would have watched the show will have grown out of it by the time that um movie came out and i thought that was bad and i was like what a silly idea to do a a whole movie aimed at children that is a sequel to a TV show that that none of the children have watched and anyone who did watch it are now full grown. AJ, you dumb cunt. I have something even even more of a guess for you. So The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is a show we've spoken about already Mm -hmm. uh, way back at the start of this episode, but that aired in 1985. Mm -hmm. And a follow-up to that came out in 2019. So you probably feel feel pretty fucking stupid that you thought the Batman, the Brave, and the Bold was. I do, a long but time. I'm also like you, you dumb, you dumb. Do you know what cunt. I mean though? Like, like who, what, what, like major franchise the size of Scooby Doo is as free as Scooby Doo? You know, like it's it feels very very out of the ordinary that something that makes presumably as much money as it does like Scooby-Doo or is this for whatever mm. reason they keep making them that like they would have seen it as a worthwhile move to do a conclusion to a show that ended years before most Got most of their after 13 episodes. yeah most before most of their demographic was even born you know yeah neighbors are being loud all right so are mine <sighs> Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Frankly, it's uh, it's buck wild. I you you think I had a phase of saying buck wild, 
I said it like maybe That's maybe just, twice. It's my fucking entire life. It's not a phase. I said it maybe twice, and I never said it again because you were like, Buck Wild, what a fucking stupid thing to say. I'm going to repeat it back to him ad nauseum. And so now I think you've got this false memory that I had a Buck Wild phase, whereas I just genuinely used it in, in a right. podcast once. <laughs> okay, roll the clip. I'm not finding them. It's just it's this roll the weird thing you do sometimes where you like go like, that thing you said once, you say that all the time. People do that to me a lot, which would suggest that I'm wrong and that See, I actually do say yeah, this. AJ, all the time. And, and, the, and the, you know, improvisational comedian in you would have just, you know, live recording done a bunch of takes of you saying buck wild and then been like oh i guess you're right i do say that a lot very good mm, that would have been fun so to talk about scooby-doo and the th- curse of the 13th ghost mm. from 2019 we have to go back in time a little bit to talk about the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo mm. so if you can't remember us talking about this at the start of the episode this is the same continuity that those first three movies were from shaggy had a red shirt it was just shaggy scooby and scrappy although in the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo they also had these other characters one of which being daphne and then they also had a sidekick flim flam mm. it was like a, a it was like a young little kid a little tibetan boy <laughs> Yeah, and then they also had some side characters, including Vincent Van Gogh. Who's like a Vincent Price parody. Yeah. Here's the sort of logline for the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. In the initial episode, the gang have thrown off course on a trip in Honolulu in Daphne's plane, landing instead in Tibet. While inside a temple, Scooby and Shaggy are tricked into opening the chest of demons, which houses... 13 of the most terrifying and powerful ghosts and demons ever to walk the face of the earth. The ghosts can only be returned to the chest by those who originally set them free. Thus, the gang embark on a worldwide quest to recapture them before they wreak irreversible havoc upon the world. This show started in 1985, as I mentioned. It was in the wake of Ghostbusters. Mm. So they were like, kids love real ghosts. Mm. They're none of this fake shit anymore. Scooby-Doo had been dwindling in ratings. People were getting sick of it. And so that was what it, uh, you know, was created in, in relation to. Fred Jones and Velma Dinkley are completely absent from the series. They hadn't been major characters in the show since Scrappy-Doo was added in 1979. So I guess those two characters just weren't popular. Right. Interesting. And also worth mentioning, so... The whole plot of the thing is there's 13 ghosts. We have to track them down. There was 13 episodes of the show. You would assume, oh, each episode is one. This is my they question. Only, yeah. They track down 11 ghosts. And you see, you only see 11 ghosts in the series. There is the ghost from the pilot episode. There's a ghost ship captain who might have been one of the 13th ghost. And the director of this film, Tim Sheridan, believes the 12th ghost to be captain ferguson and in the film it's it's implied that he's the 12th ghost so right this is so interesting yeah, it's interesting that there's actually a hidden like 12th yeah, ghost yeah. as well as this being like the 13th ghost my my question is how do you only get 11 ghosts in 13 episodes is the 
the yeah. first episode. I could see like the first episode they don't capture any because it's them releasing them, maybe. But like mm. that's still twelve, so that's interesting. Okay, so and also there's just this Captain Ferguson who's not explicitly stated to be one of the ghosts yeah. that they encounter. Okay, very strange. Yeah, I guess it's like he is a ghost, but it's like is he one of the third? Yeah, but it's weird to feature another ghost in a show yeah, yeah. about a very specific number of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we catch up years later. Now we've got Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the 13th Ghost. And what is this about, AJ? I'll just let you finish your sip of Coke, no sugar. Spill it right in your mouth a little bit. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, So this this, uh, movie begins with the gang doing um, one of their typical... Uh, roundups of who they think is the monster only to find out that they screwed up and the, the guy they've tried to capture is just a normal guy uh, and uh, who's scared of teenagers scared of teenagers that's why he's running away from them <laughs> and a sheriff shows up and basically says you guys are nearly all nearly 18 which was a a damning confirmation for us Richard mm-hmm. um and 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 he basically says uh if you do this while you're 18, you could go. You could get arrested for harassment, basically. Yeah. And so he convinces them to give up uh, mystery solving. So they have a garage sale where Fred uh, regrettably sells the mystery machine. And while they're they're selling stuff at this garage sale, um, this random guy's like, "Hey, what's this?" And he holds up a crystal ball. And Velma and Fred are, are like. Have know nothing of this, but Daphne I've never seen that fucking thing yeah, in their life. Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby are like mortified, and they ru- rush and take it off them. And it ends up they get like a call on this crystal ball from Vincent Van Gogh, who's like, "We found the thirteenth ghost," uh, and it is revealed that Daphne and and Fred were away at camp during one summer. Velma and Fred, Velma and Fred were away at camp during one summer where the, all of this happened. Um. And I thought it was, and then like it turns out also that that Daphne has her own little van, which is presumably from the show. Uh, so they mm. get in that little van, um, and they go to find Vincent Van Gogh. There's a there's a chest of demons or something that the last thirteenth ghost is trying to get. This leads them to Tibet, where uh, they have a bunch of funny little antics, which finally results in um, them sort of head on facing off against the 13th ghost um and uh Velma's whole worldview is turned upside down because she the whole time has been like what are you guys talking about ghosts aren't real we know this um and then she eventually believes in ghosts and believes in the rules of the ghosts and they work out that the 13th ghost is a fraud because one of the rules is only the living may open the chest and this ghost opened the chest it turns out Richard have you got this written down because you'll probably be able to say it a bit more eloquently Mortifer Quinch was uh Asmodeus. Played by Nolan North, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he wanted to sell the chest of demons. Yep. And so n- this guy, Mortifer, was Vincent Van Gogh's partner back in the day, and they thought he died. But um, And then it, it ends with... Um, like an implication that the 13th ghost is actually like the ancestor of Vincent van Gogh and he was, had altruistic intentions. Um, mm. They meet Flim Flam, a grown up Flim Flam at one point. Um, and Scrappy gets a Scrappy shout gets out. Scrappy gets a His first mention in like 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Someone, uh, Flim Flam's like, I, I, he says, Shaggy, I hardly recognized you without a red shirt, which I thought was like, <laughs> oh my God. And then he's like, and yeah. where's Scrappy? And Valma says, what's a scrappy which was shocking 
So I think this is such an interesting movie because mm. uh, we're about to, after this one, we're going to talk about Return to Zombie Island, a sequel to a movie we've seen. And in that... Which we're having guests on who, I don't know who they are <laughs> yet, but I'm presuming they haven't seen Zombie right. Island. But you might surprise but, me. And, and I'm not, not going to say too much about Zombie Island just yet, only that like having seen the first one, it provided a context in which I understood a lot of what was going on and the callbacks and things in that movie. In mm. this, I hadn't seen the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo and neither had you and there's so much in it that is that is like there is a lot of catching up like there's a lot of like and that this is what i'm talking about it's so weird that this movie was able to be made i'm I'm so shocked that no executive was like no 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 like no one's gonna understand it we Mm. make movies for 12 year olds and they're not gonna understand what you're talking about yeah uh but i i don't know i thought it was all right i thought it was pretty good i so I actually really liked this one. Yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. It. I thought it had a, a fun sense of humor, and yeah, I, I just, I just quite enjoyed it. I liked all the little meta references and things, mm. and I also liked the dynamic of Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne. I think that that was yeah, I agree. You know, we've seen that a few times, but I, I think that that was cool. And yeah, I, 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 I had a little look on the Scooby Doo subreddit mm. because that you know where, where you're going to find passionate fans if not reddit.com mm. but i will get into the reception to scooby-doo on zombie island in a bit but scooby-doo and the curse of the 13th ghost is considered horrible mm. by scooby-doo fans right like people like hate velma in this and there's this really interesting thing i saw a bunch of comments about that there's this Velma's character arc, or like her archetype, changes, and she becomes this know-it-all snob skeptic who's, you know, unwilling to buy into things. And so, you know, we talk about how there's this nice thing that the the rest of the gang always believes Shaggy and Scooby about what they see because they know they're not lying. That like Velma in the latest films has has become very like, no, I I always thought this and. It's interesting. It started. Let me look back. Uh, I, I do know what they're talking was... about. Yeah, yeah. It, is it? I vaguely remember us talking about it on one episode about how Velma was a real asshole in one of them. Yeah. Is it Legend of the Phantasaur? No. The one with the with the carnival. Oh, uh, the, is that Music of the Vampire? The, yeah. Well, she she is like that in Music of the Vampire. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Because I think that's the one that people are sort of saying, no, Music of the Vampires, not it. There was one with real monsters. And you it. mean the Goblin King? Goblin King, that's what I'm thinking of, mm. yes. And that was, I, I saw people say that that's like when she sort of, this sort of thing started, but that was like 20 movies ago. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, she's kind of become an asshole. Like it was the Blue Falcon movie was the one where we were like, mm. when she was like, comics are for nerds. Yeah, that's and right, like, you, yeah, You're yeah, the nerdiest yeah. one. Yeah, so... Yeah, but it was interesting that I was coming into, I was going over the subreddit because we're now at the stage where like each of these releases has a discussion thread on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite enjoyed this one, but people that are precious about the lore of Scooby-Doo and the the lore especially of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and, you know, people that have waited decades for a conclusion to that series, mm. that this was a massive disappointment for them. And... I think things like retconning that oh ghosts aren't real or whatnot, and you know which we'll come to again and and return to Zombie Island, but that that 
I think felt like a massive betrayal for people. I saw a bunch of people say they hated the weird scrappy line or what's a scrappy line because it's like this betrayal of this character who was like important to that series. Mm. And apparently Flim Flam, I think, was like a hated character as well. And so I did see people being like, oh, him being grown up and not a dick was kind of cool. But apparently it's in an interview with a podcast named Scooby-Doo, Tim Sheridan <laughs> confirmed that Warner Bros. had requested Flim Flam and Scrappy not be in the film. They were both taken into consideration when he was writing the script and Scrappy was ultimately cut from the film due to not fitting into the story he wanted to tell. They also requested toning down any of the truly supernatural elements, making the movie's stance on the paranormal more ambiguous. Interesting. It is an ambiguous stance. Yeah. I like almost explicitly yeah. ambiguous. Ex- explicitly ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, right? It actually is. Big enough for an album or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. I reckon the world is ready for a Scrappy-Doo to come back. Yeah, so do I. I, I think... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he made an appearance in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think all of that's really interesting. I think those are valid comments to make about Velma, but it is funny when something is being judged from within the fan base, I think, because mm. I can understand as a fan being upset at it, but I'm sorry to any hardcore Scooby-Doo fans. This was yeah. more or less as good as any of the other Scooby-Doo movies. Well, that's like- the thing. And, and I with Barbie... Like we had, I think we had a few fans that, you know, picked up that episode and then heard about your dream about your penis falling off or something. <laughs> and, oh my God. <laughs> but I think that one thing that we, I, mean, I think we knew this going into this just from, I mean, you had interactions with your students that there are a lot more like diehard Scooby-Doo fans than there, than there seem to be Barbie fans. And there are probably people out there that are like, Oh, a cool a twenty-eight hour podcast covering all of the films in the Scooby-Doo franchise. And they're going to go and they're going to get to discussions like this and they're gonna leave such angry comments on the YouTube post for this, or they're gonna join the Discord just to disagree with us. Because it, it but that is the interesting perspective of coming into this franchise not having not watched being the shows, a fan of it having yeah like I, the, the, the i'm not attached to scooby-doo as an ip yeah i'm despite my better efforts i'm slowly kind of becoming attached to it but <laughs> not in the ways that i would have thought 41 films ago yeah like i messaged you just before and said i can't believe fred and daphne are my favorite characters <laughs> they're the best characters i agree I think, um, well, l- l- allow me to elaborate on why I like this one then. If you're listening to this mm. and you're one of these people that hated this movie and you're a diehard Scooby-Doo fan, I don't mean to offend, but what I can say is like, I feel like Music of the Vampire did this as well, where it was like clearly like the A-team of the Scooby-Doo production company were put on yeah, right. this film. This this feels like a lot more blockbustery than the ones preceding it. It feels a lot more um, serious. It feels like it's being taken a lot more seriously. And I think because of all of this history and that this particular movie has, then that history had to be like implemented sort of creatively Mm. into a film presuming like and and rightly presuming that maybe some people watching it haven't seen the show Uh, but i don't think it did Mm. a great job in that respect because i was still lost (laughs) in some areas but 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 i 
that's sort of why I liked it as just as someone as someone watching this as a Scooby Doo fan, I can understand being disappointed. As someone watching this as a person that watches movies, I could tell that the animation was higher quality. I could tell that the writing mm. had a lot more um maturity and personality to it yeah. than like say gourmet ghost which had so little to talk about that we barely talked about it right yeah. like and and i guess that's that's what i'm picking up on is like people gourmet ghost i, I could here it is i could have written gourmet ghost right with my limited knowledge mm. of scooby-doo and the characterizations i could have written that movie i could not have written this weird that you would choose to write bobby flay into yeah, it yeah. <laughs> i could not have written this movie because this movie mm. has a much more intimate knowledge of the characters how they work with each yeah. other and yeah yeah there's interesting in this that because they part of their garage sale they have to sell the mystery machine you know when they get told you're not allowed to solve crimes anymore that and then Fred becomes totally has a you know crisis. I, I really of faith, want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, like it was a great part of the film that he's like, "What is my place yeah. in the mystery gang? Yeah. If not the driver, if not the leader." Yeah. And so then he he realizes that his place is the cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. And that he's just the he supportive went to one camp. who. <laughs> yeah, he's the supportive one who yeah supports his friends no matter what they do and i was like i mean yeah we've been trying to define fred's it's, role this in is the a gang. great moment for the podcast like uh, yeah you know 10 hours ago we were discussing this like what what actually is fred and like i part of me is like part of me as as a storyteller following up the barbie episode which is if, mm. no shit that's what we've been trying to do this whole time yeah no fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to like work out what's like some cool narratives we can weave into this episode like how we got depressed in the <laughs> the barbie one <laughs> but i yeah. think um the, a big through line throughout this whole episode has been understanding the character of fred and i think it's really serendipitous and really satisfying that there is a movie in the franchise that mm tackles this that asks the same mm. questions that we were asking and and like i was floored by it when he's when he's literally like what is my purpose what is my place in the gang i was like jesus christ you this, passed by the- <laughs> this is what we've been asking and i like that it, d- it dove into that i thought it was so interesting that it did that <laughs> mm. yeah i yeah i enjoyed this one sorry skibidoo fans Sorry, Edgelords. Scooby-Doo yeah. and the Revenge of the Curse of the 13th Ghost is, is good. Did you pick up on, there's like a moment where Daphne goes and gets like, she's like, oh, let's, you know, we're going to go back on on this adventure. And she like shakes her hair up, restyles it, and it, it changes to the style where she's got these two little like tufts coming out her cheeks. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, mm, and then you know rustles it up again right i was like i bet that that was her hairstyle the show and i looked up and sure enough it was and she pulls Mm -hmm. out the outfit from the show and says i can't believe i ever wore this because i was reading that this the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo was like let's make them all 80s because they used to be 60s they gave them like funky new hairstyles they gave shaggy shaggy a red shirt shirt. (laughs) the color of the 80s (laughs) yeah i guess red is a more 80s color than green and green is a more 60s Mm. color than red yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> One thing that I think, just because we're having, we're about to have a guest or guests, that I think it might be good to sort of talk about here rather than bogging down a discussion with the guests on something they might not understand. That, like, there is a very clear continuity between 
this film and the next film oh staggering it's like it is it's it's the first time in the series aside from that one guy from um the Loch Ness monster showing up in the the snowy the snowman and the hex girls and the hex girls but even more so than that because they were movies apart that these characters were Mm. recurring this is like plot elements recur between Mm. the two films and like I was quite surprised. So the the main thing is is that the mystery machine has still been been sold, and, and they're still retired. They're still retired, cases. and the sheriff who told them told them off is still very much a presence in Return to Zombie Island. Mm. Um, and and it makes me wonder, like the one after Return to Zombie Island that we've got to watch, Richard, is a little film called Scoob that I am not <laughs> I am not looking forward to revisiting. But that was one of the reasons I didn't want to do Scooby Doo. It was just because <laughs> this one movie that we had to rewatch. But I, as far as I know, the film after that is happy halloween scooby-doo which as far as i'm aware is a direct sequel to return right well that that, that was my question i wonder if if there is going to be this like in like season i want to say maybe 18 of south park they implemented a episode to episode storyline instead of the episode oh, when they did the you're getting old yeah i think so there was one where oh, it, that was the, the end of the last season it turned out before, that yeah. that stan's dad was actually lord uh, and yeah, and yeah. that lasted yeah, a whole yeah. season and it was this real interesting thing where like a show that has lived like as long as an adult you know like into into its young adulthood uh mm. is it suddenly adopts like a um uh what's the serialized format and it kind of felt like that it's like oh shit i'm not used to seeing like but at the same time um uh velma it doesn't really make sense that if Zombie Island is retroactively yeah. put into the canon, that Valma would be surprised that ghosts are real in the Thirteen this Ghosts. Is, this is why I brought it up here because there is this whole thing that, and and there's there's quite a good line where like Scooby and Shaggy are like the reason we're so cowardly mm. and we're so skeptical any or no we we believe anytime there's a ghost, mm. it's because we've met. 12 real ones and then Valma's like I know everything there's no such thing as ghosts (laughs) that line Shaggy Shaggy says that line and it's I thought it was so interesting because Matthew Lillard is not delivering it as a joke and it feels very much like dare I say Richard that the people writing current Scooby-Doo have the same questions that we have as wacky podcasters Mm. they they are aware of the same the same plot inconsistencies and, and the same questions that fans have been asking for years and because we've talked about that on the podcast a little bit already is, is like mm. why the reason for why Shaggy's so um, scaredy cat, you know? Yeah. Scoobypedia does say this doesn't explain why he was scared before that show. But That's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because we do now sort of introduce a new canon where it's like, okay, 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo happened and then, like, two summers later, this film happened. But at some point in between those, Zombie Island happened. Mm. But as we're about to learn, the there's a big sort of uh, retroactive cha- retcon of ages and other events in Zombie Island to make Return to Zombie Island work, which I'm sure we will have a lot of fun as we explain that to our next guests. I did have something else. <laughs> <laughs> we got time before they're ready um yeah i also yeah i need to go to the toilet oh, before okay. we 
we get them on. All right, so, I'll, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll end. I'll end with a little thought that I had today. Is that yeah. is that to for thirteen ghosts? For sorry, for the thirteenth ghost to establish the sort of loose. Um, these are the official entries in the Scooby Doo timeline mm. that we, that you were just talking about. It is interesting for it to then omit several films where the monster is real and Valma sees that the monster is real. And what I think this is, is that every movie until Return to uh, Zombie Island, every Mm -hmm. movie in the Scooby-Doo franchise, more or less, with some exceptions that I'm sure you can call me out on, it feels less like it's a continuity and more like there's the show and now there's this movie and the movies aren't sequels to the other movies, they're sequels to the show. And so to watch the idea of this time the monsters are real, to watch that get Mm. be a subversion 40 times, (laughs) to exaggerate, Mm. is a really unique thing we are we yeah. we live in a culture of pop cultural subversion you know like it a is culture of pompsha it is a it is an interesting thing for audiences and writers alike to be meta to subvert your expectations to subvert the own the, the very tropes that make up a particular property and every mm. scooby-doo movie has done that to an extent every time meddling kids is mentioned there's a new spin on it because every movie yeah. is going, no, everyone has only ever heard, oh, you meddling kids, I could have gotten away yeah. with it. Whereas we haven't. We've only heard every time they've tried to be clever with it. Yeah. And I just think that is an extremely unique pop cultural experience for us to have had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is also interesting. So um, I should have mentioned as well, this doesn't have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, but. I was able to glean that this isn't a beloved one, but it is really interesting watching that. It's like, we know zombie Island is considered the goat by many, and that features real monsters. And then there's a few of those early ones where, and then, you know, where they are real monsters or there are real monsters involved. And then there's, it goes back and it's like finding out like, what do Scooby-Doo fans want? Because I, I would assume that, you know, the, the, the formula you don't mess with Scooby-Doo is it's old man Willikers, or in this case, young man Willikers. <laughs> it's like, do you... Because they seem to be really pissed off when they retroactively, in like 13 Ghosts, say, oh no, the, the, the ghosts you thought were real weren't real. And it's like the subversion of the Scooby-Doo formula then being unsubverted is like a, you know, you don't touch that with the fans i mean that could just be that it's like it, maybe they're not necessarily thinking about it so much in the terms of formula but it's like this thing that was my childhood you're now messing with that but mm. yeah it's like do do scooby-doo fans want real monsters or not i think i think i don't think it's about if it's real monsters or not i think it is the yeah. treatment of subversion and i think yeah. audiences can tell when something is being subverted as a creative experience, a creative experiment to see what can happen. And I think they can tell when it's a writer changing their mind of what they should have done, mm. like uh, uh, retroactively changing it, you know, like what's mm. the, retconning it, like retroactive yeah. continuity. I think because both that, that uh, taking a story to new heights and retconning can both look like subverting. But I think mm. audiences can tell, look at the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and especially yeah. the difference in critical reception between Last Jedi and Return, Revenge of Skywalker. What's it called? <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Like, <laughs> one of those 
then they both piss people off. But one of those is a guy being like, I can take Star Wars to a new place. That is subversion mm. and people got annoyed. And one of them is going, I wish this other guy didn't do this and they take it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that Damn. people hate that even more, you know? And I think yeah. maybe that's what it is with, with Scooby-Doo is like, it, it it's clear when they're like, oh, maybe these ghosts that you thought were real actually weren't. It's clear that's because the writers have a preference and they're trying to to drag it somewhere. Yeah, well, the, the, the notes that Tim Sheridan spoke about on this podcast about how they said, oh, you know, tone down the supernatural stuff and don't put Flim Flam and Scrappy in it, that it's like they wanted someone somewhere was like, we need to finish this series. And then someone more powerful than that was like, well, you know, let's not do it too much justice mm, interesting mm, it's good stuff <laughs> yeah i like how we followed up our like just this discussion about food with possibly the best analysis we've actually done of a scooby-doo movie <laughs> well you know if people hopped off because the, the gourmet ghost was a boring conversation that missed the high watermark of the They've episode it, yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, from my perspective, if I stopped watching because I didn't like Gourmet Ghost, I would have missed out on one of the ones I quite liked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's see who our next guest or guests are, unless you have something else to add. No, sorry. But I feel like by interrupting you, we we head to to a better place. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Alrighty, go to the toilet. The murders have taken on a sort of personal tone this week as the body of the dog that was seen often working with Mystery Inc. Scooby-Doo has been murdered now by Shaggy, more or less confirming uh, the suspect. Alright gang, let's split up and look for clues that'll get Shaggy indicted. We gotta do our bit to help stop our old friend from going on this murderous rampage. But Fred, we can't possibly cooperate with the police. We're definitely going to be implicated in Shaggy's crimes. We always knew what he was up to, but we were too weak and too scared to do anything to stop it. And now we'll surely be charged with conspiracy to murder alongside Shaggy. Don't you see, gang? If we cooperate with the police, surely they'll let us off. Surely they'll understand that we were powerless. But we weren't powerless, Fred. We could have stopped Shaggy. We could have told the police we suspected he was murdering many people. They only caught on to it this week, but there are so many more bodies that they haven't found. New evidence has been found in the Shaggy Rogers case that's led to the discovery of several more bodies, several more of Shaggy's victims. At the moment, police have still been unable to find him or other members of Mystery Inc. And those guests are Tim Bad and Guy Montgomery from The Worst Idea of All Time. Woohoo! That's us. They're back. The boys are here. Our, our, our big brother podcast are back on their little brother podcast um, with, I, I reckon, I'm betting Richard, sort of a vague idea of <laughs> what this podcast is. and not a, I... no, they, they, probably, they probably don't know they're appearing 24 hours deep into a, a Scooby-Doo podcast that it yeah. contains discussion mm. on 47 movies but oh. now they do we were on the barbie episode but this <laughs> this true. is next yeah. level this is wow. <laughs> i mean it's honestly i always find this when i um talk to you boys my uh, my sweet little boys my brothers <laughs> who i taught everything i remember when i took you into the bedroom and taught you how to <laughs> jerk your own cock <laughs> <laughs> wild um, scenes at the start of the episode it is or our section of it no nah, but in the in the yeah <laughs> in the spectrum of the podcast we can say whatever we want now this is a fever this dream this is about a drop in the bucket yeah you got it it's go. just nice to 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 have the external perspective to come in and watch something mm. which i can just 
watch once war of a duck's back i can think this is objectively bad but i'm not my brain's not scrambling to contextualize it against everything else that's <laughs> canon in the cinematic mm. universe of scooby-doo mm. i mean mm. i can't imagine how you boys are doing because i thought that was quite a slog wow <laughs> and it, there's there is nothing like the ego death of uh that, that one experiences from thinking it pretty good and then coming to talk to people who haven't watched 40 something other scooby-doo movies and are like that one's trash and we're like oh yeah yeah no totally that's no, like my, no, my I normal standards <laughs> i understand that perspective and i i respect uh, there is actually as as i say it's a relief to not be you there's also part of me that's jealous that you're watching right. that and you're like that's pretty good <laughs> pretty good <laughs> I, w- I would love to have watched that and thought this is pretty good <laughs> we we do wonder when we have you guys on like how because we only get you guys on to talk about like these terrible films often in the middle of these these massive franchises like how much you guys dread talking to us and how much of a chore it feels like interacting with us i love talking with you guys i love I, being yeah. on the pod yeah it's okay. as always similar to our podcast as well it's just the time thing it's just fucking finding <laughs> yeah. that block to watch that, you know, yeah. hour 20 of Scooby-Doo and the gang, those yeah. meddling mm-hmm. kids and their dastardly mm-hmm. dog, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's the tricky bit. The, the challenge is not the conversation, it's the homework. It's the fact that we <laughs> we have to do a job just to have a mm. goddamn conversation with our siblings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've made our bed, though. Well, ever since mum died. Yeah, yeah, yeah that certainly... <laughs> What would our um, sitcom be called? Because I feel like that was the genesis of every plot of every 90s uh, sitcom. Mm. Was uh, the mum was always dead. Maybe that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, mum's yeah. dead. Mum's, de- mum's, mum's always dead. dead. <laughs> mum's, mum's dead. Always. <laughs> mum's dead. And then in parenthesis, this is how you do it, boys. Close parenthesis. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He brought it back to it. But it's I everything. Like it's like it's everything. I like that yeah, guy the, the, has started the record with this immediate inception <laughs> of the storyline about jerking off, and it's presumably going to be recurring. I mean, look, throughout I don't, wa- I don't want to get into it too deep, but just to the listeners, you should see what these boys were doing before I told them how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. If it was a passing mention at the start, which it was before mm. about forty seconds ago, you can edit that mm. out, no problem. Yeah. But you keep having yeah. these callbacks to it, and suddenly yeah. the recurring bit is unremovable (laughs) do you guys remember learning to jerk off look I don't I don't don't and I regret guy opening this door and Richard I regret you taking it off the hinge yeah yeah. there was a a milkshake ad where a guy was holding a milkshake that you shake up and he'd walk past people and they'd do the the jerking off hand and And I remember learned well, I remember saying I was I would have been maybe if I put like that 10. on my dick. <laughs> I remember being like ten and saying like I don't get it aloud to my brother and my brother's friend and my brother's friend was like, you know, and then did the motion over his crotch and uh. I put two and two together and haven't looked back since. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's crazy because I saw the same ad and I was like I must have been about ten as well and I went out and I bought two milkshakes and um I just you know, smashed them against myself. <laughs> and I got nothing. Didn't work. Unfortunately, Guy wow. now has a self-mutilated penis from that one experience as a lad. Mm. He, he yeah. mashed his penis inside of a okay. two milkshake sandwich. 
I, I mean, really, the the worst person you could learn to jerk off from. I am hundred percent. Yeah, I want other people to self. It's my villain origin story. I want other people to self mutilate in the same way. There's only one thing that guy Guy Montgomery and Johnny Knoxville have in common, and that's they they both have a catheter for life now because of a horrific accident that they did. I am responsible for this tangent. And I apologize because I, I actually now would love to talk Scooby Doo. <laughs> no, 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 you let us hear, guy. You I will, made I just, your bed because <laughs> we've watched Scooby Doo: The Return to Zombie Island, and mm-hmm. um, there were references that I assume are canonical to a previous mm. experience you would think so. that the characters have had on Zombie Island. And you know, you boys are the you're the experts. You know this stuff. Yeah. And you are you watching them? <laughs> how first rodeo. Are you watching them chronologically? Yes, yes, so this is the 41st, 42nd film that we've watched mm. chronologically. Jesus. And um, the way we programmed <sighs> the like the various guests on this episode was like every third movie we have a guest on. It was completely random. There was no planning to which movies we would get a guest on. If there were, was planning to it, I don't know if we'd have guests on this in this movie because it's, it's very context-dense. It's very like, you know, because you've seen the other one, so here's the new stuff. AJ, the <laughs> Fates clearly smiled upon us because I, mm. I was going to ask. You've revealed your hand that this was totally random. There was a mm. Fast and Furious reference in yeah. this movie, which is yeah, perfect because yeah, yeah. that's the franchise Guy and I are devouring at the moment over at Worst Idea. I picked up on that too. You picked yeah. up on that, yeah. did you, Richard? The very the very <laughs> subtle reference in which they explicitly named it. <laughs> but the other reason, not only are you guys covering that at the moment but something you may have forgotten is that you guys actually hosted our fast and furious episode of film franchise fortnights on your podcast mm. when we joined the little empire podcast yes, network yes, yes, so yes. it's actually a very important franchise to both of us That's yeah true. it's sort of the the universe of um white guys in new zealand podcasting is collapsing it on itself <laughs> we're, we're supernova <laughs> but yeah so th- this is a somewhat direct sequel to scooby-doo on zombie island which came out in 1998 that's kind of although there was a couple of like movies beforehand this uh, zombie island is the first one that's like part of the direct-to-video series that this is still part of so i think taking out the live action ones taking out the straight to tv ones uh scooby-doo return to zombie island is like the 25th or 26th mm. and scooby-doo on zombie island is the first and there, yeah. there was a there, so that means because this is what 2018 or 19 so there's a 20 year gap between the zombie island and them thinking we need the the, we the, have to super, go back. <laughs> the super fans who have been yeah. walking yeah. alongside us may i yeah. ask a question of um the two lads who have seen you know 40 of these titles prior mm-hmm. me and aj yeah mm. <laughs> are monsters real in the Scooby-Doo oh, universe? Because, yeah, like, what a such great a question. large question. I, I thought, <laughs> and, you know, if, if you've already tread this terrain um, a lot, then feel free to just glide right over this. But my understanding was that the whole point of Scooby-Doo was there is paranormal phenomena happening that the gang investigates, which always ends with them pulling the mask off a scammer mm-hmm. who is tricking others. And that is spoiler alert. Yeah, always. <laughs> that is spoiler alert what happens in this movie, but not before a montage sequence at the start where they are chasing down and capturing real mm. paranormal creatures and uh, cryptids, including 
a vampire that transforms into a bat to get away from the yep. mystery machine, which is not something you can fake with smoke and mirrors. That's it a real. But then that vampire <laughs> is also unmasked as being someone. So one of the, the you, you would be members. surprised what the Scooby Doo villains are able to achieve with smoke and mirrors. <laughs> World class like holograms and like, the thing, things is like it, that. It's the the yeah the the technology, the research and execution, and also like the performance that goes into these villains' mm. costuming is, yeah. and it's just it's phenomenal. It's all mm. yeah. totally believable. So yeah, to, to, get, to get back to my core question, though, are monsters real? So the in the history of like Scooby, so Scooby Doo, this is was released on the fiftieth anniversary of Scooby Doo as an IP, started in nineteen sixty nine, and there was it's it's kind of weird to think now, but for a period of time after about ten years, people were getting bored of Scooby Doo. It was on the verge of cancellation. That's why they added Scrappy Doo, and there was a show called The Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which sort of reinvigorated it in the wake of Ghostbusters. I've just explained this on the last <laughs> segment, but they um but and and they introduced like supernatural stuff. And then they sort of started to go back to the it's always a man in a mask. And then Zombie Island being the first proper movie from Scooby Doo was there's this kind of iconic moment in it where they hit a zombie with the mystery machine and they're like oh okay let's find out who this really is and fred grabs the top of his head and rips his head off and that's like the moment revealing like oh fuck like this is why you do a movie because you're dealing with real monsters in yeah, this yeah. and then fred there was a, rips a, a like, head off rips the fucking so head off the original thing. zombie island is like the godfather of like as in it's it's the best movie like it actually rocks i thought it was great wow. um, it, and so and it has and it's considered it has, like a holy grail amongst scooby-doo fans yeah yeah so. yeah 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 so, that's, so that, that's why they'd be wanting to go back to the well because th- this yeah, is a, mm, just exactly. for clarity this is a miss right this was this sequel <laughs> this um, according to indb trivia this is, this is the entire in- trivia entry. This is the most hated Scooby-Doo movie of all time. <laughs> really? And what, I mean, it, so. as, as the sort of um, current experts to whom we have access on Scooby-Doo, hearing you talk, by the way, before Richard, I just thought, you poor bastard. I mean, you know, you've got a podcast <laughs> to let that stuff out, but where can you take that in your day-to-day life? That's brutal. Because <laughs> you know I, so I have much. Found- <laughs> I've found plenty of outlets. Fortunately, I this is gonna sound weird, but I work in a job that hires a lot of like twenty year old girls every year. And so I I have an outlet to I work at the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we hire people straight out of journalism school. But I have an outlet to talk about Barbie with them. I'm still waiting <laughs> to find an on like an ongoing stream of Scooby Doo fans to Well, at least you're getting some respite. Um but I guess that the the question I wanna ask is what to your eyes what is it about return to zombie island that makes it stand out as being so hated or hateable like what because it, it i just didn't like i just thought this this you know they were trying to do a little bit too much they're trying to be met they just didn't mm. quite nail anything the comedic beats were all off like shaggy and scooby were aggressively unfunny the most excited i got to see them wow. was when they were having the big cat sequence and the cat people were chasing them around at the end and then they do it like a classic sort of um, cartoon set them up where they suddenly treat them like they're guests at a restaurant and they put them and yeah, it's yeah. like I was like oh this is fun this is what I remember from Scooby Doo but they bail yeah. out of that after about like one gag but what yeah. what to your eyes well, I think they quit while they were ahead what, what yeah <laughs> but what to, what to what do you think makes us such a such a failure in the Scooby Doo universe 
Well, I the the main thing and that it's, you know, they're returning to this world, this the coming back to this sacred cow of a film. And they're now saying because I, I went onto the Scooby Doo subreddit before to to get a bit more <laughs> of an insight into what how people feel about these last couple of films. Because the, the one before was a was essentially a series finale to that thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo show which was cancelled and so it's these these two films that they're returning to and everyone hated the endings mm. they gave them just quick sorry just as a sidebar inside of the your your answer to the question i wanted the answer to is um does rowan atkinson's performed in the scooby-doo cinematic universe hasn't he am i misremembering that yes he plays um fuck what's his character's name uh, um, very eccentric name he's in the 2002 live action film it's like Stradivarius or something. Mephisto. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the first live action It's not one, dissimilar yeah. to Mephisto, but it's, it's a not lot of exactly fun. Mephisto. <laughs> and is that the, that's the movie where Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Mond- are in it. Mond- and they were on yeah. a, a press junket. And they were asked both. There's a great clip of them both yeah. being asked back mm-hmm. to back, you know, what they thought, think about the movies and what they brought to the role or something. And Sarah Michelle Gellar gives a very detailed sort of thoughtful answer <laughs> about her methodology. And then what is pretty Prince you like? They got they just it's a, it's a talking dog, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Do we should we give a quick rundown of what actually happens yeah. in the in the plot of this film? I guess yeah. just just to to keep it consistent uh, with the other entries. And anyone listening this deep being like, "What's it fucking about, AJ? <laughs> Bring us back on on course." Um. So essentially, the 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 it's carrying on from the last movie we watched, uh, which is called "The Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost." Fred has sold the mystery machine. They have quit uh, solving mysteries because a cop threatened them. Uh, and basically, they, the rest of the mystery gang, make a promise to Shaggy and Scooby, who do not want to do mysteries anymore. They go, fine, we will have one genuinely mystery-free vacation, and they win a prize to go um, to a, on a tropical vacation. Uh, but they end up back at uh, what they call Star Star Moon Island, Moonscar Moonstar Island, which was Moonscar Island in the original. And everyone can tell that they've been um, duped and that they've mysteriously been brought back to the the location of their original adventure but none of them are allowed to bring it up because they swore that they wouldn't solve any mysteries this Mm. time um and it it seems as if the story is wrapping up toward the middle of the film they're working out who's who when it turns out that they're actually being filmed by alan smithy Mm. who is a film director uh who wants to make a movie about zombie island it turns out a lot of the stuff that was they didn't think was real actually is real and a lot of the stuff they thought was real actually isn't real uh Mm. the, the cat the werecats come back the zombies come back um but this time they're all fake. Where, yeah. where cats is kind of a fun idea. Mm, it Why was not? fun in 1998 as well. When, <laughs> That's, when well that, I imagine idea. it would have been a lot of fun then because they're actually sort of exploring it. Yeah, Who yeah. voiced Alan Smithy? John Michael Higgins. Uh, he plays Wayne Jarvis. Is that his name in um, Arrested Development? And yeah. he's yeah he, he's one of these guys. He shows up in a lot of stuff. You would recognize him. Okay. Yeah. So to follow on from the sort of what 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 is wrong with Return to Zombie Island, it's this reveal that the the first movie that you know everyone fell in love with because oh my god they do real monsters to then go back and be like no this was all fake but then being at the end like oh was it there's like maybe a, a still a weird cat out there and also another way that this film sort of fucks the, with the original so the, the, one of the cool things about zombie island is that it's similar to that first live action film it's like they've grown up a little bit now Val, uh 
Daphne is like a talk show host and you know and everyone's moved on but in this film they're like oh because remember you're on that talk show as like a school project because in the previous film they explicitly confirmed that they're 17 and then now this is supposed to be years later mm. from a film oh. where they were adults and mm. so they have so to recontextualize they, it sounds everything like whoever was responsible you know, whichever head honcho at Scooby-Doo IP Incorporated or was responsible for the screenplay got in the weeds a little bit about what's canonical and what's not. And You're so right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Scooby-Doo um, franchise from a couple of movies ago has started taking itself maybe a little bit too seriously. Mm. It's taking itself as seriously as Richard and I would take it if we were in control of this. <laughs> and I don't think that's conducive to making... <laughs> I don't think good- that's a good thing to do. You, to do you, um, do you <laughs> empathise with them as you like how would you have how, how would you attack return to zombie island well, how can you course correct where they went wrong in this movie i would i wouldn't not... return to it <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> i would probably not acknowledge any of the plot holes set up by implication mm. and just be like well whatever yep you caught us enjoy yeah. the movie because so. I, th- I think mm. as someone who didn't have any of the lead up or you know context for what they were trying to you know abide or unpick movie to movie i was just like you guys, you're, you're not really doing anything fun for me. You're kind of just like dealing with stuff that, you know, people who don't even exist in the cinematic universe have felt like they were sort of addressing <laughs> yeah. writers, previous writers, or trying to make I sure mean, that every- To quote the great Freddie Prince Jr., there's a talking dog, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just yeah. calm down. So we've, you've sort of hinted at what you thought of this film specifically, but I am curious to know for both of you, what your history with Scooby-Doo as an IP is. Can I just say, I'm sick of Guy and I being treated as a monolith. I didn't hate it. Okay. And I saw a guy. Okay, okay. So I watched all of the movie except for the last 10 minutes. And then Guy and I <laughs> had lunch today. The guy was like, oh, this is a fucking slow guy. And I was like, eh, it's like, <laughs> fine. I, I don't really have a gauge because it's, mm. I don't know. It's Scooby-Doo. Mm. It's designed for like stoned children, I guess. So I thought <laughs> it was it kind of like. It is a confusing demographic, isn't it? That's a great way to put it. That's actually like something I've been missing from the last 20 hours of this podcast is well, how to yeah. describe it. And it's, it's for stoned children. It's You're for so stoned right. children, which is, you know, it's a tough demo to advertise to. It's tough to get corporates on board. <laughs> And yet it's like, what, uh, 60 years old and and still mm. uh, going It's one of the biggest demographics. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it as a, as a boy, Tim? Like, I feel it's it's a show that I absorbed by osmosis. It was on, we had Cartoon Network, we had Sky like later on when I was probably about 13 onwards. So, so Cartoon Network had all the Hanna-Barbera um, library. So I remember old Scooby-Doo was on a lot. It was mm. on on Saturdays and stuff. Um, so yeah, I definitely, you know, I was aware of it and, and would have watched the old episode and know like enough about how the format works and who the team is yeah. and that sort of stuff. What, any everywhere. of the films you'd seen? Nah, 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 nah. Certainly not, Richard. Li- Thanks for Any asking. of the live, act- the, have you seen the live action ones though? I haven't. I actually, I, so Sarah Michelle Gellar was my first celebrity crush. I was a big Buffy fan mm. when I was a kid. Um, and you would think that that'd be enough. Of a vehicle to, to mm. get me to the, I guess she's, I she's think very sexy in, in the Scooby Doo movie. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was it was written as an R rated film and then right. changed to PG. I in, had in heard about that, so it's just got this incredibly confused tone to it, eh? Yeah. As a result, yeah. 
Um, it has yeah. the same atmosphere as like the horny teenagers who were going to see it. The stoned twenty teenagers. Yeah, but, the then give, but then give them give them what they came for. But then you can't because it's PG. So instead, yeah. what you've got yeah. is frustrated teens and slightly horrified kids with their parents. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one. And this is before what guy taught me how to jerk off. It's just a terrible comedy. Yeah. And because at Hoyts they don't let you take an outside drink, so you got to smuggle in your milkshakes. <laughs> I have a fond I have a fondness, I have a soft spot for Scooby Doo. Uh I don't remember mm. watching it like, you know, I don't sequentially or making sure I ticked off every episode, but I remember a, a great comfort in having it on, like uh I you know, all of the, the rot like, you know, the untold romance between Fred and um Daphne, Daphne. and sort of mm-hmm. Velma and like you know, is that never explicit? Like in it, any it of the depends on the film. Just like are yeah. the monsters real? It depends yeah, thought, on the film. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's one like maybe ten or like in the early teens films that's like the first time in the entire franchise that they're explicitly. I think it was a Zombie Island. It was zo- zo- the original right, Zombie yeah. Island is the first time that the sexual tension between them has a lampshade hung on it. Yeah. Yeah. I and yeah. I I just but I you know it's I nice even didn't mind phrase AJ. I didn't even mind um, <laughs> Scrappy Doo, even though I know mm. Scrappy Doo is, is much reviled. Mm. Uh, yeah. I was like, you know, it's I, I I wasn't watching it through the prism of having any concept of what's happening behind the scenes. I was like, mm. why wouldn't mm. you know? Like a kid, I was like, why wouldn't you have a fun <laughs> little a talking dog? Yeah, like, a fun <laughs> little a second talking dog who's a cousin or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richard, we need to make a spectrum of the guests we've had on this podcast and their feelings towards uh, Scooby, mm. towards Scrappy-Doo, because everyone offers their opinion on, on Scrappy-Doo, often unsolicited, which is interesting. <laughs> it's just like something people want to talk about. And at one end, you've got Hamish Parkinson, who said, I loved Scrappy-Doo. And at the of other end, you've did. got Alexi Toliopoulos, who was like, I hated Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> so Both of those, yeah. And do you know what? Both of those responses make perfect sense to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Scrappy, Scrappy's whole thing was he would he wanted to take on everyone, right? He he was mm. very overconfident and he thought, yeah. Just puppy power. Yeah. I No, see, I, 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 liked, I liked it. I saw the live action movie at the cinema. I mean, it was like, mm. I loved Mr. Bean. I also had a crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar. I loved Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. and she's all that. I was like, that guy is so... You know, I found him so attractive and aspirational. <laughs> and yeah. I thought Matthew Lillard was really co- Like, I loved all of it. And so seeing even oh, in the opening credits, seeing Lillard. Matthew Lillard's name in Kate the opening credits and then Kate Micucci, yeah. I was like, yeah, well, this yeah. is this could be good. Like, this feels like it's, they're not just phoning it in. They're not just getting like randoms yeah. to come and do imitations of the voices. Wait, did Lillard do and, this movie that we watched? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Lillard oh, took oh, over yeah. in 2010, I believe, as the voice of... Shaggy and across all animation. I did not realise that. I thought they the just sh- the film Scoob semi accidentally tripped over him for that movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar and, and just found like the exact right actor mm. to do the. Okay, good. Well, fair play to them. Once they you know mm. found that nugget of gold, they knew what to do with it. Hmm. So well, it took, them, took them six years to cast him in the cartoons for some reason. Well, Casey Kasem had to retire. Right, I, right. So I felt like I was set up to enjoy it, and so that I think that's mm. part of what really caught me off guard in in that I really didn't. And a lot of the fun I'd imagined or remembered just didn't manifest. Mm. I mean, do you think if I'd say I'd watched the original Zombie Island, did you enjoy that as a movie? 
Yeah, I actually, I don't know, I can't speak for Richard. I thought it was like, like with, so <laughs> in comparison, <laughs> the best Barbie movie, I'm kind of joking when I talk about how good it is, right? I'm yeah. like being like, yeah, yeah it, it's awesome. Whereas the best Scooby-Doo movie being Zombie Island, legitimately probably like a four star movie for me i think it's just it's really quality they took it really seriously and it's it's scary it's really scary and i think that's a really cool thing (laughs) to to put into a kid's movie um i'd I'd recommend watching it if you have any any extracurricular interest in (laughs) scooby-doo because it is i thought it was really good um Mm. yeah richard yeah i mean yeah it's i I feel like with both Barbie and Scooby-Doo, I've become a bit of a heathen in the in the fan base that I quite like these later ones. And it is also just that, like, there's now been more time since I've seen these early ones. If I were to watch them one after the other and compare them, I would probably prefer the older ones. But, yeah, the ones that people hold up as these classics, I'm kind of enjoying the subversive nature of the new ones the same way I did with Barbie. I, I quite liked this one. I liked all the fun meta stuff. I thought that it was, like you know i'm getting bored of just any any that follow the the regular formula and so mm. something that was a bit different i you know allowed myself to have a so bit of fun with. so who are the who are these for then who is this movie for such a good question such mm. a good question i have no idea <laughs> well it is because it, it's like this i re- i remember when this debuted at comic-con and i and i did somewhere in the back of my mind i knew there was a scooby-doo on zombie island and it was like you know because i was following comic-con updates for marvel or some shit and then it was like oh the move to this hall now they're doing a surprise premiere of return to zombie island and then i remember reading after that everyone fucking hated it but i can see why they thought oh in the 50th year of this ip we're going to return to the fan favorite but yeah it seems like there's yeah there's some head honcho at warner brothers or it's who's in charge of this ip who doesn't like that the original had real monsters in it and and took it as a as a chance to be like no we have to go and fix the original movie that everyone loved mm. Mm. and when yeah. you put it in that context it um it makes more sense that it exists that it's yeah. like you yeah. know that it's for the subset of super hardcore fans and you're, you're you're box ticking a few things that might spin their wheels and get them really excited for it well, I mean, can I, I'll say what the thing that got me excited in this movie and that sort of brought a smile to my face was Fred's relationship <laughs> to the mystery machine. Yeah. I, he wanted his, to fuck that car. He wanted to fuck the car. And, <laughs> and like, he said that he couldn't. And when he saw, the, he saw the monster truck sort of, you know, set dressed a, interpretation a of it. monster truck version of the mystery machine. Mm. That that was, yeah. I, I was like, that really got to, I really felt, so, you know, I felt a connection. I, you know, mm. and I was... Uh, basically i could have watched him chasing that car or wanting that car mm. it's just but it, it was very very briefly interplayed amongst all of the other storytelling that it have you felt a kinship with a vehicle like that before no i never never but um i think it's a big thing for vans you know like people right, get a yeah, real yeah. deep and yeah. everlasting relationship with their vans and so it yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. especially if you've mm. like fit out your van in a very detailed yeah. way and you've got it exactly mm. to the specs you like like i loved when he's sitting in the van they're getting a ride from the ferry to the hotel <laughs> and he's just shit talking this guy's van like, <laughs> the guy's driving them he's like yeah. this van's pretty fucking <laughs> garbage, bro. <laughs> and the guy's just really taking it and you don't know if he's a villain or anything like I, you know you always on you always think 
who's going to be the bad guy here? And it's just mm. some guy, some poor guy who lives on the island who's doing his job. He's <laughs> caught up in this big highfalutin plot. And it's <laughs> a, a, an ingrate of a passenger who's like, man, the spec on your van is bad. <laughs> um, did you guys work out any of the mystery? No. no I didn't care enough. I think um, I worked mm. out that it was that um, Alan Smithy was was acting because they they before they find out they're in a film. There's a few tells where he they, they telegraphed it. Yeah, all the yeah, yes, all the all the yes ending was the I yes was sort of woman, really the yes ending was yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was too big. Too this is big. for those who haven't seen the movie. Basically, before you find out it's that they're filming a movie, everyone around them is acting very suspicious. And one of the tells is that one of the actresses who's playing a hotel, the hotel concierge or whatever, is mm. yes, ands a conversation. Another guy just quotes Shakespeare, um, yeah. so it's signposting that the that they're all actors. And for those that don't know improv as well, yeah. um. <laughs> the third clue, which is very funny, is just that all the people who aren't in the the crew are really hot but like yeah. it's a children's <laughs> cartoon everyone's rendered in very basic <laughs> two-dimensional yeah. drawing everyone kind of looks the same but it's a big clue that like mm. all these people who work in the hotel they're fucking hot and we're supposed to see that and then connect yeah. the dots that only yeah, yeah, actors yeah. are that hot and on that, uh, this film has a guest appearance from Alvira, a uh, property which is not very current. Mm. And, and I'm surprised, like, even if you are, like, a, a Scooby-Doo fan, I don't know how familiar people would be with Alvira. But, like, my understanding of Alvira is she is this 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 host who is very... Uh, booby right like mm. <laughs> for like, of a, like it's part of her costume that she's got like a very very deep uh neckline but because again because this is a kids cartoon they've got to like they ha- they they show elvira but she's got like a hint of cleavage and it's like you know like you know what you're doing here like this is this you is- know what i want <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so it's like such a such a significant part of the way that that character has been depicted as soon as she was on screen aj's walking to the fridge to grab a couple of milkshakes <laughs> well i wasn't guy because they censored her for the for the kids cartoon it was bullshit he was sitting there with his milkshakes going, ah fuck <laughs> throw them what away. am i gonna do drink these <laughs> so is elvira like a character that exists in live action yes yeah yes yes you know, so, okay, it's right. the same way the as in the film <laughs> yeah sorry boobarella um, on the simpsons whenever they do a boobarella joke that's a parody yeah. of elvira i guess right yeah, yeah, there was there, there's a couple of similar things um but it's yeah they, these guys that host late night shows and just show you shitty movies mystery and science theater 3000 kind of yeah gotcha, cuts gotcha, back to gotcha. them to make puns and show off her deep deep neckline <laughs> do you know what else i enjoyed about this and sort of arcing back richard to what you were saying about you get to this point in any franchise and you've got to start tweaking mm. things getting a bit meta getting slightly cynical and self-referential Damn. was it's something we haven't mentioned yet is one of the driving vehicles for this plot, especially early on, is the fact that they acknowledge that Scooby and Shaggy are always put in life imperiling danger and mm. they're like, they've had it up to here with it. Like, they're over it. <laughs> they're sick of it and they're not going to take it anymore. And that's the genesis of them promise, getting everyone yeah. to promise yeah. to not solve mysteries anymore because they're sick of being hung out as the bait on a line for these monsters. Yeah, And I was yeah. like... That does feel very modern, you know? It's like a re-examination yeah, yeah. of old dynamics and going, hey, 
this is kind of fucked up and no longer <laughs> acceptable and I'm going to call it out. But then it's funny yeah. because obviously this is just a movie in the ocean of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Presumably wow. it's still treated episodically so everything resets back to zero after this movie. Well, that's what I was going to say is this um, Scooby and Shaggy are bait has been used as a significant plot point, I think twice before in these 42 movies. Um, mm. It's how they guilt trip the rest of the gang into traveling to WWE City where they meet the WWE wrestlers. In- Who do they meet? They meet the whole. Uh, they meet John, John Cena. Cena. <laughs> oh wow! I wanted to watch that one. That <laughs> was it good? Fun. Was it good? I didn't like it. I liked the sequel they did more, which is about WWE wrestlers racing. <laughs> it's like not yes, about it, wrestling at all. It's what year racing. did it come out? The they came out twenty fourteen. They met uh, John Cena, AJ Lee, Santino Morella, The Miz, Triple H, Michael Cole, Vince McMahon, sort of- Brodus Clay and Kane. There's some good names in there, but I would love to see Macho Man Randy Savage in the Scooby-Doo universe. They sort of are self-referential in this as well, where they talk about, like, you know, franchise, like, you know, the, the concept of movies and franchises needing to draw on different things and, like, mm, yeah, yeah. in a way that is sort of, I didn't actually see Space Jam 2, but I understand it's the the big problem was it's it, it tried to be all things to all people, right? And, like, yeah. you know, and I actually, I watched that Chippendales Rescue Rangers, that yeah, sort yeah. of the ones that the Lonely Island guys put yep. together. And I thought that was it's the only example where I've sort of seen it kind of work, where it's like, 22 yeah, I Jump fucking Street. Oh, the 21 Jump, I haven't seen 22. 21 Jump Street, I remember laughing a lot at, at the cinema. Yeah. But that went, that went a lot less hard. Like the the, the standard, because of the internet yeah. now, what pe- the, the way in which these movies are being presented is just so, it's kind of exhausting. Like it hurts your brain to watch them try and, mm simultaneously earnestly or organically interpolate these different things but also like be, be ironic thing, or be detached enough thing. to be like yeah but you know to spoil space jam 2 for you there is a moment in that in which bugs bunny dies and you are supposed to be you feel like you've had your heart ripped out but not too long before that rick and morty show up and deliver their catchphrases <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> um yeah, Space Jam 2 is not very good, so just, you haven't missed much. <laughs> the the other uh, movie where it's it's like part of the plot that um, Shaggy and Scooby are always used as bait is in uh, Be Chill Scooby-Doo, where a big game hunter, chill out Scooby-Doo, chill out Scooby-Doo who's try, a big game hunter who's trying to capture the abominable snowman, um, <laughs> captures Shaggy and Scooby too because he knows that they famously attract monsters, so he kidnaps them so that he can better, better find the, the Yeti. So it's, mm. it's, and that was... 15 years ago <laughs> from this right. 15 years earlier from this movie the, the interesting thing like talking about subverting the the character roles and things like that is so the the movies that predate zombie island don't have the rest of the gang in them it's just scooby shaggy and scrappy but the for in the entire like you know canon of like 20 years of films now we've watched i think we've only seen daphne be the damsel in distress once and it's just that like even when we where we started on the franchise they were already at the point of like no no we have to be a little bit more respectful of like our female character and not make her just be the damsel in distress and so she's actually kind of become my favorite character because she is so resourceful and but she's also not afraid to have a little bit of fun whereas Valma's just become a total buzzkill a huge a huge feminist win but the 
what this movie is doing in terms of representation of dogs is an outrage. They yeah. are cowardly. Yeah. They are stupid. They are perpetually hungry. I mean, if I was Scooby Doo was... saves the life in this movie, guy. How quickly we forget mm. when that and chandelier... also he can talk. Yeah, yeah. Also that. <laughs> yeah, and it's when not interesting. That... coming down. Scooby's yeah. to the rescue. The fact Scooby can talk isn't interesting to anyone who even doesn't know him. Even yeah. though it is assumed yeah. no other dogs or all other dogs in this universe can There's talk. been, I think, one person impressed in all 47 movies. It was a wrestler from talk. one of the WWE movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, just, are you, are this, are the live action ones part of uh, your exploration? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah yep. we've covered them, yeah. Are they good? Uh, I'll let Richard answer I this. have <laughs> such a soft spot for them. I The, the first one is this super fascinating thing that once if you watch it knowing that this was written and shot as an r-rated film and changed in the edit it's this because it's supposed to be kind of like a uh, the brady bunch movie you know where it's like a parody of the thing it was it was written like that and then just completely changed and then so the second one is written just as a straight sequel to that. So it's more of actually the tone, but I mean, they came out at the right time for me. I didn't grow up with Scooby-Doo. I I don't really like Scooby-Doo as an IP, but (laughs) I I fucking love those live action films. Mm. My, my review of the, uh, the first film at least is that if the first live action Scooby-Doo was a guy, I would gently like warn all my female friends to not get too close. (laughs) Okay, that is harrowing. <laughs> and was there was there a, 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 a cinema release Scooby movie recently? That yeah, I'm... it's the next one we're watching. Y- yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. It, it was one of the first ones that when COVID hit, they were like, "Let's just put this out on streaming." Mm. Richard, you just mentioned uh, what a horrible bore Velma has become over the course of mm. the IP. Was the <laughs> release or the imp- I guess maybe when you were planning this and starting this, the impending release of Velma the um, mm. Mindy Kaling show yeah. was was that a impetus for this? It was probably more in spite of that, if anything, because <laughs> we don't want any like this is a surprise podcast, and we don't want people talking about Scooby Doo as an IP apropos of nothing. We just want that we want this to be a big surprise to them. Mm. Um, and so, if anything, the release of Velma, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it brought attention to it. Up. Our Discord has guessed that this is happening. Like literally an hour ago, someone was like, "Can't wait for a, the twenty-four hour Scooby Doo episode to drop." Uh, and we haven't mentioned it. We've we've told wow. people, I guess, to not mention it. Um, but you are doing this somewhat in response to that release. No, no. no. Oh, you know, oh, okay. I have you, know have you watched good. any of Velma? <laughs> no, I'm so like it's too. I <laughs> I enjoy hate watching. I actually do enjoy hate watching stuff, but that one yeah. just feels so like politically loaded that it seems yeah. like a. A, a quite a hateful thing like a truly hateful thing yeah. it's to, really, to it's, seek out no it's what... united both the right and the left the the right hates it because it's too woke the left hates it because it's racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah why why get why get involved in that cesspit i guess is my attitude to it that Fair one feels enough, very yeah. like uh yeah, return to Zombie thing. Island though. You know that's it's not bad in a it's fun all above way. Board. <laughs> yeah. People, people are people are disliking this in a think piece da- um, Ben yeah. Shapiro kind of like yeah. Joe yeah, Rogan yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a way, and that just feels boring mm. to me. I, yeah, what? That's just isn't that a disaster? 
isn't it? Isn't it so, I think, like, indicative of where we've gotten to that a children's cartoon in 2023, like, that that's, you know, that was the genesis of this thing. That's where these stories come from. That's where these characters are from, is a... a, a talking yeah, yeah. dog and his friends solving mysteries in a children's cartoon has become this lightning flashpoint for mm. the culture war in 2023 it's just like <laughs> we can't fucking have anything anymore we're not allowed to do in like just nothing can exist you can't without say anything a, these days. a million <laughs> liters of ink spilled about it what was that sorry richard you can't say anything these days people are too sensitive <laughs> It just feels like everything's broken. Is you can't mm-hmm. say anything these days going to be something that the left steal from the right in situations like this? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be an interesting turn of events? It just everything feels so tiresome now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. at the, that, at the same time, the like way. the Harley Quinn show came out a, a year or so ago, and I feel like Velma, the TV show, is doing the same thing. Trying but, to do this, but, but for some reason, one is this like cutting edge th- subversion that everyone loves. And one is like this thing that is now what the lowest rated TV show ever on IMDb. I, I mean, think- so I would, I would, I, I do kind of want to watch it out of interest because I've seen <laughs> several different think pieces positing that Velma is so bad that it is a psyop, yeah, and that yeah. Mindy Kaling is like mm. secretly hyper conservative like and putting it yeah. out. Yeah, it's like a, a cultural false flag attack. On the woke left, <laughs> yeah, to kind of do this self. I believe. I believe. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, it sort of becomes interesting again when it's so uniquely bad or positioned in such a way that yeah. you know it, it can mm. let theories like that hold some water. You're like, mm. wow, you know. <laughs> But yeah. just what a waste of everyone's time and energy. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. We got sh- we got shit to do, babies. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the world's burning down, and we're yeah. like, "Fuck!" I reckon Mindy Kaling's actually an inside job that somehow got <laughs> access to the Velma character IP, and it's like. You motherfuckers heard of climate change? <laughs> My favorite fan theories are always the ones that are like, no, this this has to have been intentionally this bad. Mm, <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no one could accidentally make this. Like, mm, they do this all fun. the time. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun place to go with it. But anyway, sorry, I blew us off course. No, Back please. to this, no, this great movie. Welcome. So did you guys like, there's a moment in this film where Fred dreams of the good old days and Scoobypedia took an issue with this, this the <laughs> Scooby-Doo Wikipedia, where apparently he and the gang in these good old days are a lot more menacing than they are in quote unquote real life. Not only do they seem to get a perverse pleasure out of pace, chasing down bad guys, but some of the culprits look like they actually fear the gang. <laughs> I'm. I mean, even in this movie, I got the feeling that the the people who were the bad guys, the cat people dressed up as cat people, if mm. we spent five minutes on their backstory, they're probably coming from a pretty reasonable place. Do you know what that the original Zombie Island movie? is their backstory and you're 100% right they were um essentially colonized by a pirate and prayed to their cat god and years later the zombies are the pirates and the cat people were cursed with turning into cats because they prayed for help from the cat god so you're right they wow. they actually have and and neither movie <laughs> acknowledges the kind of ickiness there that they were just protecting their homeland. At least if I'm understanding the mythology correctly. We're immediately wow. becoming the thing we were just discussing with Velma. <laughs> <laughs> no, Does Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie so. Island have a 
colonial problem. <laughs> I don't. I think it's different because not not even knowing about that old movie, but they do tell that origin story, that kind of myth in mm, this, mm, and yeah. uh, by way of the sort of montage sequence. And I was like, this seems dicey, even considering like. Not even coming out this year, but when did this come out again? When was this made? 2019. Oh, that's recent as. Like, mm. it, it, it was a weird kind of thing to have hanging out there. But I think in America, there's a lot more people with those blind spots around. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is the last um, Scooby Doo film to come out prior to the death of George Floyd. Right. Mm. So and the, the, the Black that, Lives Matter everybody. Yeah. So just to, just to put that, uh, that just to put this in, yeah, just to put this in context. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is this along the line of like pre post nine eleven? Like what happened to Scooby Doo? Where was Scooby? I mean, that's why I don't know where, where was Scooby on nine eleven. Where was that dog on nine eleven? <laughs> I haven't seen him in any of the news footage. I've I've been editing what we've recorded already of this podcast, and the first post nine eleven Scooby Doo was a talking point. I, I can't remember what we said. It's, um, it's I remember, Cyber Chase. I remember bringing up it's the what? oh Cyber, cyber Chase. Ch- there you go. Yeah, so it's Scooby Doo you know, and about, the Cyber Chase about like surveillance and the the Y two K and all that sort of thing. So oh, so not Patriot Act, but more no, yeah. like yeah. all the electronics are going to melt down, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Y two K, man. What a time that was. <laughs> Did you People guys get forget, ready for it? I, I'm 35 years old. It was a real thing that everyone was yeah. very, mm. very, very worried about. Yeah. yeah. It was and crazy. Because like, there was a lot of like tireless work going on behind the scenes to prevent anything bad happening. And I think that there's still to this day debate about whether they solved the problem or if nothing would have happened. I don't I my understanding is that they didn't they they a lot of shit they just had to let run like there's all this infrastructure that's running on floppy disks they can't change that and they're just like well let's see it's a good premise for a modern sci-fi movie it's like a a new Y2 you know if you can just Mm. instill the same perpetuation of fear amongst modern society I I don't know if you know this but two of our friends who I won't bring up have are working on a film script that's Y2KE Maybe oh, I wow. maybe I pulled that from my subconscious and I knew that. Maybe. But that I mean that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you guys like yeah. when um as we we're talking about before when the first movie was being sort of like described by Fred and Daphne in the background Shaggy's going, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, I was there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great joke because it's it was like, a fun gig. Just this is blatantly to inform the audience, people like you guys yeah. who haven't seen the first one, but but they're you know making fun of the fact that all the characters already know it. So yeah. When they're doing that, it's like I I don't know if they're overestimating the power of the franchise or underestimating my intelligence or both. But I'm just like, <laughs> I don't need this. Fucking do your job. I'm trying to get wow. a few easy gags in there, man. Let them have the low hanging fruit <laughs> opportunities. You know, just chuck a bloody joke in there. Show me Fred lusting after a car. That's all I need. <laughs> um, did you did you guys as well as 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 fellow connoisseurs of of bad movies? Does the name uh, Alan Smithy mean anything to you? It rang a big bell. Mm. Mm, and then it? I thought I was just thinking of I think there. Is there a film reviewer called Grant Smith or a music reviewer in New Zealand called New Grant Zealand. Smith? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Then I just thought I was thinking of him. It didn't it didn't ring any bells for me. What do we know about Alan Smithy? Alan Smithy Alan, Alan Smithy is a famous pseudonym 
I think it's retired now in Hollywood, but when directors want to disown, disavow their project, they credit it to Alan Smithy. The, it was first used for by directors Don Siegel and Robert Totten, who refused credit for their film Death of a Gunfighter, which actually came out in 1969, same year that Scooby-Doo debuted. Wow. But then one of the Monty Python guys made a film called like Alan Smithy, uh, Burn Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film, which was about a director whose name was Alan Smithy. And he wanted, he made a film so bad he wanted to take his name off it. But the only <laughs> pseudonym that Hollywood let you, lets you use for that is Alan Smithy. That's really good. Um, and then, so I think after that, it was retired because then the name became mainstream, I guess. But. Yeah. So, so Alan Smithy in this film is the name of the director, and he's like, "Yeah, I've made heaps of films." Like, like I thought that yeah. was I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's, even yeah, without knowing that back, the the background of the joke, just like as a credential, being like, "I've made heaps of films. Have you seen them?" And he's like, "No." And he goes, "Trust me." Yeah. I thought that was good. <laughs> but also, when he asks him the name, I was expecting the whole time for there to be like a a third act reveal that he wasn't Alan Smithy because they're like. Oh, he's that director, Alan. And he's like, yeah, Alan uh, uh, Smithy. And there's like a moment of hesitation with revealing his name. Mm. And then I knowing of it, the backstory of that name, I was like, where is this going? But then it come the film's end. That's still his name. Mm. It's, a, it's a joke for the screenwriters watching and not for the audience I guess that's what, why they're trying to labor it a little bit. Put yeah. a little it's a joke, it's a joke it. for you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of oh, the I'm jokes at this point <laughs> are for you guys. The movies, who are they for? Yeah. You guys. You have, yeah. You've taken, taken them on as mm. yours. I agree. Mm. I think that these later films have become very well. Some of them we talked about one two movies ago, which we had nothing to say about. But a lot of you them, guys, big Bobby Flay fans, because <laughs> he was in one. Don't know a about lot, Bobby Flay. A lot of these these films have these like subversive moments that feel like they're put in there to make them more rich to talk about on a podcast. And I know that sounds insane and <laughs> won't actually be what's uh, happening. Well, but I'm very grateful that it's yeah, working yeah. out that way. <laughs> yeah, it's great that you've still got the self awareness to know how insane that sounds because you sound like a crazy person yeah yeah truly you do i would break it 50 scooby-doo movies but thankfully there's only 47 so do you guys can i before we go i just got to know have you got any earworms any scooby-doo earworms turns of phrase anything that's been recurring through the franchise or things that like just Mm. words sentences that pop into your head out of context and reality that you want to say but you're like i can't say that because it's for no one (laughs) <laughs> because and someone will know that I'm covering Scooby Doo and it's supposed to be a secret. Yeah. No one will fucking know, Richard. Get that out of your skull. You two I, have really like <laughs> lost your mind. <laughs> I think the the closest thing to an earworm would be like I will absentmindedly start speaking like Scooby Doo just as a you know a little joke mm. to myself, and I'm worried about doing that around someone who doesn't know I'm covering. The, well, the we're going to which is everyone a little bit, a bit, a little bit of that. Agent oh, well, this, well this this could segue into our segue. into one of our segments. Actually, I'll give you a little oh. bit of, of Scooby Doo. Um, let's go like Rot Row Raggy. Like Rot Row was already part of my vocabulary anyway. I think so. Maybe I can get away with saying Rot Row, and no one will know that I um. <laughs> not a, not watch. a huge hill to climb from your normal <laughs> waking life. That's good. AJ, do you want to explain? Yeah, sure. So we've got a game that we've been playing with all the guests uh, which i'll tell you right now if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it um, uh, called the uh, impressions leaderboard 
where we're getting all our guests to show off their Scooby-Doo impressions. Oh, wow. Um, so here is, here is how the game works. In a, in a moment, I'm going to ask each of you to do a Scooby-Doo impression, um, and Richard and I will judge it out of three points. If we feel that it's it's acceptable, we'll ask you to do a Shaggy impression, um, and same thing will happen. We'll judge it out of three points. And the third round, if you get to it and if you want to, uh, you can do an impression of any Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo character. Uh, the score to beat is 8.5 and the, the lowest score is zero. So there's the, the full there's there's a chance to win, but the, you you're also there's no shame wow. in just being like, this is not my thing. Please don't make me do this. <laughs> can I ask, do we have names? Can can we get the names attached to those scores, or is that sort of outside? No how this sure game thing. Um in, in lead place currently is Lily Hansen, American comedian with uh, eight point five points, and at zero points, and uh, this shouldn't shock you guys, is uh pickle dark with zero points and oh. did, did not attempt written next to the, oh, the score. <laughs> um, so yeah, you have so many talents. You don't. You don't need to be good at these voices. So yeah, do, do you guys want to give Scooby Doo a Scooby Doo impression? A shot? Sort of. Do, do are there stock lines, or do we have to use our own imaginations? I can give you a stock line. Can you? Can you give me a, a rot row raggy? Rot row raggy. That was pretty good. The, good, the, the, good. the Frank Welkerian growl was in, in your esophagus mm. there. I reckon that's about as good as Scooby's can get, Rich. I reckon that's a three. Yeah. What do you think? All right. I fucking yep, knew yep. I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim, do you want to go? Ratmo Reggie? It's still, the, the growl's still there. That I don't think it was. Yeah. It wasn't quite as good as, as Guy, but <laughs> I think. Um, what do I'm you okay reckon? <laughs> What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, I reckon a two. Yeah, a two. Alrighty, <laughs> can each of you give us a um, shaggy? Uh, give me the line. Uh, you mean like there's a ghost right behind me? Do you want to go first on this one, Tim? Sure, I would. Oh, uh, you mean like there's a ghost behind me? That was. Oh. I thought that was, that was really good. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. That was nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. What do you reckon, Richard? What are we giving it? Uh, I think it's like a 2.5. 2.5 Shaggy? Fucking take that. Guy? You mean like there's a ghost right behind me? I think one of you is better at Scooby and one of you is better at Shaggy. I reckon maybe I totally agree. Maybe a one point five for that Shaggy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I would have thought the opposite. I think. I think if I was to guess, I would have thought mm. that you would have been better at the other ones. But um, it's it, this is this is such a wonderful experience to have with guests and find out what they're, what mm. impressions they're good at. Tim and Guy, mysterious beasts, <laughs> we will yeah. surprise and delight you. So now you guys, you guys are tied up both on four point four and a half points. So you got to wow. reach deep I mean, that, into that, your... What was that comedian's name? Lily. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So if you can, she, does she do impression? Is she an impressionist or something? She got what? She get eight and a half. That's incredible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just ran the table. <laughs> so yeah, you guys now can choose any Hanna Barbera, any Scooby Doo character you want, and you know that this is gonna potentially bump one of you ahead yeah, of the other. I have to I have to do I know exactly what I'm going to do and I have to do it mm-hmm. and uh because I I I must. I'm compelled to. Mhm. And it's just for me. Okay. So I'm going to do it now. Okay. I'm a knife knifing around. <laughs> cut 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 c
I'm very confused and I don't know what the reference is, but I'm you assuming did warn this us. is from like uh, uh, Harvey Birdman or like so Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. You got it. Yeah. Right. Well, do we reckon that was a good impression of a character I've never heard of? Five <laughs> points. <laughs> I mean, for originality alone, I'm happy to give that maybe two points. Does that sound good? Tim, to you, I want you to be honest with us. Was yeah. that a good impression of that? Terrible. Character? That would sound nothing like George Lowe. Okay. Um, yeah. So a one but then? <laughs> I'd say one and a half. Because okay, so I'll tell if I can self-justify my own point scoring. The voice was not good, yeah. but the microphone technique, particularly on the cut, cut, right. cut, 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 was on point. That is an episode, by the way, where he is singing a song, a song to Tom York from Radiohead. <laughs> He's like, and it's the same episode where um, Bjork is on as his wife. Wow. He's desperately <laughs> trying to run away from it. He keeps faking his own death. Can any um, of you guys do a good Bjork impression? I feel like that's a... Hey, that's a, <laughs> It's one I've been trying to, to nail, I think, for a while now. All right, I'll, guys. I'll give you mine. Exit. Stage right. Yes. Heavens to Murgatroyd, even. That's yeah. so good. What, that's um, Top Cat, that's is it? Snagglepuss. 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 I reckon that was Love three, Richard. What do you reckon? Yeah, that's three, yeah. Three for Snagglepuss. Exit. Stage left, even. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that puts you guys... I've been waiting for a good Snagglepuss. No one's done it yet. I'm, 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 thank you for doing that. Uh, that puts you guys at six points for Tim. Is that right, Richard? You're better at maths than me. Uh, yes, I believe that's six points for Tim. Sweet. And seven and a half points for Guy. Awesome. So I will just uh, try and do something. Oh, Fuck. on that shaggy. <laughs> And was yeah, it 7.5 yeah, yeah. for Guy, was it? Yeah. Snagglepost was a really that was good. Yeah. It was a good right. choice. It, it was a it was a it was a good version. He's got he's got good uh, he's I love Heavens to Murgatroyd. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's a good turn of phrase and it's it's not really I've been thinking about trying to bring it back through stand up because Oh it's my just, god. Oh, you know yes. who we should all try while AJ's doing math. Mm-hmm. Um uh Muttley. I was We've I was just about to say, so Reese Matthewson did Muttley and we work in the same office and he he fucked up his Muttley at first and we refused him a second try and <laughs> so so every time he walks past my desk he tries to do like a little Muttley in my ear. Oh wow! Do you want to give it a go, guy? <laughs> Richard, I don't know if you're watching the spreadsheet, but I am fucking shit up trying to order. It. <laughs> oh, no, he's broken it. Um, I'm trying right, to figure well, out where I can put you guys, where I can I can tell you where. Okay, Tim, you are now in eleventh uh, um, place, uh, behind yeah, one point behind David Correos and um, uh, uh, three points above um, Jess Perkins. And guy, no place to be. you are in third equal place with Alastair Tremblay Birchall and Carlisle Laurent at seven point five. Who's in hmm. second? Britt Miggs. Britt Miggs. So with for what? the record as well, with eight points. So yeah. and for the record as well, Lily Hansen <laughs> won with a an incredible Yogi Bear impression. Mm. For oh wow! The, for the third God, slot, I'm Montgomery crunching the numbers on the <laughs> so You can take the man <laughs> off the sports field, but you can't take the sports field off the man. <laughs> we do have one final question to leave you, gentlemen. With last year or two years ago, you might remember we asked for your year of birth, and we gave you a Barbie doll that. 
came out in that year. Yeah. Today, we're going to ask you your date of birth. Do I have to give us the year? People can go do their homework if they want to work out exactly how <laughs> old you are. But if you would give us the day, the date of your birth. The day of the year, the, the, the number and month. Day and the month. Your birthday. We get it, guys. Thank you. <laughs> The, the day. So we the do, day. we're looking for two numbers. <laughs> One relates to the day. Mine and- is the nineteenth of August. Please stop labouring how this <laughs> a birthday works. All right. So we have made a spreadsheet where we've put every episode of a Scooby Doo show that has ever come out. We've put the day it, it came out on. Right. Uh, and we're telling people what we're calling as the Scooby Doo villain horoscope, where we tell Love you it. the villain that debuted or was featured in on your birthday and tim uh the closest to you we've got for you is on the 20th of august we've got the phantom from scooby-doo stage fright which is a film we've watched and the fun thing about that is is that uh there are several phantoms that's the twist of the film Mm. is that there are several pretty much every suspect in the film turns out to be a phantom and we're trying to look for sort of ways in which um someone's villain horoscope relates to them and i think you're a man who wears many hats does is very busy. Does a lot of different projects. You are several phantoms in a way. That's that's kind. I'm I'm several phantoms in a man suit yes. walking around. Is it a phantom of the opera thing? Correct. It it's is. A, yeah. Yeah. There's there's one true phantom who uh, believes himself to be so ugly that he's been hiding <laughs> for thirty years. But the twist is he's actually not ugly. He's just only ever had access to a funhouse mirror and thinks that he's hideous. <laughs> so it's he's fucking bleak if you think about it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. as well. Totally, totally justified ones. with the the one day off thing because it's going in the right direction. The 20th of August in America for most of it is the 19th. So that yeah. is my birthday. Yeah, so it works. Go. Totally works with the time zones. There you go. September 29. So that, that's your birthday. Yeah. Right? But what were you going to ask me? Do I want us? No, I just want to make sure that you that you understand what we're asking. Oh, for. yeah, no, sorry, yeah. So I was <laughs> born on the 29th of September. Oh, okay, September. Okay. I thought you said December. I was like, wow, nearly nearly New Year's. September's a very popular uh, date for, um, which one of these? Oh, the should start we, of sweeps. Should we do this one? Yeah. All right. Uh, we're, your Scooby-Doo villain horoscope guy is the spirit of Fireball McFain from the mm. new Scooby-Doo movie season two, episode four, the spirit spooked sports show in 1973. But I mean, you like Sounds sports. Good. We were just talking about how competitive you are. So you- oh, you're a big sports guy. You know, come on. This is pretty good. Yeah. You don't need to justify it to me. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm the spirit of Fireball McLean or something. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. McFain, McFain I think. Yeah. What you were born late eighties, right? As well, yeah. So the, the the episode that actually came out closest to your actual date of birth, um, that had two villains. It was like a two eleven minute slot, uh, and it had Mastermind and the Giant Bees. <laughs> oh, and spelling, oh. spelling bee. There you go. Yeah. Maybe that spelling was a more bee. serendipitous one to give you. I wish I'd thought of that. That's before right. I gave you the <laughs> spelling bee. If you don't know, I'll do the plug in case guy forgets. Is mm-hmm. a I don't know when this episode's coming out. Forthcoming slash currently available <laughs> brand new game show on TV3, which is now called 3. Uh, that guy fronts and it is fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I think it looks hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm so, excited yeah. about it too. Well, is there anything <laughs> else you would like to plug on this podcast that is so much smaller than your own podcast and it's also happening Not 20 something length, hours? Though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> 
where can people find you guys online? I guess is the question. You can find me at guy underscore mont anywhere you like. Mm. Well, excellent, Tim. You can find me on the dark web. That's not Tim. That's a Maybe. that's a that's an imposter. That's He's got a hold it. I've, I've been playing with a comb, and you can't see this, but I just held it up to my mouth mm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, back. <laughs> Timbat.co.nz. Bat's got two T's. Don't let that stop you finding me and finding my website. Was that something in your like career as you started promoting on social media? At what point did you realize you need to be like, oh, I got to tell people that it's Bat with two T's. Oh, it's it's nothing to do with um with it's like okay. calling call centers right. ID explaining to people on the phone. Right, I see. Two yeah. I see. Do, have you ever did you ever try and call yourself the Batman in high school? Uh, no, others did. Nice, which was was not bad. Um, but no, I don't think that's a title you can bestow upon yourself. I tried to it? I tried to go by Chad for a little bit, take both R's and the I out of my name. Wow, that's, that, and. Yeah. Incredible attempt. <laughs> um, I tried to get the flash going because I thought I was fast. <laughs> My dad still calls you the Batman, Tim. He didn't know you in high school, but he That's true. He always calls you the Batman. And he loves it. And the I Batman. love it. He loves I the love Batman. it coming from Steven. He always asks me, how's the Batman? I say puts a smile on my face. I've got a version. Yeah. I've got a much lamer version of this story where, very briefly, toward the end of year eight, I tried to make Chewbacca happen as a <laughs> because I'm a, I was a fuzzy kid, and so I was like, I'm Chewbacca. My, uh, my best friend, one of my best friend Emily, um, her parents have barely seen me since then. They call me Chewy whenever they see me now. They're the only people in the world who call me Chewy, and it's until it's, now. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Reap yeah. what you sow, Chewy. <laughs> awesome. Well, also, of course, check out, everyone should check out The Worst Idea of All Time. You guys are covering Fast and Furious in reverse order and watching each movie the same amount of times as the number that appears in its title. Is that correct? Hell yeah. Is that a good way? Yeah. Universal <laughs> is paying us to do the season and promotion of the forthcoming Fast and Furious X, yeah. which will be available in cinemas this May. Awesome. And by mm. are paying us will pay us when they catch wind <laughs> of what we're doing. I'm literally going to go on Scrappy-Doo's Wikipedia page to find if there's a reception subheading so I can see what the viewing public thought about him then and now. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll leave you guys with that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's. What's the next? Oh, the next film's fucking Let's go Scoob. watch fucking Scoob. I hate oh. Scoob. I've already seen it and it sucks and I'm so <laughs> angry. So bad. All right, gang, we've managed to trace Shaggy back to his old parents' house. Let's split up and look for clues as to where he might be. Me and Daphne will take the, uh, the kitchen. Velma, you look around outside for clues. Like, what are you guys doing here? Well, Shaggy, when you murdered Scooby-Doo, we found your old diary, and in it it said that you were going to kill both of your parents and then yourself. Like, that was a silly thing for me to be leaving around. Yep, well, we found you. And the good news is, it's not too late, Shaggy. You don't have to do this. Like, it is too late, man. Both of my parents are dead. I put their heads on spikes outside. Jinkies, gang. I just found outside. I I dropped my glasses, and I was looking for them. And then when I found them, I put them on, and I stood back up, and right up in front of me were two heads on spikes. I think science tests will reveal that these are the heads of Shaggy's parents. Like, you totally found my dead parents, dude. What are you going to do with the bodies, Shaggy? I'm going to eat them. 
I'm gonna put him in one of those massive sandwiches that me and Scooby used to eat and eat him. That's gonna be my, like, last meal, dude. Shaggy, just put the gun down. No. And now you've all seen too much, too. No, Shaggy. Shaggy, you don't need to do this. Jinkies. Okay, I got a killer opener for you. Okay, good. <clears throat> Over the course of this podcast, Richard, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've definitely intentionally been subtly planning to become every single Scooby Doo character mm. at the same time, right? So the storyline when I, when I when I thought I had COVID, you might describe that as distress and Daphne. Always she's wearing distress. She's wearing distress. I had the whole glasses fiasco. That's mm. obviously Velma. That's obviously why I did that. Um, and today, Richard, I have bleached my <laughs> hair blonde <laughs> to be like my new favorite character in the world, Fred. As it wouldn't that be like? <laughs> imagine if the, the story of this podcast is actually me going from Fred's not even a real character. To just fall in love Fred. with Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've become Fred. I, I got blonde hair because of Fred. <laughs> so, so you've you've dyed your hair bleach blonde, and yeah, I was I, I picked Jess up from work today, and we were driving home, and I showed her the photo of you, and we had this very brief discussion that there was because knowing that I'd be joining the Zoom call in a, in a couple of hours, and there was like a very I had the idea in my head that was like I should bleach my hair as well. And not tell you about it. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, oh, that would because have been also amazing. you said that I would have shit my pants, dude. <laughs> I think uh, it's also worth mentioning. So the reason you dyed your hair blonde is because yes. you were getting jealous of the attention I was receiving because today, <laughs> the day of recording your this, birthday. it is my thirtieth birthday, and so I thought that. No, I'm not gonna I wouldn't let you have a sliver of retention on my birthday. <laughs> I'm gonna dye my hair as well. But then like That would have been so good, dude. <laughs> I, that would have been the best thing to <laughs> I I am I'm gonna be on national TV in uh, twelve hours and I was like, Do I wanna look like that? Where what for I'm talking about um there's a new romantic comedy out called What's Love Got to Do With It? Yes. And I interviewed yep. the writer and stars. And then also the new Magic Mike is out this week. And also Titanic is back in cinemas this week. So oh, really? I Yeah, I'm coming on. The intro I've written for myself is, you know, with all these movies coming up, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So we've brought in our expert on not only film, but also romance. And then when they read that out, I can be like, oh my God, I don't know about expert. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have blonde hair and look like a Cupid. <laughs> like a baby cherub. That's where I thought that was going. And the reason that I, even though I can see it's not dyed, the reason why I thought that might be your plan is because after dyeing my hair, I only had one human character left to acquire to become every Scooby-Doo character. And that is Shaggy. So, Richard, right now, I have uh, just smoked a bowl of cannabis, <laughs> I, believe, I believe they call it, so that I can imagine my voice has, like, two voices talking at once, and one of them's real deep. I am become Mystery Inc. Do you want me to do it at the same time? 
So that's the word. I am become oh, mystery, yep. mystery Inc. Yeah. So I am become mystery. And Inc. I, okay. I John, you do Fred. I'll do Shaggy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Three, two, one. I, I am become, become like mystery, mystery Inc. Inc. <laughs> <laughs> That was so beautiful. That was such a good shaggy, Richard. <laughs> and you started the podcast not doing as good of a shaggy, so I feel like there's progress there, there's wow. character development You're not the only one with well. the storyline, buddy. In the, yeah, exactly. And if anyone was wondering how did I become like Scooby-Doo, well, I started the, the podcast like Scooby-Doo, everyone, because I'm a bloody dog tell you what fucking yeah the amount of times this this one's dogged the boys i would have thought that yeah your your base level starting was was shaggy but of course then we wouldn't get to know that you uh indulged a little bit of marijuana i uh, we've fun fact we've never talked you and i as like i was a little bit high on the family guy thing we did for patreon yeah. but i was like coming down this is me at full like i've you know this will be the 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 peak of it mm. and like we've never talked this way before and richard you are so funny and i'm going to be ke- I've, i didn't realize until now that i'm going to be keeling over a laughter because you'll be making a joke and i won't be able to ignore them like i usually <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because i because we've talked you, you've talked about this for a while about doing this mm. and you said like that that it's this thing of because i, I don't I, I've been with you when you're drunk a lot, and yeah. I, and when you're drunk, it's it, it, there's a lot of um, steamrolling. I, I would say, like yeah. you listen to the Hangover episode, and there's sometimes <laughs> when I'm just like, hey, Jen, you should be quiet." And you and, and you sort of said, um, "Yada yada yada." But the, the main thing you said was that if you got even a hint that I was like disappointed in you or annoyed at you <laughs> for doing this, that that would like completely ruin it yeah. for you. I yeah. was thinking on the on my way upstairs um, that I was how like disappointed. How you disappointed are, I, I am at you, it, but that I feel like the most annoying thing about this is going to be that you are going to inflate my ego so much by laughing at everything I say <laughs> that I'm going to come away from this being like, I think I nailed that recording, and then you'll be editing it, and you'll be like, you actually weren't very funny, Richard. Yeah, <laughs> I'll edit it back and be like, hey, we need to record the the Scoob and Happy Halloween sections again, because they are not usable. <laughs> because, Richard, you you are so unfunny, they're not usable. <laughs> it's not because of me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not embarrassed. It has nothing to do with it. No. <clears throat> um, what I wasn't expecting, though, Richard, was that along with the whole Mystery Inc., um, you and I have both now become all of the masked villains in the show because after watching Return to Zombie Island, one Guy Montgomery logged it on Letterboxd, which sent <laughs> our Discord into a speculative frenzy, which we calmly, I think, pivoted you off. I think that they we we lost, you know, what's it called? We we kicked the smell. We they're on the trail, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we kicked the smell. They're on the trail. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. You just so got me. I thought you were actually going to say the actual thing I was thinking of, but you just repeated it. Um, So we, we, you know, we had to quell it. We quelled it. I think we quelled it. um, 
uh, pretty well, but it is um, kind of annoying that, you know, so close to the end, with only five movies left to watch, that the cat would be out of the bag or the dog would be out of the bag. <laughs> um, so, Richard, it is my pleasure to say to you, we would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those meddling kids. That the is... kids being Guy Montgomery and our Discord. Yeah. No, that is... Um... I'm I'm appreciating that on a different level than I'm finding it funny. Yeah. Oh, right. Like it's like a profound that's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not or... like Yeah, my, my, my immediate response isn't to laugh at that, so don't feel like you haven't mm. made me I haven't done appreciated well. that. I've yeah. you've done so well it's surpassed laughter. It's surpassed pre- comedy and become high art. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. So, like, uh, you know, we, we've talked a bit on and off air about how, like, wanting to recreate these sort of special moments of the Barbie episode. And I think what made that episode so special was when we wore our hearts on our sleeves for mm. about 25 minutes instead of talking about uh, the film. Mm. Um, and so, like, we've been looking for that kind of moment. Maybe this is it. Maybe mm. this thing we feared that people would find out we're doing scooby-doo maybe the thing we feared the most coming true was actually the best thing which could 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 have put a a cap on the story but not only a cap on the story a cap toward the end of the story Mm. like it's not like this happened halfway through you know like this has happened in truly the um the the stretch the what's the word what's the The term stretch the home stretch. The home stretch. You got me. You're so good, dude. You're <laughs> such a good person to podcast with. Never in our seven years have I gone, oh, you know, that movie uh, or that actor, and you haven't immediately told me what I'm mm. trying to say. I mean, th- I know? think the best I've ever done was the other night. What was that? The song. What happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you not remember or, you, to, or are you trying to get me to, to tell the story? Uh, you should tell. I can't remember it and I'm trying to get you to tell the right. story. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you just messaged. You sent me a voice note that was like, what's that oh, song yes. that goes, get, get, what, what, what was the voice note? <laughs> um, it was, oh, do you want me to find it? You, you no, no, like, like, like retell it. And, and the song. Oh, it was like it was, like, was, it was like, very I'm much in the to, same to, state you're in at the moment. Right, yeah. I was like, I'm trying to remember the song, and it was always in like early 2000s movies, like Agent Cody Banks and and shit like that. It'd play like ju- during the end of the movie, um, and and it would go. It goes like, um, I can't remember how it goes right now. Um, <laughs> but because what, what, what you sent to me was very similar to the Old Spice theme song of um the <laughs> yeah um. And but the actual song goes, yes. And I was that's what I was saying to everyone. No one knew what I was talking about. But Rich, you came through and you're like, AJ, you're thinking of Rock in the Suburbs by Ben Folds. And everyone doubted me. I was texting Jess as well about this because she was with you. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, you're thinking of the the Old Spice theme song and something else. <laughs> I was like, I'm telling you, my description of it is perfect. And then when um, you posted in the Discord and someone watched it, was like, holy shit, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I was, it wasn't. You were so right. <laughs> like, it sounds like I'm making it up, but that's actually what it sounds yeah, that, like. Yeah, that's not like, it, it, it has like a guitar riff and then that's sort of like over top of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to explain to people. It's not like a vocal noise. It's not. A, it's like an electronic. Noise. Well, well, it is like that noise is close. I was, I was in my mind trying to for a long time trying to like 
convert the sound you were making into like okay that's probably a guitar there's there'll be like a drum track under that but instead i was like i'm actually just that noise and then the guitar and the drums and everything is underneath that right yeah yeah exactly so how did you figure out what i was meaning like how did you go from Ah, cool. I I I love that song, rocking this. I mean, I haven't listened to it in a long time. So do I, and I think that was a very successful adventure. Yeah, um, because when you messaged me, I was like, because you were like Richard, because I didn't see the message for a little while, and you're like Richard, you have no idea how satisfying it's going to be to me when you when you solve this. And I was like, don't put that kind of pressure on me. And then and then I listened to it, and I was like, AJ, this is the Old Spice theme song. And oh my god. And then it just kept on going, and I was like, I'm sorry, dude. And then yeah, bam, it clicked. Have you listened to much Ben Folds Five? Or being false? No, I looked him up what he looks like now because I was like, this dude's going to be bald now. And he's got more, a more lush head of hair than ever. <laughs> but he uh, he does this, he played this, uh, this type of show in Auckland. In fact, I might have maybe remembered talking to you about this at the bus stop on when we lived in Nakarana Ave. But um, we saw a poster for it. But they do... <laughs> I guess you can say the address now. It's not a secret <laughs> since we don't live there anymore. Did the, they do a show where... They give everyone bits of paper and you write the song you want to hear, fold it into a paper plane and throw it on stage. And they just pick ones up and go, oh, yeah, cool. We'll do that. And so like Is that why it's Ben folds because oh you fold God, the maybe. paper. But there's there's a song by it's either by, it might be by Ben folds five called Brick. And it, it's, it's one of those things that like would always pop up in Reddit threads of like, what's the most depressing movie ever made? A depressing song ever made. Is this the one that goes, she's a brick and I'm drowning yeah. slowly. She's yeah. a brick and I'm drowning yeah, slowly. It's about yeah. you're driving the, the, on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, driving your girlfriend to get an abortion. It's very... Really? Yeah. It's, like it's that, fucking, like that other it's song. It's fucking by, depressing. Um, song, like 10 by Yellow Card. Yes. You would be 10. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you would be 10. What a baity lyric. <laughs> like, it's so sad. It's just like a mini little sad story. You would be 10. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it was funny how we went through that little phase of that song. Eh? <laughs> I think I was just so shocked by it that yeah. I was like, play it again. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Nothing. I just, there was a laugh. Right, but were we talking about throwing f- f- paper planes on stage? That was uh, the just a Ben Folds sequel. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to reveal Also, Ben this. Folds is in, you know the episode of Community, I think it might be in season six or season five, when they, they're trying to get something done and they go through like, oh, I'll only do this if the janitor does this, and the janitor will only do this if the IT person does this, the IT person will only do yep. it. Yeah. Uh, one of the people in that episode is Ben Folds, randomly. No kidding. Yeah. I think That's it's like very, a two thousand sitcom teacher. Yeah, it's a very two thousand sitcom thing to do. I reckon. Mm. Mm. Well, Richard, enough <laughs> dilly dallying because we've got a bloody job to do, Richard. Because for the first time, no, that's not true. <laughs> I was going to say for the first time on this whole podcast, we'll be rewatching a film, but we rewatched um, the two live action ones. <laughs> but we're rewatching a film, say that we've already dedicated a piece of content to yeah. on Cult Popshire before, because we are talking about the movie Scoop which came mm-hmm. out in 2020. This was directed by Joe Cervone. Uh, Dax Shepard was once once set 
to co-direct, but he pulled out early and no one knows why. And I reckon I know why, Richard. I reckon I think he thought it was dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, or maybe, like, I mean, because Dax Sheep had done... Like, because I feel like he he maybe thought, oh, cool, like a live action, I get to play Shaggy, and then... Or maybe, yeah, the studio didn't want him to play Shaggy, and he was like, no. Stealing the role from his Without a Paddle co-star, Matthew Lillard? Mm. No way. Um, So, this is the first time as well since Monsters Unleashed, and I think only the third time... No, it will be the fourth time on this podcast that there has been a Rotten Tomatoes critic score for this film. What do you think it is for this film? (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll tell (laughs) you. It's actually higher than I feel it should be, and that annoys me so much. I'm guessing... I think this is one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, like high 30s, maybe? Uh, no, it's high 40s. Fuck. Yeah. Note that I said it's higher than it deserved and you went to 30. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot that's lower than 30. Mm. Um, what is Scoob? With an exclamation mark. What is it about, Richard? Tell us. Scoob has a fucking insane plot. I do have a backup, and and you, I won't be able to tell because I'm stoned. But you let me know after you do the synopsis because I'm so wasted. Wasted. You let me know after you do it if you think I need to read out the um, Scoob official website (laughs) description (laughs) of the film. So it starts off with Shaggy and Scooby bump into each other and on Venice Beach, and they become immediate best friends, and then they. On Halloween, they meet the rest of the mystery gang and they solve a little mystery and they think, oh, fuck, like we should solve mysteries together. So flash forward 10 years, they're having dinner. Simon Cowell shows up. (laughs) (laughs) My God. And he... He essentially says he gives the it, team like an assessment, right? Like it's like yeah. a performance assessment. And he says Shaggy and Scooby suck, and that's why I'll <laughs> never. That's why you guys will never win X Factor. And then, <laughs> is that so, actually sh- what it is? No, but it's like oh, Simon okay. Cowell. He's like, I won't work with you because of these two. But so imagine go- that. Imagine. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> they, they quit the group, and then. The, the, the plot then sort of kicks in with most of the mystery gang separated. So Scooby and Shaggy end up teaming up with Dino Mutt and Blue Falcon, who we've already seen, but it's like Blue Falcon's son. And also, like a he's a real, also, he's a real superhero in this universe. So this is mm. definitively a separate universe from the, the direct-to-TV canon, because in mm. that they um they it was it's Blue Falcon was a was a TV show in yeah. their universe. Yeah. Yeah. So then the the villain in this film is Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly. Dastardly and, darling. <laughs> and they the gang uh you know as they're finding their clues they find out that his plan is to open the gates of hell (laughs) (laughs) and so the 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 idea is that that scooby-doo is the last remaining descendant of alexander the great's dog and he is the only one who has the key or he is the key Mm. to open as i said the gates of hell and when you think like oh they're being metaphorical no literally Mm. the gates to the underworld guarded by cerberus the (laughs) three-headed dog yeah they yeah they need scooby to 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 open it and so yeah eventually the team ends up coming back together they 
open the gate. The gates of hell are opened. Dick Dastardly gets Muttley back, and then the only way to shut the the um the gates of hell <laughs> is for <laughs> one of Shaggy and Scooby to stay inside, and then immediately. Uh, it's revealed that oh no he can now get out yeah but yeah they also they run into captain caveman oh because there's like a quest to find all the different whatever and one of them's being guarded by captain caveman hmm. and so yeah the the other sort of plot just because I, I do want to talk about this is that scooby ends up becoming because he's the key he's so important uh shaggy gets jealous of the sort of attention he's getting from Blue Falcon, how important he's feeling mm. and he feels left out. And so for a lot of the movie or like, you know, the reasonable portion of the movie, they're, you know, fighting and yeah. not really friends. Yeah. Okay. Which um, is, is this the first time maybe other than the live action ones, but even they're not really that there's been a plot predicated on Shaggy and Scooby fighting. No, I would say it absolutely does count in the first one because yeah. they get as far as like nearly punching. Remember, and that's right. Because, yeah, yeah. Because I just couldn't Scooby, remember if it actually happens. But Scooby knows that Isla Fisher is is zombified, yeah, yeah. So, and Shaggy won't believe him. But it's interesting that you know you think about like any episode of Modern Family, and <laughs> yeah. it's like Cam and Mitchell are having a fight, yeah. and you know every single episode is about that. But we've gotten through at this point what 40, 42, 43. 43 movies. And oh, you know, just to, just including the like the directivity of the ones in the actual sort of canon, it's about thirty, mm. and they've never resorted to that as a, as a as a plot device, right? And you think that's a weakness in the in the, that it's resorted to a very basic, yeah, tropey, yeah, it's a very yeah, yeah tropey yeah, yeah. basic sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. When trying to recall any other times that Shaggy and Scooby have fought, all I can think of is when he's slapping Shaggy and Monsters Unleashed, and he's like, you're pushing your luck, Scoob! <laughs> but that's not that. That's not really what you're talking about. Um, do you, did you want me to read the official website synopsis? It's not very long. I think that I did it. I think. I did do you think I should good. read it just because it's, it's funny to read from the official website? How often do we get a franchise where the official website's still up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. All right. <clears throat> this is what it says. In Scooby-Doo's greatest adventure yet, see the never-before-told story of how lifelong friends Scooby and Shaggy first met and how they joined forces with the with young detectives Fred, Velma, and Daphne to form them the famous Mystery Inc. Now, with hundreds of cases solved... The ghost dog Cerberus. I've missed a line. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but that's what it feels like when, when yeah. that shit shows up. Uh, now, with hundreds of cases solved, Scooby and the gang must face their biggest, toughest mystery ever—an evil plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world. As they race to stop the global dog apocalypse, the gang discovers that Scooby has a secret legacy and an epic destiny greater than anyone ever imagined. Because if you liked Scooby Doo kids, you want to see this storyline in a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> like, like if you, I think Scooby Doo is is a, is a good IP in and of itself. But what it has never needed to be for me is like heartwarming. 
it's never needed to be like like this beautiful story where or an emotional story. It's funny. It's a talking dog. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you know what I mean. And and it's the same thing you mentioned just before when we were talking to with the worst idea guys. You were saying how like you brought up how Bugs Bunny dies at the end of Space Jam mm. Two, and this character who for ninety five years wherever how long it is, <laughs> like has never once asked you to care any deeper than it for him than like him just being funny and attractive when he dresses up as a girl bunny. <laughs> yeah. That's as much as I'm willing to buy in. <laughs> yeah, right. That's as emotional as it gets is like a confusing crush. <laughs> right? But because because for for or decades, Bugs Bunny was a character you only associated with being funny and only associated with being like the one that gets away with everything and that's his place in the world of comedy. And now we're watching a movie where it genuinely wants you to feel like an emotion you've never had for Bugs Bunny. Like, an emotion I've never had. Period. <laughs> anyway, that's how this movie feels. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Like it feels it feels like what was the movie this, I was just talking about Scooby-Doo. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you you have that within this with um with how like it's it's because it's at the end of the the uh, website official description. Um, great. It's greater than anyone ever imagined, and it's like Scooby Doo's not inspirational. It's yeah. funny. It's not, it's not. There's a talking dog. There's a talking dog. It's not fucking Gravity Falls. Like, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not that, that one about the theme park that Netflix just cancelled. Like, these are shows and they're <laughs> cartoons and they're for kids and it's this. These are shows that mean something. <laughs> well, not that they, they, they all mean something, but these are ones that you watch when you want to feel that emotion. I'm yeah, not yeah. watching Scooby Doo to feel very deep Anything. pathos you know yeah i'm watching yeah. it because i have to for my podcast i'm watching it because there's a talking dog it's insane <laughs> prince jr had it <laughs> um, so scoop was originally set for a worldwide theatrical uh release uh for may 15th 2020 but guess what happened richard you'll 9/11. never guess <laughs> I, I, I've already said the date and you still go back to, to that, that'll be a fun out of context clip of the podcast just me saying 9-11 and you uh, laughing no, hysterically no <laughs> so uh, the coronavirus happened and so all the theatres closed and this was one of the first big movies to be like fuck it we'll just drop it on streaming now then like mm. you know Quiet Place 2 pushed back and, and No Time to Which Die I never saw I never saw it either. Mm. And No Time to Die, like, um, you know, like that that was pushed back. Mm. This was the first Tenet, though, big... brought us back to the cinema <laughs> yeah. in the this, middle well, this of is the, the anti. This is the other side of the Tenet coin, maybe, because yeah. this is the opposite conclusion of how a capitalist Hollywood is going to st- <laughs> yeah. release films, you know? Yeah. So, what did I think of the film? Mm. I think it's fucking garbage. This is so <laughs> fucking bad. The, this was the joke when we, if you remember back to 2020, not you personally, but the listeners, when we started a series called Ready um, to Record. Ready to Record. I was going to say talking during the movie. That, uh, <laughs> I've we started a series that. called. <laughs> you can't find that series anymore. We started a series called Ready to Record, which is still out there, and I still like. I've revisited it maybe once or twice since we made it. And because that was, there was a fun little thing in that, that I edited most of those episodes. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of like fun little edit gags that I'm like, oh, I'm surprised I thought of that at the time. Like, I don't know that mm. I would think of that now. But we started that series to capitalize on Scoob. And yeah. we, we sort of, around that time, we were having meetings with the cult publisher family and being like, okay, what, what can really be our next step to build our brand? Well, like, maybe we need to start a new YouTube series. And then Scoob came out and it was like, the idea was we hated this movie so much, we... <laughs> made a new web series to talk about it <laughs> and it's like this this film not only does this reek of like franchise building and the way they introduce mm. all the Hannah Barbera characters I remember it was originally announced as being called Scoob but like yeah. S dot C dot, yeah. yeah so like it's an acronym and it was going to be this Hannah Barbera Avengers style team up this is going to be the first one it still has elements of that. I'm guessing like the fact that the name change means I guess that they moved away from that at some point. But it's just like it's just such a messy film. It's like, why is any of this Scooby Doo? They and mm. it is because we watched watching it in twenty twenty, I was like, This is just a bad movie. And now I'm like, this is a betrayal. <laughs> like yeah, I feel yeah. this hurts my feelings now. I remember um, watching Chris Stuckman's review of this film when it came out, and he said, I have never seen an IP so clearly hate what it is and so Mm. clearly want to be something else. And I've always thought of that because that's exactly what it is. This is not a Scooby-Doo movie. When when people talk about Avengers-style team-up movies, they're not not focusing on the fact that they're superheroes. They're focusing on the, you know, like, like The Conjuring trying to make The Conjuring cinematic universe isn't going and we'll bring in superheroes you know and it's like that's what this movie thought uh making a cinematic universe was right it was like well we'll bring in heaps of superheroes yeah we'll bring in cerberus yeah yeah. um the director of the film had uh, has a quote that's on wikipedia um that from an interview from cinema blend so i'm crediting everyone across the board that i think is just it's pathetic it's it's (laughs) like weak and pathetic and here's what it says um i think when we first started this was much more like hanna-barbera avengers and then somewhere along the way the more time we spent with scooby and shaggy we were just like this is all we care about scooby and shaggy had their own gravity that took up space and so tom savone thinks that this isn't what exactly the thing it is which is avengers if if this was a good film that had a couple of references here and there or if you know it just didn't resemble that at all Mm. it was just a good scooby-doo film that's Mm. a great quote (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you're so right people would be like cheering this dude's name you know Mm. yeah um so i thought uh we could go through a couple of things that um that we didn't like about about it it? a couple of specific things i will say my big takeaway from this um this experience was that it wasn't as bad on the rewatch than when i first watched it and but this isn't to say i like it more now just that the knife had been dulled and i wasn't like i wasn't thinking this is bad and also shocked at what it was because i already knew what it was Mm. you know um so yeah uh, so here are some things that I really don't like about this movie. Um, mm. Simon Cowell uh, is in the movie. So mm. f- after seeing WWE and Kiss and stuff in, mm. in Scooby-Doo, it's yeah. not that out of the question, I guess, to have a, have a cameo like this. In 2020, when I didn't know Scooby-Doo as well, it was mind-numbing. That they <laughs> for, like, this guy, this, this guy who I feel hasn't been, I guess he still has been relevant, hasn't he? But yeah. not at least in my life. 
since yeah, I yeah. watched season two of American Idol. And, Which and featured so, like, Ruben Stuttered, who's in Ruben Monsters Unleashed. Oh, shit! That's not on the IMDb <laughs> trivia for this film. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing at the time that that was a real last-minute thing to add a celebrity cameo there because i think apparently it was originally going to be just an agent character named epstein and then after epstein famously didn't kill himself <laughs> they decided to quickly change that out and just oh, i thought it, you were gonna simon cow <laughs> i thought you were gonna say it was in the story <laughs> that they, they quickly changed it <laughs> <laughs> like that or well, that he killed himself and um or didn't kill himself in scooby-doo mm. i was like when did this happen <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just such a random cameo and it's and it, like scooby-doo in a general and across the whole franchise is kind of plagued with like why are you putting these gen x references into this thing you're marketing to to alphas and zoomers you know mm. But yeah. like this, this time especially, it's just like, what is the crossover here? How many people know who Simon Cowell is? I guess it's maybe a a joke for for the parents who are dragged along to this mm. dog shit and film. Who, and who watched Shrek Two? Yeah, 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 exactly. Shrek Two, where a very similarly looking animated uh, yeah. Simon Cowell. Uh, yeah, I wonder up. if they just did they just had the um the you know what's the word for like a don't ask me. I'm... <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> like the file lying around. Mm, yeah, right. The, word, the, the model. That's not the word either. Oh, the, f- the, the f- minifig. Artifact? The, no, the... Asset? Asset. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so, the I also don't like where um, Shaggy, they're looking for Shaggy, and someone who's seen him describes him as how a middle-aged man would think a teenage hippie mm. would speak. Because this just feels like, don't, make fun of yourself like you're you're making fun of the property that's infinitely better than you are you know like it just Mm. feels like it's a it's a punch in the wrong direction i will say the one joke that i like in this film yeah i've got one too yep is 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 it a daphne joke no is when they're talking about how i can't even fucking remember the jokes (laughs) but they're talking about how the are you stoned as well richard (laughs) oh my god i'm so wasted (laughs) the they're talking about how the 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 bad guy like smells like cigarettes and bourbon or something like like that and daphne's like oh is the bad guy my dad that's a good joke (laughs) um and i also think that when dick dastardly is trying to convince scooby-doo to get on his side he's like i had a dog once but I lost him. And Scooby-Doo goes, is he chipped? <laughs> also, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a pretty funny joke. Um, and and on uh, Daphne as well, I think we'll get, actually, don't let me go into the cast yet, actually. Let me finish this. AJ, um, AJ, don't yeah. you fucking dare go into that cast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Another bit I don't like is when the boys are fighting and either Daphne or Velma yells out, toxic masculinity, because mm. it's not, you know, I'm not enraged as a, a Republican because they mm. said this term I don't believe in in this kids movie (laughs) but it's because it's the other side right it's like um this this term i believe in very strongly yeah it's this term that i believe is very important to take seriously and you're turning it into like a zinger (laughs) yeah and she's not saying anything about toxic masculinity either. She's yeah, it was just saying a late it. Addition yeah, it's 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 off it's off camera. You don't see them say it, you hear it. So it was mm. probably like yeah, really after like, the animation was done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but uh, AJ, one thing I want to talk about, mm. I don't know if you have this in your notes, but I want to talk about the casting in this film. 
Yes. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. Because I think Amanda Seyfried, who steps in to play the role of Daphne, I think she's the only person in this film doing a good job. And even mm. then it's like, yeah, fine. Like yeah. everyone else like specifically sucks. Well, it's one of those classic, like what is Amanda Seyfried's voice sound like? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, So mm. Frank Welker um, returned to voice Scooby-Doo in this, but he did not return to play Fred. Should we go through the cast? The rest yeah, of the cast? Yeah, let's go through one by one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So every, so I'll say, yeah. So everyone else sucks. I would say um, Gina Rodriguez as Velma. What do you think of her? It, to me, it's like Reed and the script it's just like she's she's not got any emphasis or emotion she's just reading the words of dialogue what did you think about Val? yeah i agree i mean i think it's 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 an effortless performance but in a bad way (laughs) yeah 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 it's not a um it's not terrible casting but it is just like that's true yeah yeah um then you got zach efron as fred the first voice actor to play Fred to play Fred that wasn't Frank Welker um since I think a pup named Scooby Doo Frank wow. Welker didn't didn't play him so this is quite a big deal I would say that um again these movies have this disconnect between who Fred really is that that I think hiring Zac Efron Zac Efron would be a good live action Fred though wouldn't he mm. I think you you'd think be so? a better live action Fred because oh, you got the hair oh thank you um. I don't know. He's not. He's he's less offensive than most of the others. But like, I still didn't. Well, think then the he... one we're about to talk about, which is the most <laughs> offensive one. Okay. Well, let's talk about um, Will Forte then, who steps in to play Shaggy. And it would be very easy to say Will Forte is the worst Shaggy. But I've seen the two Scooby Doo live action mm. origin movies, Prequels, yeah. and uh, Nick Pilatus, I think, still has that title. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like Will Forte generally, but oh man, and also just like, and the worst part about this, which I'm sure you have written down, was that when no, the cast was announced yeah, on yeah. Twitter, is that um, what's his fucking name? <laughs> the, the, um, Matthew Lillard doesn't matter. Doesn't who cares? <laughs> He's not in this film. Who gives a shit? Um, Matthew Lillard like replied and was like, "Well, this is a shitty way to find out." And um, Gray DeLeslie or Gray Griffin yeah, yeah. also tweeted something similar about yeah. that they just they they heard, oh, there's a new Scooby Doo movie. You are the voice of Shaggy and Val and um Daphne. Definitely. And yeah, there wasn't until they just announced the cast that they found out they didn't get the gig. Yeah. And I mean I guess there is like a thing that, you know, you shouldn't assume you have any job, but it is also like Oh, I think that's that's just job security though. That's just hmm. like um yeah, and and like also I was thinking about this. Will Forte is probably as famous as Matthew Lillard, mm. right? It's not like they they cast up. It's not like they cast well, like that's the thing. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it is this. Like, yeah, what do you gain from casting Will Forte? Because I, like Zac Efron, I can understand you want to have him do a press tour for it or whatever. Mm. But yeah, like Will Forte yeah, is right. The 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 idea that you're like the bad will you're going to get from not casting him mm, yeah and it's like you know people are so attached to the people that play these voices now that you have you have got this like perfect four core people at this point of Matthew Lillard mm. Gray Griffin Frank Welker and Kate McCoochie yeah and it's like yeah what well, like it's it's an animated movie but they want it to be their big all-star animated movie Mark Wahlberg I think mm. his first voiceover role is, yeah, pl- is plays Blue Falcon. Yeah it's you've got uh, Ken, Ken Jeong. Jeong as well Jason Isaacs plays Dick Darcy Tracy Morgan as 
uh, Captain Caveman. It's like they clearly wanted this to be the start of something new. Yeah. You know, to quote a Zac Efron song there. But Thank you. they do. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. I mean, like the whole idea, I mean, this is a, a bigger debate than I guess we're going to have here. But the this idea of casting famous actors versus voice actors. I mean, Chris Pratt versus Charles Martinet with the Super Mario movie is, mm. is the big debate raging on. But yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess a celebrity just sells your film better there's a funny yeah. bit of jack black talking about they're like oh you just got back from japan uh promoting kung fu panda and he's like yeah it's funny though because i don't appear on screen in the movie and someone else dubs it in japan so. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious uh yeah i think that will forte is like either trying to do an impression and he sucks or he's trying to make it his own and it sucks mm. you know yeah. i don't i don't know what's worse um so i would say this though at the the first sort of like 10 minutes of the movie that they're children and that i think was a fine like as much as i've grown to hate this mm. movie i forgot that the stuff when um shaggy is being played by none other than young sheldon um i'm surprised mm. to see that like this is, can't be what the movie is and when we get to continue the franchise and richard only probably about two three hours time wow. uh, we will talk about a project that is what i'm talking about that uh was did not go ahead uh so you probably know what i'm talking about <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah and if we're going to talk about something else rich i think we should talk about titles i think scoob is a bad title i think if you're mm-hmm. trying to build this cinematic universe just call it scooby-doo as soon as you like put like the qualifying difference on a title it stops being the like symbol of the thing you know mm. like i Even reckon scooby yeah i reckon um spider-man homecoming if there were ne- never any spider-man movies before that that movie would just be called spider-man the only reason right. it's putting a subtitle on it is because it has to to, to differentiate wow. you know that's, that's deep. What, yeah that's what i think uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a bad title, and that's what I wanted to say about it. The This is another benchmark for how legible Scooby-Doo has been vocally. Mm. He is crystal clear in this movie. Barely ever says ours in front of, like, barely ever speaking Scooblish. Yeah, you know? it is. It's clearly the script is, like, like it's, it's a film that they hate the ip like yeah. it's written by someone who doesn't understand the character of scooby-doo yeah and the real kick in the teeth of this whole thing richard is that the movie is about opening the gates to the greek underworld and fighting cerberus what why is this a scooby-doo movie like scooby-doo has never been greek the greekest scooby-doo has ever been was when alexi toliopoulos guest starred on a podcast <laughs> about him. like it is not this is not um you know, like, why is this the setting? It's so baffling to me. Um, if this was just Scooby-Doo meets superheroes, I think I could accept that as a feature film experiment. Mm. The, it's a movie because this is, this is, we didn't say this, but this is um, 3D animated. This isn't like, so yeah. a brand, brand new thing and it was supposed to go to theaters. Like if this is that, if, if it's, if the, the reason to make that movie is Scooby-Doo goes superhero, I'd watch that. That's fine. But then the, it's this, it's Space Jam again. It's Space Jam again it's why is it basketball and space and looney tunes and why is it scooby-doo and superheroes and the greek underworld you know like Mm. it can be two of those things yeah it doesn't have to be all of those things 
It's and it shouldn't be because I don't think it's organic. I don't think it plays into itself. And it is so weird seeing these characters I've watched <laughs> for 42 movies be exactly the same in personality. One of them got a little angrier in later years, but other than that, <laughs> it is so weird to watch this 43rd movie and see them discussing sincerely about opening the gates to the underworld and being sad that their friends did and stuff like that. It is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like getting to know someone more than you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like oversharing you only get after seven years of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Which did I just overshare? I can't remember what I said. Yeah, I didn't want to know that about you that you felt this that way about this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this movie. Um, We've got, what else can we talk about, Richard? The Scooby Snacks name origin. We had, this was an th- early thread mm. in the episode. Yeah. Uh, is Scooby named after the Scooby Snacks? Or is the Scooby Snacks named after Scooby? Sort of a chicken egg situation, mm. Richard. See, because you might be like, I might be like, where's the chicken come from, for example? And I, it's Scooby Snacks. Exactly. But where did the Scooby Snacks come from? Well, the egg. Yeah, but exactly. You can't have the Scooby or the chicken without the, the Scooby. <laughs> so... Yeah, the um, the in this movie, what happens? It's definitively told to us in this that version Scooby of the canon. Scooby is named after the Scooby Snacks. Yes. So, what do you want to tell us? What the? What, this... And I actually quite like this joke at the start of the film when mm. Scooby is running away and on a gyro it, or a gyro, on a, a, a gyro, I think. Gyro, right. That he, uh, yeah, he's he's running away on that. Also, definitively not vegetarian in the film. And also, the, the, it's set in modern day, and then the rest of the movie is 10 years later, so it's 10 years in the future. <laughs> wow. Is it necessarily there? What? Well, Shag is using Spotify on a smartphone. I had Spotify 10 years ago. No, You're I so didn't. right. That's a lie. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I didn't personally, but I think I downloaded it in 2014. But the... Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the police officer is chasing after him, and he's like... and. Shaggy's like, no, that's my dog. And he goes, that's your dog, huh? Well, what's his name? And then he says, uh, and he looks down, says the Scooby Snacks, and goes, Scooby. He says, what's his middle name? And he says, Doobie. And he says, what's his last name? And he says, Do. <laughs> and then he's like, well, if the dog has a middle name, I guess, yeah. But I mean, I, I like it until the well, if he has a middle name joke. But I don't mind the yeah, well, if he has a middle name joke. Mm. I think that's kind of funny. I just like the idea of, I, like, I think asking for the dog's middle name on its own is funny enough. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, something also just wrapped, firing off Chekhov's guns at, toward the end of the podcast. Um, the gang's roles are pretty well defined in this, something we've questioned in, in recent mm. films. What, who is everyone actually supposed to be? Or more specifically, uh, who is Fred? And God, I should have written down what they discussed that they are. But I think Fred is, the, is called the tank in this. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah, say yeah. he's the tank, Valma's the brains, Daphne's the. I can't remember what they say Daphne is. Do you remember? Style. I don't remember. Uh, it's not It's not anything dumb. Like, it's an actual value that she brings. She's personable or something like that. Mm. Um, and, and Shaggy and Scooby are the heart. This is what we're told mm. in this film. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Richard, was there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding Scoop? No, I'm, I'm pretty keen to move on. Yeah. 
You okay? This has been longer than some of our um, guests. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details segments well we have another guest this this segment richard a little a little lady i like to call mary jane <laughs> <laughs> that's like my favorite name <laughs> hey i didn't even know i was making a scooby-doo reference that's a three-way reference <laughs> wow. i don't know like did we want to talk about dick dastardly any did we want to talk about muttley we have a scooby-doo movie where you see him go <laughs> I can't do it at all. <laughs> you know, well, like could Reese Matthewson, but, the, <laughs> but Hamish I, Parkinson could. Yeah, I no, I'm I'm pretty keen to move on. I don't, I don't like so many of these movies. We didn't talk about this much, and it's crazy that there is still more we could talk about this film. Hmm. Hmm. And I mean, we invented a whole series so that we could talk about it. And Go I'll back talk- and check out Ready to Record. I'll be talking about it till the day I die, you know. Mm. But also, it's fun, it's, fun, it's worth mentioning as well that the reason, the main reason I didn't want to do Scooby Doo for so long was I just, I just did not want to have to rewatch Scoob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I rem- was genuinely like one of the main reasons I was like. And once we, because I feel like we we smashed through a lot really quickly, going from like rock and roll mist or from haunted Hollywood, Lego haunted Hollywood after we had a bit of a break to then return to zombie island was like a week or two and then it was like fuck the next one is scoop and it just Mm. like really stopped me in my tracks Mm. yeah yeah i my main memory of this movie was seeing doolittle and being like this is the worst movie i've seen in years and then seeing this movie and going this is also maybe this is worse maybe this is the worst movie i've seen in years and then um um Artemis Fowl came out and I read the reviews and I was like, I can't do a third worst movie I've seen in years yeah. in one year. I <laughs> so remember I never yeah, the first movie. movie I saw in 2020, I think, or like first new movie was Doolittle. And it was like, we are one month into the decade and this might be the worst film of the decade. <laughs> Absolutely. And it still is, frankly. Mm. It still is the worst movie of the decade. We're nearly halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, even just because of like what it represents, you know? Yeah talking animals is a talking dog you know <laughs> the same thing that makes scooby-doo great makes do little bad <laughs> the corpses of every single member of the mystery inc team beloved in coolsville for solving 
Many very minor crimes, always done by weirdos in dress-up, have been found at the residence of Shaggy Rogers' old parents' home. Richard mm. Martin. <laughs> or Peter Griffin, never mind. Oh. Hello, Peter Griffin. Are you coming Hello. Here? <laughs> you you did... should put John up. <laughs> the decision to not do the voice at all. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> you should put in the audio from my, since we didn't get a Scooby-Doo cameo this year, you should put in the audio from my birthday cameo. Oh yeah, okay, I will, it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy when I realize Peter Griffin here wishing a happy freaking sweet 30th birthday to Richard from your buddy AJ, freaking sweet. I heard you're pretty upset about getting older, but uh, after 30, you get to play this fun game called What Hurts Today? And uh, in your 30 years of life, I was wondering if you had ever heard that Don't you know about the bird? Well, Peter's going to tell you about the bird. Shut up, Meg. That was what I bought Richard for his birthday from Cameo this year. That is um, the official, the world famous Peter Griffin impersonator. And you know what? I reckon just hearing it, not that good of a Peter Griffin. He looks the part, but I don't know if he's <laughs> if it's that good of an impression. Yeah, he looks the part. But I, I think that I've, I've seen him. There's an interesting thing where he does a panel because there, there's an episode of Family Guy. It's, it's a very mid episode. There's like a, a whole episode going on and it's the audio commentary for that episode done by the family and it's revealed that Peter has wow. a kid in a previous relationship with Sarah Paulson, the actress. And I then know. near the in the third act of the episode, um, all the voice actors who play those characters come in. Yes, and so like Seth, Seth MacFarlane enters and, and then... That they explain to these characters that you know your family dramas don't matter. Is it an animated Seth MacFarlane or is it a? But you don't life? see any of this. Ah, is it so it, it's it's like it's just part of the commentary of this episode, ah. which has like its own plot. You can kind of follow. Yeah, and your yeah, Seth MacFarlane explains to Peter, "You guys aren't real. Your voice actors play your characters played by us." And Peter says, oh, "If I'm not real, then how come some fat loser pretends to be me at every Comic Con?" And then Seth MacFarlane's like please don't encourage him kind of thing <laughs> and there's there's a pa- there's i saw this guy speaking at a panel and he took and someone asks him about like being referenced on the show and you know were you were you hurt by that and he's like no you're fucking kidding me like i devote my life to pretending to be peter griffin and i have been made canon on family yeah, right Day. nice he's like it's like getting, he says it's like getting a song parody by weird al you yeah know? yeah that it's like it's it, it, to him. It's it's the highest compliment possible. Yeah, and it's like yeah, totally. Like yeah, good for you, man. And he, but but hearing him talk out of character is like he. I think he actually just has that Rhode Rhode Island accent that Seth MacFarlane is making fun of. Yeah, that because he always says like, oh, Peter Griffin is like I knew a thousand Peter Griffins when I when I grew up there. Yeah, and I think that he is genuinely one of those guys, and he's probably putting it on a little bit. Yeah, but like Reese Darby maybe... in his New Zealand accent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. That yeah, the way Reese Darby's like, oh. Not actually a robot. Not actually a robot. Here, everybody, if you think that that Reese Darby is how regular Kiwis speak, watch as I 
go from just talking normally to sort of talking a bit more like how I would talk if I was the first ever world famous New Zealand comedian. <laughs> like this is how I would talk and you'd all laugh because now I'm exaggerating the accent or the accent. Yeah. The accent, the accent, as as as, uh, as Reese Darby from Ponsonby would probably just yeah. pronounce it. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Jonathan Franzi, I believe his name is the real life Peter Griffin. Is it? I think so. I don't know if that's who I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. I've got it in my emails. Rob Fra- Robert Franzis. Rob Franzis. What did you say? Yeah, I said I said Jonathan Franzis. Uh, okay. Well, Richard, I want to just wish you a happy Halloween because Scooby Doo, because in 2020, um, not long apparently after, probably <laughs> in October, the October <laughs> following Scoob, we got yeah. another classic uh, animated film um, called Happy Halloween Scooby Doo. Uh, this was directed by Maxwell Adams, who is the creator of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Mm. Um, and this is sort of, this has brought me back on to the era's train that i briefly fell off right because i can definitively say now after this film that there is at least a trilogy there that was 13 ghosts return to zombie island and happy halloween yeah Um, we haven't we haven't watched any further yet but at the very least these three are part of their own era um Mm. what is this movie about this movie to borrow a, a turn of phrase from you is buck wild no 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 (laughs) <laughs> so they're at a Halloween event and it's, they... no, it's not clear what it's going on, is it? <laughs> it's it's Elvira's it, back. It's it looks like a rent fair. It looks like a, a mm. night market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they there's this haunted scarecrow running around and then they unmask the haunted scarecrow to reveal that it's the regular scarecrow, aka Jonathan Crane, aka the Batman character, the scarecrow. And you messaged me last night and you were like, You won't believe who the villain is and I was like, Oh my god, who's it gonna be? And as this movie started and Fred was in disguise dressed in a skeleton onesie, I was mm. like is it going to be David S. Pumpkins, the Tom Hanks <laughs> SNL character? And then I remembered, like, there is, like, an animated David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. And so I, mm. I was like, but I couldn't remember what it was. But I was like, it looks like Hanna-Barbera art in, in that mm. animation. Uh, so maybe this is what that animation was for. And is Tom Fuck, Hanks is Tom Hanks going to be in the Scooby Doo series? And would our Discord user Mike Noise would have watched this movie um, <laughs> during his quest to watch every Tom Hanks movie? And he would have logged it on Letterboxd, and then everyone in the Discord would be like, "The gang are doing Scooby Doo, and Mike is a guest star on the episode." <laughs> but yeah, the, it, I mean, did, were you surprised that? Was Jonathan Crane? No, not really, because Batman's already shown up. Yeah, but still, I mean, this isn't. We, I didn't know this was a crossover coming into it. And that that you, that you bring that up, that's actually a big like all over all the websites that we go on to research for this these episodes. Everywhere mentions like in the trivia section that the marketing for it didn't show that Scarecrow didn't was indicate. Yeah, well. um, but it, it is funny. so. One was I messaged you when it was revealed in the opening scene that it's Jonathan Crane. I said, you'll never guess who it is. And then later on, when it's revealed who the actual villain is, I was like, this is actually a surprise twist (laughs) too. And then so I had to go back and message you and be like, hey, just so you don't know, just so you know, this is (laughs) only a spoiler for the opening scene. And because I was like, I didn't want you to... 
have some enjoyment taken out of it because you knew that the actual big twist mm. villain was a surprise mm. and then but it was like the, the fact that i had gone back and said that was one of those things it's like well now it's like a double bluff because mm. the only reason I've, I've qualified that for you is because the bigger one is a surprise and so yeah yeah and who, um, who's yeah. the bigger one well the big one so the, the, the whole the whole thing is that the, this one's about like haunted pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns they call them jack-o'-lanterns like, which, which i quite enjoy lanterns. and bill nye reaches out to a friend valma and gives them a modern a modernized mystery machine mystery machine x what do you think and, of mystery machine x i thought uh, that was pretty well, I thought cool, good, good idea for a plot element. Just, just surprised it's in a movie and not an episode of a TV show. That's good yeah, and also like show. that Bill Nye yeah. comes in <laughs> and gets the, yeah gives it to them, and then Daphne and Elvira are sort of learning to be each other. That's like their thing, and but yeah, it's revealed at the end that the they were all drones and robots, etc., and it was actually the sheriff from the last two movies mm, yeah was yeah. behind everything in the last three movies mm. cutler toe his 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 real yeah. name is yeah he was the alpha jack-o'-lantern um according to scoobypedia's culprit and motive reason section um he disguised himself as the sheriff to drive the gang out of business so that he could mine for lithium without their interference <laughs> <laughs> that's such a it's always such a grown-up motive <laughs> yeah yeah um this movie for a lot of it is yet another wacky races uh send up you know wacky races yeah, tribute yeah. because so much of it is just them driving down this endless motorway this i thought they should have <laughs> called this movie scooby-doo highway to hell <laughs> nice highway to halloween yes that, that's legitimately a really good title richard Thank you. And that's actually what this movie should have been called. Highway to Halloween? <laughs> Hell yeah. That should be on um that we should make a movie called Highway to Halloween. What would it be about? Or does does Halloween not rhyme or does it does it not sound like hell in other accents? How ha- I think the Halloween. H, vowel double L. <clears throat> do you get enough of it? And Highway 2 before it. You're certainly yeah. kidding there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um did you like this movie? Did you like it? Um, I didn't love it, but I think that the, like, the craziness of the start and end, I was like, sort of tricked me into liking it. Yeah, I think I, um, I am comfortable with this sort of, like, level that this is sitting at. I think there's, there's modern comedy in them now, and, and so that you get a few more, like, it feels like you're watching something that you might watch anyway, you know, like, as opposed to, to, like, something from 30 years ago. Um, yeah, so, uh... I, another thing that I noticed in this movie, Richard, is that Shaggy and Scooby are shown eating a lot of Halloween candy in it. And the rappers are blatantly still on the candy as they're eating. <laughs> and I can, I know that there's, this is like a shorthand in animation, maybe. But like, mm. there's one bit where it's an entire chocolate bar that's still in its wrapper. And they eat it with it, like, facing the screen. And then they, until they get to each other's mouth. And they give each other a kiss. And I thought that was a very funny joke. Uh, They've but, done that a few times. But to, just it was like a, it wasn't like oh my god we're kissing moment it was like no part of our ritual when we both eat from either side <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. is that we end it with a kiss <laughs> um mm-hmm. i thought that was a funny joke but the rapper is still on so it's like it's it's one thing when it's just sort of amorphous candy shapes that you're not really focusing on but when mm-hmm. it's like the centerpiece of the shot and they're still eating the rapper it was so weird <laughs> 
Um, and also there's a moment in this movie where Shaggy speaks Scooblish. I think it might be the same moment, actually, but where they're about to eat something, maybe. But Scoob- uh, Shaggy starts speaking with R's at the front of each word as like, a, you're ready for a power, like, rare, reds, read with rocklet, so kind of thing, you know? Mm. And mm. I was like, is this insensitive? What do you think? <laughs> do you think, especially, um, you know, that this film came out post black lives matter it did um, too in 2020 yeah it did too um yeah i don't know it, it feels uh, that's a funny thing to bring up with, without like specifying why it would be insensitive <laughs> but you know like is it is it bad that it would Sco- does does would, is scooby's feelings hurt by shaggy speaking that way mm. or is scooby giving him the past you know and when he when shaggy speaks like that around other dogs he's like no no you don't understand my best friend is a dog <laughs> yeah 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 um originally apparently the the sheriff was not going to appear in this movie much less be the villain but the maxwell atoms the B- grim adventures of billy and mandy guy um he said in an interview that a week before he handed in his script he was told he had to include the sheriff in order to wrap up the trilogy that started with scooby-doo and the curse of the 13th ghost and continued with scooby-doo return to zombie island so the sheriff originally wasn't going to be in it and ends up being this mind-blowing twist in it yeah because it is interesting that it's like the the, those the last two we talked that you just mentioned uh were so like clearly you know two sides of the same coin revisiting Mm. something old and then happy halloween is like happy halloween scooby-doo is like such a generic title Mm. you know like and also because i i i've seen on trivia and stuff like that as well that this was advertised as like the first Halloween film, which is not but, true. Goblin which King, is also, yeah, which is Goblin King, and also Rock uh, and Roll Kiss Mystery was yeah, set yeah. on Halloween, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also Scoob was set on Halloween partially at the start. Oh, it was too. And in fact, the yeah. end, the end, the most recent Scooby Doo block is very Halloween heavy, to be honest. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, no, that's that's so true. And also like. Do you, what do you reckon? Like maybe this one is being like we we returned to the thirteenth ghost. We returned to um to Zombie Island. Is this we're returning to wacky races? Do you think that's an intentional mm. well, reference? Or maybe or? it's well, like I mean maybe it's just like stripping Scooby Doo down to like it's very cool that it's like yeah Scooby Doo of course is a franchise you associate with Halloween, mm. and so it's just like mm. yeah it's like oh look we're finishing thirteen mm. ghosts. We are returning to Zombie Island. Can you believe we've never done a Halloween? One? Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um. And so this the the trilogy that we've been talking about. Um. This is this is considered by the fan base, I guess, to be to be this trilogy. Um. And mm. the members of the gang are called young adults in it, which means they are eighteen mm. or over, which means it takes place after the events of this film. Um. And um. So uh, uh, yeah, at least a year after the curse of the thirteenth ghost, uh, which makes a lot of sense but doesn't do a lot of favors for the original zombie island one i guess <laughs> yeah it also feels like the writers tackle head on uh jerk ass velma in this movie yeah yeah. this yeah. thing you've been talking about of how velma just became this mean unlikable character um and you specifically mentioned how i'd said that i'd specifically mentioned that um 
that one of the charming things about the mystery gang is that they never don't believe Shaggy and mm. Scooby. Uh, but in this very movie, um, when they solve the, the the Scarecrow mystery and they're being interviewed on the news, um, Shaggy and Scooby encounter the jack-o'-lanterns and run back to tell Velma about it. And she explodes at them on live TV and says, you're hyped up on candy. She probably is supposed to say, <laughs> you're stoned out of your bloody minds. We're you're, be, you're being so unserious and we're trying to be grown-ups here and take our crime-solving skills seriously, right? And so she literally doesn't believe them, and then ends up being wrong, and because the jack o' lanterns mm. aren't re- are real, and that and she laments it for the rest of the film. She's going like, "This is the stupidest mystery we have ever covered." She's yeah. saying shit like, "This, the, these giant, these living." pumpkins come out of nowhere and if you get eaten by the alpha one you become a pumpkin this is so stupid and so she clearly like is is resentful but then tell us what happens toward the end of the film richard this quite quite um it's quite it was quite a character growth kind of heartfelt moment between velma and shaggy and scooby i thought yeah i i remember the aftermath of it i'll have edited this out listeners but there was a 30 second pause between when richard said yeah and I remember the outcome of it. <laughs> um, yeah, what what, what happens? <laughs> Pass it back to me. All right. Yeah. Um, well, she she's like kind of like upset that she's you know. Cause oh no, they go into her mind palace. Yeah, yeah. So so she's upset that she she let the the villain get away and stuff like that, and then. Um, Shaggy and Scooby, she's talking about trying to get into her mind palace so she can work everything out. And she says to Shaggy mm. and Scooby, like, I don't, I never um, appreciate enough that you guys are part of our group. And like, mm. we, we wouldn't be a Scooby gang without Shaggy and Scooby. It feels a little more like you probably could be it without Shaggy, but I understand yeah, what yeah, she's yeah. saying. Um, and she's like, I wish I could take a leaf out of your book. I wish I could learn how you guys, did I say leaf out of your book? Yeah. That's not a term. Okay. Um, you know, I wish I could learn to, to, to be cool, Scooby-Doo, you know? And they're like, well, we can get into your mind palace, no problem. She's like, what do you mean? And they give her a Scooby snack. In fact, they shove one in her mouth. And she's like, you're making me eat dog food? And then she's like, this is actually pretty good. And she then tries to meditate and go into her mind palace and a ghost version of Scooby-Doo and Shaggy are there. And I don't know, it was just a nice moment yeah. where it feels like she had, she had grown as a character and that it addressed the complaints about her character. Hmm. I do also think, like, how often have we seen other characters eat Scooby snacks? Exactly. And in um, the 13th ghost of Scooby-Doo, the, return, the, the curse of the hmm. 13th ghost, um, they ask Fred to feed to 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 barter with Shaggy and Scooby yeah, yeah. for Scooby snacks, right? And you had previously said on the podcast, has Fred ever done it? And in Re- 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 Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost, he he's asked to do it and looks uncomfortable, like he's you mm. know he doesn't re- it's not really his thing. <laughs> I'm gonna we'll talk about send that. you. So I am just looking for. I I I started to Google other characters eating Scooby snacks. And I'm going to send you what Google auto-filled for me. Other characters eating out Peter Griffin. <laughs> what have you been looking <laughs> up, Richard? Why are you outing yourself like Griffin. this? Well, it's not, it's not me. Well, what a specific phrase to not be something you have looked up, Richard. No, I, I, okay. If you look <laughs> next to it, it doesn't have the, the symbol that means you've previously looked at oh, this. Ah, is that what that is? Um, but... That's that's a yeah. violation of of like um, 
you know like that kids could see this yeah this is this is dangerous to be on what the hell this is the most stone shit whenever you get stoned rich and something like this will happen and you'll yeah. be like this is this weird or is it just that i'm high but then you think you step out of yourself and you go no it is weird are the characters <laughs> eating out peter griffin uh, why does it say that and why does it say others implying at least one character has eaten out peter griffin already yes yeah, so i wrote other characters eating and then it just auto filled out peter griffin so if i type in other characters eating it doesn't say Peter Griffin, dude. I'm so sorry. It just says well, eating it, it's out. Cl- it's clearly it's adding because we, I I just googled real life Peter Griffin. Oh, fuck! I mean, it, it's what a terrifying thing for the algorithm to have conjured. Yeah, I mean, we've just been talking about Peter Griffin on this podcast. It's been hearing me. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> talking also, about Peter Griffin into a microphone into my computer. The dangers, the fucking dangers of um this sort of thing of of the of people listening to you is like little kids through no fault of their own are just going to be talking about different things throughout the day and then go to type something and we'll get greeted with other characters eating out peter griffin like that is not a safe <laughs> search that is not like you know because it's just like that yeah. that didn't mean to be filthy it's just an algorithm's response to like what you'd been saying you know yeah that's fucked up yeah bro that's the that's, that's the like... bloody cyber chase if, I, if there ever was one yeah are you how, how stoned are you feeling now uh i'm on my way back do you want to like get existential or anything um <laughs> what about what do you want to talk about i don't know just like do you have any fears or like feelings or anything do i have any feelings this is sprung upon me out of nowhere um well i don't know you've been, you've been wanting to get deep i've been wanting not necessarily the- i never wanted to force it though because i think then it because like like i think no, as, let's force it let's see what happens as a as like a you know a creative person creating this podcast well you know most of what people are hearing is just genuinely me maybe i'm like being a little bit more exaggerated because i'm you know i'm performing something but like doing that um is like that, that's supposed to be mostly real i guess is my point and we d- here's a peek behind the curtain that that maybe is a sequel sized peek behind the curtain that deep and meaningful on the barbie episode I'm so sorry, guys. It was planned. <laughs> like, like I and and what we said was true. Like we didn't lie. We didn't make up stories. Mm. But I specifically said to Richard, "I want to try." The, the episode's missing something. Yeah, the episode's missing something. I want to try have like an honest discussion about our lives in the episode. So it's like, and and this is how like reality TV often bends yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. A lot of the the result is truth, but you gotta you gotta be a little bit of a showman you gotta, to get us. be willing to pull a few strings. But yeah, because I rem- I remember you talking about how th- this your idea for like approaching creative stuff is that like it needs what is it like adventure, humor, and heart. Yeah, yeah, that's my and humor doesn't that's necessarily my have to be story circle. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like yeah, adventure. It's like it needs to go somewhere Mm. that doesn't and that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to leave one location it just like needs to you know feel like it goes it can't just be a a conversation where nothing happens yeah and then humor humor doesn't necessarily mean 
and more, jokes and more but means it's, it's like reaction it, it's more engagement yeah. than humor because fear frights and sc- being scary yeah. offers the Crying. same high yeah. it's it's something you should always put in your in your creative outlets something that elicits a a dramatic involuntary response from mm. the audience and yeah, whether like, that's laughter like or throwing up or throwing up <laughs> well you know i'll say it sometimes horniness you know people yeah. have been there's been a lot of twitter discourse around whether or not sex scenes are good this last couple of mm. weeks and i posit to you that sometimes they're in there because they want to make you horny i i i just saw the the new magic mic last night yeah fuck that's sexy yeah like so, so um, I, I this is one of these things I've been wanting to talk to you about this because you're one of only a couple other people who know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. But you, you know, in Christmas with you, when it's like there's the song that is so good it changes their lives, and it's like not that good of a song, the Freddie Prince Jr. one. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, and and it's like I'm supposed to believe that this is this amazing song in Magic Mike's Last Dance. The plot is sort of kicked off by. Salma Hayek Penal is playing this lonely billionaire sort of thing and she she's holding this fundraiser and Magic Mike is bartending it and as he's packing up she calls him in and says like hey essentially I've I, I've heard who you are I will pay you whatever you want to to dance for me kind of thing and he you know they are they um and are about it a little bit and then eventually it's like okay i'll do the dance and he does this dance for her and it changes her life and she flies him to london and gives him this amazing job and i absolutely believe that the dance we are shown would change your life because it changed my fucking life it's the hottest thing i've ever seen what the hell yeah it's like it's this really beautifully choreographed like incredibly sexy striptease done by Channing Tatum with Salma Hayek. And it's like, I mean, the the both of them are being incredibly attractive in the scene. Right. But it is like, it, you know, you, you need, you're telling me in the story that she got a striptease so good it changed your life. Mm. And I was like, yeah, no, this would be it. <laughs> are, you, are you a little bisexual? I, I don't I don't really like to talk about my sexuality. You I wanted to get sexuality- deep! <laughs> Yeah. No, AJ, um, I wanted you I, to reveal your sexuality, not me. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I, I guess I choose not to define my sexuality. Oh, very, very uh, uh, kitsch, very, um, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like... Um, <laughs> it feels like you're not taking my sexuality seriously, AJ. <laughs> what, 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 when it comes to sexuality, my, my sexuality is just, why do you care? Right. Me specifically. <laughs> oh, just whoever's asking. Surely, like, I'm... I, I can understand you. Maybe the listeners don't need to know this, but surely, <laughs> surely I'm in your inner circle enough to be someone who could fairly ask that. I I I've said in the past that I just like to nut. <laughs> no, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yes. yeah bro. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What else could we get deep about? You got any insecurities or anything? Um, I'm 30. I just turned 30. So yeah. What is? I'm, a whole I'm well of stuff. I I had this moment the other day where I realized that when I turn 30 in a couple of months, I think I'm going to feel like a 30 year old. Mm. When I turned 20, I did not feel like what I'd you know seen on TV 
yeah. were 20 year olds. I, in fact, I remember the, the minute that I turned 20, I was, you know, still awake at midnight on the yeah. eve of my birthday. The minute I turned 20, I legitimately back just gave out. No, no, no. <laughs> my, I legitimately suddenly was like overwhelmed with this feeling of like almost guilt. Like right. I've been like laxing, maxing, relaxing, being all cool for mm. to 19 years. 20 years even <laughs> um and and now i gotta start going to, to like turning into a grown-up and it was a very yeah. scary moment um that i'll say it was valid because i i reckon i reckon and went in 10 years i think you and yeah. i will be able we'll still be friends and mm-hmm. you and i will be able to say the our 30s were great but fuck our 20s sucked i reckon 20s yeah. suck I like. I reckon we don't know that yet, but I reckon when you when when you look back, yeah, I always say this about like your last year of high school that it's like it's the most fun one, but it is like there is so much pressure put on you mm. of what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Mm. And I mean, you, look, you know, you can change at any time, but there's always understandably going to be some sort of trepidation, yeah, coming, you know, starting anything new yeah. after a certain age, yeah, and. Yeah, I think that you're, especially the early part of your 20s, just feel so much like that. I've, I, I think I've spoken before, but I went to, I studied acting for two years straight out of high school. And then I went to broadcasting school where most of my class was straight out of high school. And just being two years older than everyone, I, I other than a couple of people, I didn't make like lifelong friends at broadcasting school. Hmm. And I, it was... Because I I wasn't going out and partying every weekend because I'd already got that out of my system. I went out and partied every weekend till 6 a.m. Mm. for two years when I was studying acting. Mm. And then by the time I went to broadcasting school, I was like, I'm not really into this anymore. And, you know, sometimes I still have every now and then that I want to get a night like that out of my system. But it is, yeah, it's, it's an odd... Um, Thing. I feel like there's a lot of growing up done from the ages of 18 to 21. And mm. because that is when you start to enter the real world. I mean, it's, I would say our generation <clears throat> and the younger generations, it's it's delayed maybe a little bit because of like, you know, we, we tend to live with our parents longer and things like that. Mm. But that when you're thrust down to the real world and this and actually getting your first job, there's so much shit about your first job that, just school can't prepare you for and people talk about oh you know there should be a a class about how to live in the real world and do taxes and shit and it's like if 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 you gave me that class in high school that would be the one i would skip yeah if if i was if i if like same it's it's not worth it to teach kids the ones who are going to go to that class and pay attention are going to learn that anyway Mm, and that's i mean i mean there's i have bigger problems with the education system if we want to get into that (laughs) but yeah no i i i know what you mean that i think yeah maybe maybe it's like the the idea of your 20s i think changes a lot more from like like 21 and 29 are very different ages whereas i think maybe 30 and 39 aren't as different that it's like that you know your your 30s feels like one continuous year whereas like early 20s late 20s i feel yeah different so much change and 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 development yeah right i get what you but mean. The, the whole thing about like feeling like a 20 year old or a 30 year old whatever yeah i mean again i think i've said this before but i th- i think i feel better about turning 30 now than if i had turned 30 last year yeah and if no, i was totally. if i was where i was last year 
and like you know i'm engaged now i'm on i talk about movies on tv this is what i'm saying this is exactly what i wanted to say richard like like i you must look at your life and you know i think about i think about what your life must look like and and in the morning you get up you drive to your work at a tv station with an electric uh, vehicle <laughs> in an electric vehicle after kissing your fiance goodbye you know just and side note as well i got my tire fixed today very for the, cool the storyline yes, yes. <laughs> um, got a new tire. <laughs> and and so and like you go to your job at the tv station where you interview celebrities and you know like that you sound like a 30 year old yeah i don't know how you feel and i can't speak for you but i feel like a little boy i i think you you look and sound like a 30 year old and you you shouldn't that isn't an imposter thing that is like something you should feel good about is like 30s Mm. main character age baby like that's (laughs) that's the age of main characters yeah you know and i look at my life and there are some things i would change in some moments of arrested (laughs) development i would have changed my hair i wouldn't have (laughs) (laughs) yeah now that i'm sobering up i'm starting (laughs) this is a terrible idea no um like like i you know this stuff i would change but at the same time i i work for a global ma- film magazine mm. company i i manage a short film competition that is citywide and in some cases mm. i get national sized responsibilities i i uh, can't necessarily tell you who but i edit some pretty high profile podcasts these days <laughs> you know and and like i've i'm making short films and i've got goals where i want to become like a director like i think that's that's been dawning on me over the last year making short films is like can i actually do this for serial mm. you know am i am i able to get there and like this year i've just announced for those following along where the episode of the podcast lines up with real life stuff like i've just mm. announced that one dollar genre my short film project is coming back for 2023 like it's and it's it's like i've got a team together richard i have producers i can point wow. to to two of my friends now and be like they are my producers you know like wow. i've i sound like a 30 year old mm. and you co-host a podcast with, and i co-host a podcast with me. <laughs> you know and and i think like something that set us on the back foot when we first started cult popshire was like how many how many podcasts do you listen to that aren't hosted by like at least somewhat famous people yeah you know none you don't listen to any listeners every mm. podcast you listen to is is hosted by someone famous except for maybe us <laughs> <laughs> but like and, and I, maybe famous is the wrong word because i don't want to be deluded enough to think that that we're famous but i am a micro tiktok influencer richard and you talk on the news about movies like you're an entertainment (laughs) journalist and i'm a video editor for letterboxd like like these Mm. are these are no one wants qualifications these are qualifications um in our first season we got like a review or something and someone was like yeah i remember this like who the fuck are these guys like and i was like we both have degrees in film that's our qualification (laughs) and now it's like more than that guess what we used Mm. our degrees in film and we became (laughs) (laughs) and and like if i look back at my life like i was such a 
a poor student at film school mm. you know like i feel yeah. i felt like i was anyway like i felt like i was lagging behind everyone i wasn't technical i, I feel all. like we had similar experiences because yeah. we wanted we wanted the same thing out of broadcasting school and it's not something that they offer yeah which is like sort of how do you become Creativity. a creative storyteller yeah. yeah yeah and so like like we we would go like I, I would fail competency tests. I felt like the little brother of the class, you know, especially mm. to certain um, people who were older than me who were in that class mm. and would seem to be good at everything, you know, like no stress at all. I was having the most stressful time. That was 10 years ago. And 10 years later, I'm one of my own, the only students in my class still doing this, right? Mm. Like, I and this is no disrespect to them, but like, who would have thought that the categorically worst student in the class would end up in this position where I'm running the, this big competition every year and I'm working for Letterboxd and most of all that I am a freelance videographer. I'm a freelance editor. I'm a freelance filmmaker. Like, I work it out. I somehow don't run out of money despite not having a job. And I feel like I'm this lazy little baby that can't do anything. But not everyone can do that. Not everyone can figure out how to have a have a build your life around Yeah, I couldn't be freelance. Emphasizing like your own freedom and your own like autonomy. I, I feel like I'm such an immature guy. I feel like I'm such a lazy guy. But I, I've cornered this very adult success, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm the proudest I've been of myself, I think, in my life. And I'm pr so proud of you, Richard. Oh, I'm proud of you too. Be be because we, we met up recently, maybe a month or so ago. I went up to Auckland and we hung out. And I just felt so good to be around you. It was so good <laughs> to be. And it's like, it's like, not that I haven't felt that before, but it felt like intense more intense that it was just so good to see you and i think it was because both of both of us had had these things recently happen mm. in our lives and it was so exciting to see each other to enjoy in the success of each other's lives and see how, how far we'd come and the stuff we'd we'd accomplished together it felt exciting to talk to each other because of that yeah i i don't i feel i, I don't know if i'll ever feel successful i don't know like i there's just a few cunts at my job, essentially, <laughs> that it's like, just make me feel like shit all the time. Mm. And it's like, there's there's ways around it. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I've gotten better at just um, treating each day as like a new day. There used to be like, if something horrible would happen, that would be me out for like a week. Mm. But now it's like, I'm better at waking up the next morning and, you know, yeah. just feeling, starting neutral again. But um, yeah, it is weird because like, I've I, I, people like people out of the blue tell me like you must be so happy mm. you know like you must be so stoked that and it is like I am doing I I created a job essentially what a thirty year old thing to do yeah On, you know because it's what I wanted to do and it's what I'm passionate about and yeah I don't know I don't know that it's it's not that it's not enough or anything like that I don't know just like. I also think that, and I mean, this is maybe a bit of like a self-preservation thing, but I feel like I don't really get like excited about things the way I used to, but it's, it is, it, there's a good and a bad side to that, that like, 
people talk, you know, I, I was, I interviewed, when I interviewed James Cameron over Zoom, I would, I did it in the newsroom quite often. I just do them at, at my house because the studio records the Zoom call and sends it to you. But this one happened to be during work hours. So I was like, oh, cool. I can use the lights and shit here. And people walk past and be like, oh my God, like you must be so nervous. And I was like, I actually don't really get nervous for these because I feel like my life is so full of things that in any other year would be the highlight in my year that I just have to not treat them as anything special. Uh, that's. I feel like that's a half, glass is half empty look at that you could also say yeah, like, well, I mean, like you, yeah. there are so many high points of your year now that you've 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 adapted to it it's like how when i flew yeah, to yeah. to england whenever there was turbulence i went from thinking i'm going to die to just rolling with it because i had to tell myself you need to shift <laughs> into a new mode because yeah. if you, you you will not survive this if you were scared of turbulence it's like the flip of that where like your brain has gone like i cannot get too excited for this because it's because my life has entered into a new normal a new threshold yeah, of yeah. excitement so you need and and like part of that is about maintaining your composure yeah yeah i mean yeah especially the other that is the thing is maintaining your composure i, I feel like i don't get super nervous i've never really gotten super nervous about like performing mm. um and we're very doing different an in interview. that respect i get like diarrhea and constipation at the same time whenever, <laughs> whenever i've got to record something i've had it with guests that we've recorded with i felt i felt very like well, that's what the smell not was. specifically diarrhea and constipation but like <laughs> but you know like being excited to record with like maybe someone who we look up to a little bit i mean the most egregious example if you listen to the, the meet the parents episode i really want to re- listen to that but i can't because i feel like i was such a blubbering excited mess to meet michael sway in the in the beginning of it um it's very cute but the yeah i i think i i specifically remember i i can't remember the name of the play but i was in this like very short one act play and it was like one of these it was in high school but it was a it's very politically incorrect kind of thing. But we were all in these like hospital gowns. Was this gowns. when you dressed up as Aladdin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the Sultan. Mm. Um, but uh, we were all in these hospital gowns and we were making like, it was one of these things like these characters, you know, I, I remember I had to do a bit where I like put a, a loaf of bread on my head and was like, oh, look, I'm an Indian person because they have famously bad dress sense. But, like, the line was... The the joke of the line was me, was, like, a stereotype that doesn't really exist. Yeah, right. (laughs) And I I, I can't remember, but we were in a mental institution or something like that as well. But I remember waiting in my hospital gown, ready to walk out, and I felt this... And I, you know, I could feel myself getting quite nervous. And I remember thinking why am i like what's the it sounds pretentious or like you know it sounds like such a rigid thing to say but it was like what is the evolutionary purpose of being nervous right now because you know like a lot of reactions we get to things are like there's an evolutionary reason for it like why our ancestors would do hair sticking up on the back of your neck is you know the same way that Mm. cats like their hair sticks up to make them look bigger but i was like the only thing feeling nervous right now is going to do is going to make me fuck up you know, like, like it's not like getting nervous puts your brain into hyper-focus mode. That would be an evolutionary advantage. I'm I'm still stuck on cats make themselves look bigger, and that's why they do Yeah, that. and that's why they, they arch their back as well. Wow. To make them look bigger. But the... but and I, Yeah, I just remember thinking that, and then thinking, well, I just won't be nervous then. And since then, 
I don't really get nervous for like anything that I would consider performing. And I do have moments where I, you know, you sort of have to stop and cheek yourself a little bit. And like when I'm at work and I'm arguing about something in a script or I'm like trying to do something and then it's like, oh yeah, like half a million people see the effect of, of this Mm -hmm. argument. Um, and you know, like, you know, when I'm talking about something on breakfast that I, I know the hosts of our breakfast show reasonably well, and I have talked to them about movies in the past. And I think maybe I would get nervous if I was just on another show where I didn't really know these people, but it's like, I can forget that I'm on TV and just have a conversation with people. And then it's like, oh yeah, like yeah, 700,000 people are seeing this. Mm. Fuck. Full on dude. Hmm. Hey, what if I was to tell you, though, that um, according to Maxwell Adams, the director mm-hmm. of Happy Oh, the, Helen, the, the Billy and Mandy guy. Yeah, yeah. That Marilyn Manson and Pamela Anderson were considered to star in this movie, but they were scrapped. And in Marilyn Manson's case, the, the network were like, no, absolutely <laughs> not, right, from the get-go. Um, and But Anderson apparently um, nearly did it, but then the studio were like, is she still relevant? Is she still relevant? They said in their movie, which starred Elvira. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she didn't um, end up in it. Uh, or as maybe her rep said that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> like, rep no, no, like, the, the ne- rep was like, she's still relevant. <laughs> Why do you ne- want her? <laughs> the network had self doubts on her relevance to the target audience. Right. Right. Yeah. To the target audience. Yeah. yeah. One thing that highlights how wikis are often far too close to their subject matter to be objective, Richard, is that on the the Scoobypedia page for this movie, there's like little screenshots of the movie with like a caption under them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it'll just be describing yeah, yeah. a moment. Um, and under some of these screenshots, the caption have exclamation marks at the end of them. I was like, that is too emotional. You know, it's like, yeah. and then Shaggy sits on a pumpkin and it blows up. And it's like you're I being. I can see that. I can see that being official promotional material. But it's not. It's like written by Scoobypedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the three Stooges are mentioned in this, bringing this whole fucking mm. podcast full circle. Three Stooges yeah. mentioned in the, in the first Scooby Doo movie, and here Fred refers to the so um, if, if three Stooges done... mystery. Yeah, yeah, and he does an impression of them. Yeah. If we had covered Scooby Doo instead of Barbie. We would be finishing here, and our last film would reference our first film. Why would we be ending here if we were doing? Because the, this, when oh, we covered when, Barbie, when this was we the last film. Barbie. When we did yeah. Barbie, I see what you mean. Um, this isn't the only line by Fred that I quite liked in this movie. I also uh, written here killer lines from Fred. Um, <laughs> is when they go to fight the pumpkins, they all get they all get like Fred has like a predator montage where he um, turns into oh, like yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a badass a predator. <laughs> and then he goes mystery incorporated incorporate. And they all run and start attacking um, pumpkins That's in a good. scene that I reckon was conceived as an end game parody an Avengers oh, yeah, end game parody. And then they were like, no, let's make this a little more authentic to the, the movie itself. And the other line I liked that Fred said in this movie is when they're talking to reporters and he says, there's no I in Mystery Incorporated. Except for the obvious Except one. Except for the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've written, Richard, for Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. Uh, nice. Anything else make you depressed or anything? No. I mean, I think at the moment, like, the flip side of all the, the success we've been enjoying, I think, like, I'm... 
I'm getting a bit lonely, I think, at the moment. I, I think I need to start incorporating more people into my life. I need to incorporate mm. more mystery mm. into my life. <laughs> nice. We've got a couple guests coming on. Our final guests for the episode. And Richard, they cannot see me in this state. So uh, when this plays, I hope that they don't listen to a mere few seconds before it (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you'll find out why and it's actually it's more than two guests it's actually three arguably four guests (laughs) our own little mystery gang yes yes so let's head into our final guest round and our third to last scooby-doo movie we'll be able to say that three left to watch this is insane we're gonna scooby-doo it richard right we'll have scooby done it (laughs) and three movies Movie's time. This is a body theme song to a body movie. Let's all say I come and join the dream team. We're watching even more Bobby Scooby Doo movies. Jesus, Bobby forever, yeah. Nice work, everyone. Alrighty, so shall we get into it, Richard? Are you ready? I'm ready. Ruth, are you ready? Yes. Lillian, are you ready? Yes. Craig, are you ready? Oh, yes. And most important of all, Pokey, are you ready? All right, Richard. All righty. Okay, we're here. We're back, Richard. We're back talking about Scooby-Doo for the 45th time. Uh, and wow. as usual, <laughs> we have some guests, or I, sh- I should say a guest on uh, this this episode. You might remember, uh, listeners of the show, that um, when we covered Barbie, our final guest were, were two little girls who really liked Barbie. So we got them on to talk to us about Barbie. So we thought, what better guest to get on for the Scooby-Doo franchise than a little dog? So please give a warm Cole Pops your welcome to Pokey the Dog. Any noise coming through there? <laughs> sniffing the microphone. <laughs> nice. So we have we we have had a bit of trouble mm. understanding Pokey. Yeah. So we have gotten some people here to help us translate Pokey's thoughts for us, mm. and we're once again joined by Lillian and Ruth from the Barbie episode. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> and once again, so it's not weird. Craig, their father, is here as well. It's a little weird. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's still a bit weird. <laughs> mm, well, um, I'm, I'm glad you that you girls are here to chaperone uh, Pokey. We, we are primarily interested in Pokey's opinions, uh, though. You guys are just here in case, you know, he needs some... He? Is Pokey a he? Yes. Yes. Uh, in case Pokey needs to some translation... Um, so yeah, the this is the forty fifth uh, uh, Scooby Doo movie. This came out in twenty twenty one, and it's called Scooby Doo: The Sword and the Scoob, directed by Maxwell Adams, Christina Sotter, and Mal Zwire. Uh, now, po- had, had Pokey, had you seen this movie before? He says no, he hasn't. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, that, that's that's interesting. I wonder if uh, Pokey could also potentially tell us what this movie's about. Would that be too much of an ask for a, for a little dog? I, I think maybe just in the interest of speeding things up, Lillian or Ruth, do you, one of you guys want to say what the film is about? All right, fine. Fine. 
Um, so there was a monster on a plane mm-hmm. and mm. the Scooby-Doo gang caught it and then found out that it was actually a person what? who was <laughs> trying to scare everybody away so that the prices of the airline would be lowered. Mm. <laughs> Very complex uh, motivation for a children's cartoon, but <laughs> you've got it. Never like more relevant yeah, yeah. Than, than now, yeah. Mm, mm. Then they found, they how they found him was they did a DNA test and mm. they mm. also did a DNA test on Scooby-Doo and um, Shaggy. And they found yeah. out that Shaggy was from somewhere in England. Yes, from a, a little village called Norville Oer Morgania is the name of the, the little village. <laughs> Continue, sorry. So then the airline manager um, was very, very happy that they'd caught the monster. So mm. he said, I'll fly you wherever you like for free. So they chose Shaggy's town. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> oh, the, um, Pokey's got the <laughs> running Pokey's away with the microphone. The out, furious <laughs> that he doesn't have the spotlight right now. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I'll figure it out. As long as you can still see the, the audio wave out, we're all good. Wait, where was I? <laughs> Um, they they were flying to Shaggy Town. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> then they went there, and they went to check out a old an old building that had collapsed. Then the mayor came to them, and something was wrong when he saw Shaggy's like necklace. Mm, he had a he had a necklace passed down to him from his ancestors. And they were going to, th- and the town was going to throw a big party to celebrate King Arthur and Sir Norman. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone came down from the sky, didn't they? Yeah, I forgot her name. Her name is Morgan Le Fay, the ghost of Morgan, Morgan Le, Fay, Le Fay, who was a sorceress from the medieval times. Um, and it turns out that she uh, she didn't like that the mystery gang were poking around in, uh, sorry, uh, Norval Oer Morgania. Yeah. <laughs> so then she tried, when nobody was at the party, she tried to um, get the Scooby-Doo gang. So then mm. they drove off with their van to somewhere, to like a bunch of stones. Then she came and she knocked them all out and they went back Mm. in time. What? That's right. It's the time travel one. Has that ever happened to you guys? (laughs) No. Lucky. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> yeah, and so the majority of the film um, takes place uh, back in time in medieval times uh, where Shaggy and the gang have to sort of fulfil the legacy of, of this this uh, ancestor. The, the second or third movie that's been about one of Shaggy's ancestors being an important 
uh, figure. Mm. Um, and they have to defeat Morgan Le Fay back in time. But then what happens right at the end? Does Pokey want to perhaps uh, give <laughs> us a couple barks to, and tell us what happened at the end? No, he does not. <laughs> he's, okay. he's licking himself currently. Uh, can we get some audio of that? <laughs> um, so then they find out that it was all just an, a big act. Mm. That yeah. they didn't actually get sent back in time. Yep, it was a it was a big hoax put on by the village itself as a way to get uh, Shaggy, who it turned out would be the rightful uh, owner of the village it was a way to get him to sign over uh the deed to the village uh by tricking him into thinking they were going back in time and richard i don't know about you but i reckon (laughs) it there is nothing anyone could say to convince me i'd gone back in time if someone was like you're gone back in time i'd be like no you're just dressing up if someone said you've gone back in time Mm. i'd probably believe it Really? What? What? What does Pokey think? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still, still licking himself. He it thinks I want to get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that Pokey? Is that what Pokey thinks, or is that what you think? <laughs> That's what Pokey thinks. Okay, okay good. You, oh. You're enjoying yourself still. That's good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know because so it's been two years now since we last podcasted with you guys but you what have you guys been up to since then i know you guys had a podcast of your own during lockdown is that right yeah what was that um it's called the donovan av zoo podcast (laughs) (laughs) and craig i understand you helped with that too (laughs) no i didn't that was all it was all them okay (laughs) wrong (laughs) what's the podcast about it's about animals who live on a farm and they and we interview them. <laughs> That's sort of That's very similar. Not too dissimilar from what we're doing right now in interviewing a dog. <laughs> your your father told me that you guys wanted to take your podcast down off Spotify. Do you remember talking about that? Yes, we do. Why, why why did you want to take it down? Mainly because Spotify supported an anti-vaxxer. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so when 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 Neil Young took all his music off Spotify because of their ties to Joe Rogan, uh Lillian and Ruth or when when Craig got home one day, they said, "Dad, take that podcast down." Wow, better, more ethical podcasters than us, Richard. We're still all over Spotify. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I've, your dad told me that story when we were hanging out one time, and I was so proud of you guys <laughs> being so just upstanding citizens. And like AJ said, better than us, our podcast is on Spotify hmm. because we need the money. <laughs> What I assume, I can only assume, um, Pokey has just as similarly uh, enlightened views on uh, vaccinations and things like that. No, po- Pokey's a bit of a dum dum, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. What um, what what happened when we took Pokey to the dog park one time? So th- <laughs> he found a really, really, really long stick, and he held it in his mouth, and there was a little dog tunnel. 
and he tried to go through it, but then got stopped because the stick was too long. Oh, my God. And he just, like... <laughs> it was very funny. It was like a cartoon, wasn't it? Mm. He just exactly. he ran through this tunnel, but the stick was too wide for the tunnel to go to go through the and tunnel. Richard, this is the guest we've got on this episode as this foolish, oh. foolish dog. We I'm starting been. to think maybe we should have gotten Lillian and Ruth as our guests. Maybe. Instead maybe. of <laughs> instead of a dog. Thank well, you. <laughs> Um, one thing I want to know is is uh, so Pokey watched this this movie yeah watch uh, Scooby Doo the Scored, Sword in the Scoob is that correct? Mm-hmm. Has has <laughs> sort of <laughs> stared at the screen. Um, has Pokey or I don't know if, if if you girls want to weigh in as well. Have you ever seen much Scooby Doo before? Are you familiar with Scooby Doo or is this your first uh, Scooby Doo outing? I'm pretty sure we watched one Scooby Doo movie at one time, but I don't really remember. Oh, we watched that. We watched Scoob, didn't we? Yeah. And it was oh, really no. not good. It's really bad, eh? <laughs> <laughs> mm, definitely. <laughs> Mm. so so not a lot of of um familiarity with scooby-doo so did you because of sort of going into the sword and the scoob with a clean slate um was did you enjoy it as a movie or did it seem really like weird and out of nowhere it was not the best movie i've watched but it was not bad sorry i was Mm. talking to pokey um if we can get (laughs) pokey's opinion (laughs) Said. Oh, that's what Pokey sounds like. I beg your pardon. Pokey, <laughs> no, very similar just, to the two of you. No, no, Ruth was just translating that for it. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Mm. Did Did you very enjoy the movie, Louis? Yeah, I did. Um, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On mm. a scale between uh, the Barbie movie that y'all watched for us and the Scooby Doo movie, what was the better movie? I think I liked Scooby Doo better. Wow. Nice. Scooby Doo better. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's. I'm glad that uh, we didn't mm. uh, give you a, a bad, a bad movie to watch. So that's good. Uh, I thought that this movie was uh, pretty funny. I think um, we we started watching these movies when they were being made in the 80s, as in when we first started this podcast 45 movies ago. Uh, the, these movies were made in the 80s, and all the jokes were like probably the kind of things your dad would find funny, girls, and not Richard and I and, and the two of you, the, these cool young... The same generation. The same generation the, the of four young us. kids. <laughs> um, yeah, pokies. Yeah, exactly. Well, Pokey's probably yeah. even younger, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, Pokey says that he likes Barbie better, and oh. when he watched it, he had a dream that he was a dog mermaid. Pokey's <laughs> 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 being very vocal today. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um. I, I thought yeah I thought that this this was quite a funny movie and the, the I I feel like I understand the sense of humor a lot more uh, now than when the, the from the older movies and I, I had a favorite joke in this film I thought we could all talk about our favorite jokes I, I wanted to know uh, did you girls think it was funny when um, at the end they find out that Shaggy didn't even want to own 
uh, Norval Oer Morgania, and he says the reason why he doesn't want to sign the deed and why he's happy to give it over to them uh, is because he he mentions how half the creepy villains they unmask in the first place are usually motivated by real estate. And I thought maybe that joke would have maybe gone over your guys' heads, but you did uh, call out the, the uh, airline um, scam that happens at the start of the film. So maybe this resonated with you. Did you guys find that funny? Um... <laughs> so this is bad hosting on my end asking you yes or no questions instead of uh no. any full <laughs> you didn't find it funny. wasn't funny no. Not, wasn't too serious it's i actually found that quite subject. heartbreaking that <laughs> yeah to see like a, a fellow millennial turn down land <laughs> turn down a land of <laughs> Do you guys have a favourite character in Scooby-Doo? Because AJ and I have been fighting about this mm. for hours about who's the best character. Probably the um, Daphne. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Probably Daphne too. I think yeah. Daphne in, in this movie uh, really shines as well. She gets to dress up as a as a cool knight in shining armor and and uh, does a tournament in, in Shaggy's name and she fights a, a um, another knight and she fights like this big ghost knight. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, Ruth's friend, um, her name is Daphne. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. She's not your friend? She's also my, she's also my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that why you like Daphne? No, I just think Daphne's cool. Mm, Daphne is cool. Yeah. Is Daphne th- going to listen to this and be offended you didn't say she was your friend, Elian? <laughs> um, I did say that she was my friend right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. What what is what about Pokey? Does Pokey did Pokey respond to uh Scooby Doo at all as a character? Did did he feel that he was being represented? Pokey. Pokey. What do you think? No, he's looking himself. Wow. Wow. Did you, did you just hear him grunting there? <laughs> uh, I'm sure the microphone picked it up. Does Pokey ever um talk like how Scooby Doo talks, where he's like "Raro, rhyme Rokey"? No. Really, I thought all dogs could do that. I've never. Um, oh. he says that his that his favorite character is Scooby Doo, but he's mad at Scooby Doo, and well, like he's mad at Scooby Doo because he thinks that some. People will think that's how Scooby <laughs> eats how he eats, and he's right, offended right. by that. Right, it's so actually a harmful stereotype that dogs eat that much. Right, yeah, it's it's actually interesting <laughs> perspective, Richard. This is the kind of perspective you don't get from human guests on a Scooby Doo episode. You know, mm. we need to know that like Scooby Doo is actually poor representation for the canine um, mm. community. You know. I think that's actually very valuable. Uh, yeah. I also think that if you're a dog owner, you shouldn't be feeding your dog the stuff that Scooby eats. Big, he eats sandwiches. way too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prepared also, for a human. Um, but also, it's also just going to be like, it's not really going to happen. So they're not really encouraging people to do it. It's right. just true. to make it funny. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> that's true. This movie couldn't happen. Did, um, it couldn't. Did Scooby eat any Scooby snacks in this movie? No. 
I don't think he did. No. Mm-hmm. Well, this this wasn't really a traditional Scooby-Doo movie because it wasn't really about like unmasking a specific villain. It was more of one of what what we've designated as this variety of Scooby-Doo that is the Scooby-Doo movie that is more about like this mystical science fiction adventure they go on as opposed mm. to to just a clear-cut mm. mystery. Do you do you guys does Pokey ever eat your food? And follow-up question, do you ever eat Pokey's food? <laughs> um, I can answer the first question. Yes, he definitely does. Okay. <laughs> and I can answer the second question. No, we definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think you, you doth protest too much there, though. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's no shame in taking a dog biscuit here and there just to, just to see what it tastes like. Come on. Craig, have you have you eaten a dog biscuit? Not recently. No. When did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you guys were very young and we didn't have very much money. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've I I have I don't have a dog, but I have two cats and I have tried their cat food really i i thought everyone did do you like it uh it's it's not very flavorful it's i thought it was real uh, salty isn't it famously super salty no well cats can't have too much salt wait but did they you, did you eat in the ads they food? make them it was dry food i wouldn't eat okay. wet food i'm not insane <laughs> but they i think they might be more they, they they make it sound so good in the ads mm, that's true when they when they say like the like schmackos I always, the first time I saw an ad for Schmackos, I was so disappointed to find out that it was dog food. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a kid. <laughs> Similar to, to how I'm sure a lot of people felt about Scooby Snacks growing up when they were realizing the, that. Yeah. The only time we eat Pokey's food is when it's actually ours, but he eats it. Right. And you just take it back. No, I, no arguably, take it back. it's still your food then, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Still food. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of food, there's a point at the start of this movie where they're so excited to go and eat, to go to England because of all the food that they can eat in England, and they rattle off a bunch of different foods mm. that they're looking forward to eating, and they they see them when they get there. Uh, and I've got a list of here, and I'm going to tell you what the food in the movie is called, and you guys need to guess what that food actually is. Does that sound cool? <laughs> yes, it does. All right, so we know what um, fish and chips are. We have that in New Zealand. But do you know what... Whoa, whoa, uh, slow down. <laughs> do you know what bangers and mash is? I know what mash is, but not bangers. I think I've heard of bangers and mash, but... Mm-hmm. No, nah, I don't know. What's mash? It's like potatoes that are mashed up. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what bangers are? Is it sausages? Correct, uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sausage and mashed potatoes are bangers and mash. Uh, Another thing they see that they call it a toad in a hole. Do you know what a toad in a hole is? I don't, but it sounds disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Richard, do you know? Uh, toad in the hole is also sausages. <laughs> yeah, there's more to it than that. But, yeah. Uh, a toad in the hole is a sausage cooked in Yorkshire pudding with onion gravy. Now, I guess the question is, do you know what a Yorkshire pudding is? Uh, I think so. Yeah? We've heard of it, but I don't think we've tried it. Mm. Mm. What is it, Richard? It's like a pastry sort of... Yeah, it's like a big puffy pastry. Mm. It's It's like having... 
sausages and, and potatoes. It's the same. <laughs> a carb and sausages. Well, what about a Welsh rabbit? No idea. No idea? It looks like the word rabbit, but it's spelled R-A-R-E-B-I-T. Um, Do you want to take a guess? Radish and something? Oh, that's a good guess, but no, sadly, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. Yep. Something with sausages. <laughs> that, that would do, that's a very good guess. That's a very educated guess, but no, we've moved on from sausages. A Welsh rabbit is toast covered in cheesy sauce, which sounds pretty good. Mm. Yeah. I love cheese on toast. It sounds like a cheese sandwich. Yeah. It does sound like a cheese sandwich. Uh, I think there's maybe like a special, yes, cheesy sauce, so sort of more of a more sauce based than than sandwich based. Um, do you know what bubble and squeak is? That's actually what we call you guys, bunch of facts. One of you's bubble, one of you's yeah. squeak. <laughs> <laughs> What's bubble and squeak? Um, does it have meat in it? Uh, good question. No, it does not have meat in it. Is it ginger beer? <laughs> no, it's not ginger beer. Though. That'd be a great name for a ginger beer. Yeah. Bubble and squeak. Uh, it is a mixture of, get this, potatoes and cabbage. That's what bubble and squeak is. I think it should be a drink. Yeah. Name. Or, yeah. Or a sweet dessert or something like that. It sounds very sweet and friendly i thought it would have cheese in it because of squeak like mouse but oh yeah oh yeah oh, i thought you meant like halloumi like cheese curds mm. like yeah oh. cheese. yeah halloumi <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah yeah uh two more we got one of the other ones they see there is jellied eels do we what do we think jellied eels are eels that are jellied <laughs> correct it is uh <laughs> boiled eels served cold is is jelly deals? Gross. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pokey's over there, his mouth's watering. He's like, "Oh my god, give me the, give me the jelly deals." <laughs> uh, and finally, we've got angels on horseback. What do we reckon angels on horseback um, are? Is it like something on meat? Uh, it is. It, yes, sort of. It's it's a certain meat wrapped in another meat. <laughs> I'm going to say, is it horse food on a horse's back? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, angels on horseback are oysters wrapped in bacon, which is a very kind of exotic sounding. It's very nice, yeah. Is it good? Oh, interesting. It mm. sounds kind of gross. Also, we don't, you don't have to say it, but I... I made a mental note of the list that ha- that Shaggy reads out. And there is one that I I understand why you've uh, excluded it from the list. Ah, oh, that actually wasn't on IMDb's uh, list oh, of really? foods. But no, I think uh, there is a certain uh, naughty name. Spotted. It's a spotted something, which we, we shan't say. And in, in the company of the dog. We know that you girls are grown up enough to, to handle <laughs> some... some um, I think he has speech, one. But... <laughs> <laughs> We can't ask say. your dad after. Uh, yeah, if this is playing in your class or something. Like that, we can't say. Um, what did you guys think of the title of this film? It's called "The Sword and the Scoob." Do you do you understand the the joke of that title? Do you know what it's referencing? No. Oh, interesting. I think it should be called "The Tra- Time Traveling 
Scoop Gang? Something yes, like that. Yes, that's a much mm. better title. <laughs> well, the, the title The Sword and the Scoop is referencing um, The Sword and the Stone, which is an old King Arthur story. Oh. Uh, but the that was originally going to be titled Scooby-Doo in King Arthur's Court. Do you reckon that's a better name? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Nice. It's not better than the time traveling scoop gang, but agreed. it's better <laughs> yeah. than the sword and the scoop. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, did you guys enjoy the 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 voice cast? Do you think everyone did a good job? Because we have a few new faces, and we had Nick Frost, who I'm sure you girls mm. are very familiar with from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, who played uh, Merlin in this film. We also had Jason Isaacs, who played uh, Dick Dastardly in Scoob, the the movie that you girls have seen. He played. Um, um, yep. Who's Nick Frost? Nick Frost <laughs> is an actor who. Uh, uh, he played Merlin in this, but he was also in a bunch of movies that Richard and I, and I'm sure Craig, really liked mm. when we were a bit younger. Well, also, the because you, you, you girls like Harry Potter, the mm. Harry Potter movies, yeah? Mm. The, you know, Draco Malfoy's dad? Mm. He yeah, was King yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So in there one we go. movie, he was a bad guy, and then, and then the, in the other, he was a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's Can't a good keep guy up with in it. this. But he's also he also played Dick Dastardly in Scoob, so uh, he was a bad guy in that as well. Aren't yeah, actors incredible? <laughs> uh, cool. Well, um, I think we've probably explored uh, a lot of this movie. And before we uh, before we wrap up, I did want to ask: um, Do we know what what Pokey's birthday is? Uh, I don't know the date and all, but I'm sure Dad does. Dad it's soon, actually. I think it's, it's um. Well, we got him around Easter time, and he was about two months old. So I think it's sometime in March. I think early March. All right. Are you guys doing anything? <laughs> um, last year we forgot about his birthday. Oh no! Because we're, we're too busy celebrating. Our mum's friend's birth- friend's birthday because her birthday was on the same day as Pokey. Mm. <laughs> well, at least you prioritised her. I'm sure she would have felt really bad <laughs> if you said, sorry, we can't come. We're having a birthday for the dog. Mm. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, since um, what we've been doing, girls, is for each of the guests that we've had had on to talk about Scooby-Doo, we've told them the uh, the monster that debuted on the episode of Scooby-Doo closest to their birthday. Um, and that's sort of it's it's sort of like a horoscope thing. Like therefore, the the monster or the villain represents who the guest is. So I'm gonna read you guys every uh every Scooby Doo villain that appeared in an episode in the month of March since 1969, <laughs> and you tell me which one you think best suits Pokey's personality. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. So we have got. Um, the vampires, the snow monster, the plant monster, minus the possessed mystery machine, the ice man, the giant, the trash monster, the ghost chef, the demon of Salem, Professor Huh, Pizza Opossum, the toxic terror, the San Francisco, the, sorry, the San Francisco. <laughs> the baseball specter, the Scooby snack monster, the Gla- Glasbur dragon. Uh, 
a bunch of aliens, Scar Zombies, Gluten Demon, Dandy Highwayman, Fake Fred and Frank Daphne, or Crybaby Clown. Do any of these feel like they could apply to um, Pokey's birthday? Trash Monster. <laughs> I, I relate to that one a lot as well, actually. <laughs> Professor Ha. Huh? Yeah, okay. Uh, no, yeah. Very nice. I think he's I think he's a crybaby clown because he's <laughs> he is a clown and he's a little, <laughs> he's a little well, boy. Trash Monster and uh Professor Ha, uh they debuted on the thirteenth and sixteenth of March. So maybe you could celebrate Pokey's birthday on the fourteenth or fifteenth as like a, a way between the two horoscope yeah. villains you've assigned them. Maybe that could be mm. a um a way to go. And just out of interest, what 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 is your well, birthday? Got, yeah. yeah, what's your birthday, girls? January the thirteenth. And yours? <laughs> January thirteenth. <laughs> well, I can tell you that the closest uh, villain to uh, your your both your birthdays, um, we've got. Well, we actually we've got two because it's in the middle of two episodes. So one of you can be Phantom Shadows from uh, Scooby Doo, Where Are You, season one, episode sixteen. A night of fright is no delight in nineteen seventy. And one of you can be the snow ghost in Scooby Doo, Where Are You, season one, episode seventeen. That snow ghost. Which one do we think sounds like who? I think the Phantom Shadow sounds a little more like me, and the snow ghost. Does that sound right, Ruth? Yep. <laughs> okay, easy. No contesting. Awesome. Craig, what's your birthday? Uh, 31st of December. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the last time day you could have a birthday. <laughs> well, I can tell you that the closest uh, you've got is on the 29th of December. The Minotaur debuted in Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo Season 1, Episode 15. Lock the door. Oh, man, it's I get a, a Minotaur. Scrappy-Doo episode. villain? That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> in 1979. Pookie <laughs> looks like Scrappy Doo, kind of. Um, and we've got one one final game we'd like to play uh, with the dog, but the dog score will be the only one that'll be recorded. But the rest <laughs> of you guys are welcome to um, contribute as well. Pookie, get off. Pokey's excited right. for the. Pokey, you've been right, a terrible ahead. guest on this episode, and now you're misbehaving. <laughs> He's misbehaving. All right. Well, well, I I feel like it'd be inappropriate to ask Pokey to to um to do this game if he's misbehaving. But we were going to ask Pokey if he could do a Scooby Doo impression. Yeah, yeah, you can ask him that. Okay, <laughs> Pokey, can you do a Scooby Doo impression? No, he's protesting now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got the physicality down more than anyone else. Mm. Still, probably not the worst guest we've ever featured on our show over the years. <laughs> Richard, as well. Right there. <laughs> well, girls, can you guys do a Scooby-Doo impression? Hi, I'm Scooby-Doo! <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo-Doo! That's pretty good. What about a Shaggy? Can you give us a Shaggy impression? Um... Zoinks! <laughs> that was Craig, not... <laughs> I forgot what he really sounds like. Mm, that's fair. What about you, Lillian? I cannot throw him. <laughs> no, that's just my shaggy. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, is there anyone that you guys can do a really good impression of? Do you have like a, a favorite cartoon character that you, you like to crack out when you're being silly? Dad does. Dad does. Do we want to nominate yes, Dad? What does what does Dad do? <laughs> yeah, what does Dad do? <laughs> yeah, he just do things. Random. 
Okay. Give us one of your random noises. <laughs> no, they're asking for you. <laughs> All right. I don't think we're going to get a cartoon. <laughs> That's okay. Craig, they've made it pretty like, clear. What does the voice That's Nelson from The Simpsons. <laughs> Excellent. Well. <laughs> <laughs> these are great well thank you for for, for these unfortunately uh, as pokey is the headlining guest we can't actually record any of your scores but i give a full three points to each of your uh, impressions uh off the record so thank you very much mm. for, don't uh, tell anyone please don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> well hey that that about brings us to a close for our our conversation on the sword and the scoop uh girls uh, you mentioned there was a podcast is there any way we can listen to this now that it's off spotify or it's on spotify oh it's still on spotify <laughs> mm. yeah. oh, okay we're, we're sellouts <laughs> and what was that called again the donovan Avzu podcast that sounds adorable, and I'm going to go subscribe to it uh, as soon as we and finish recording. Craig, do you have anything you want to plug? Mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's not adorable. It's good. Yeah. Resources. Good and adorable can be the same thing. AJ, they worked nope. very hard on that. <laughs> I, guess, I guess maybe when you were on the Barbie podcast, you were adorable, but now it's like you're just cool people, and, and it's patronizing for me to say adorable mm. now definitely you're... got us definitely got that right how <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you now girls if i don't if i'm if it's okay for me to ask nine nine oh. that's that's really the cutoff for adorable isn't it that's like mm. that could go either way <laughs> or precocious maybe precocious is maybe a better word mm. to use craig how would you how, what how would you describe them how would i describe what how would you describe them Oh, they're the lights of my life. They're the apple of my eye. Wow. They're the bane of my existence. <laughs> no, no, <they're> not. <laughs> no, I love I love my girls and Pokey. I am not definitely, definitely, definitely not having jellied eels. <laughs> Something happened to me the other night. Oh, uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I was lying in bed and I was having some trouble sleeping. And sometimes when I do that, I'll put something on my TV. Like I'll put on an episode uh, of The Simpsons. What did or... you put on? <laughs> Just to help me relax and fall asleep. And so I put on a long play on YouTube of one of these Scooby-Doo ps1 ps2 games i can't remember which which one it was but i looked up long play scooby-doo video game and just sort of was quietly watching someone play it for a little bit and then i was like this is too loud so i put it on mute uh, and sort of just stared at it while i fell asleep and richard while i couldn't hear what the characters were saying in their poorly 3d modeled uh renders of these Mm. characters that we've we've come to know so well well i couldn't understand like literally what they were saying it was like i could hear them still richard it was was like you yourself were in the mystery machine with them it's Mm. like you were a member of the scooby gang themselves yeah yeah 
the way they carried themselves, the way they gestured. While I couldn't give you a direct sentence or a direct translation, I could hear them. Right. Do you well, know what well, I mean? Let, I let's could... just, just give us a direct translation. <laughs> well, I can't, Richard. Oh. But, but there was just a, a, the way they, they carry themselves. It just it, it felt so second nature to me now. It felt so ingrained. Mm. Uh, in my brain that I could just tell exactly the tone of the conversation wow. even without hearing What do you it. think the tone of the conversation would have been? Shaggy was being a bit cowardly, not wanting to mm. go do whatever they were having to go do and Fred was trying to talk him into it. And Valma was being just an uppity little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not in this case. This was not, pre... This uh, is pre-jerk-ass Valma. Pre Makuchi uh, mm. <laughs> era, <laughs> so I imagine the mood might be a little bit lighter than the mood of two little boys who have just watched forty six Scooby Doo movies, which is what you and I are—two very little boys, two mm. minuscule little chums, who, tiny, tiny penises, tiniest of boys <laughs> who. <laughs> have just watched a film called, and get this, Straight Outer Nowhere, mm. colon, mm. Scooby-Doo, exclamation point, meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. All right, I can do a Courage. You ready? Mm. <clears throat> Muriel! I can do a Courage as well. Yep. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> That's what he does. So- What's your history with Courage the Cowardly Dog? <laughs> oh my god, 46 movies in and we're like, so what's your history with it? Um, so I, I watched it a bunch as a kid and I tried to revisit it um, when I got a bit older as well, but I just, it wasn't Courage specifically, it was just cartoons in general I found mm. more difficult to concentrate on as an adult. Uh, but I've always really liked Courage, I've always thought it was really weird and spooky and like in some cases a little too spooky for uh, children uh, mm. and that's kind of the thing one of the things i like the most and so i was looking forward to the integration of another cartoon network property um the likes of which we'd never seen before and presumably came out of warner brothers realizing that like they own two scaredy cat dogs mm. that fight monsters <laughs> that just <laughs> had, had never interacted with each other before mm. Yeah, the it is it's a, it's a it's a match made in bloody heaven is what it is. Mm. I I do it is interesting though. People might forget Courage the Cowardly Dog, and I don't know if you know this. Do you know where Courage the Cowardly Dog originated? Was it? Did someone win a competition? It, it, it's it's a spinoff of a, a an Academy Award nominated short, uh, right. animated short, which lost to a close shave. The Wallace and Gromit, short ah. in 1995, yeah, was, which is which is crazy. So there was once at the Oscars, someone was like, and the nominees are Courage the Cowardly. Uh, it was called the Chicken from Outer Space. Ah, mm. but yeah, okay. now lost to a close shave, and then just a couple of years earlier, the wrong trousers had won. However, a grand day out, the first of the the Wallace and Gromit shorts did not win. Wow. the academy award for best animated short film what did uh creature comforts also directed by nick park <laughs> so who's nick park 
<laughs> Nick Park, who who created Wallace and Gromit. Ah, so right on. The like the only time he lost an Academy Award was to himself. Wow, that's yeah. pretty funny. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. So, who directed Courage the Cowardly Dog meets Scooby Doo, whatever the hell it's called? I say the full name. It's called Straight Out of Nowhere, an inexplicable NWA reference, and then yeah. it's then it's called. Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. That's right. So this was directed by Cecilia Aranovich Hamilton. It was going to be directed by Maxwell Atoms, the creator of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, who also mm-hmm. directed Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. But he turned it down because wow. he found out that his friend, John R. Dilworth, the original creator of Courage the Cowardly Dog, was not involved whatsoever. You're kidding me. Oh, that I'm sucks. Not. That that has dampened my enthusiasm yeah. for this movie. That's so sad. Mm. Like I th- I thought that would be the whole point because this was similar to Batman: Brave and the Bold. This came out like long after Courage the Cowardly Dog finished up. So Courage the Cowardly Dog aired from where are we? Nineteen ninety nine to two thousand two. Originally, there's uh, there was a couple of other little bits and pieces there was a special in 2014 uh which was a cgi animated special episode which was <laughs> aired in car- on cartoon network in southeast asia for halloween in 2014 but was never aired what anywhere else but it's available on youtube <laughs> okay. it was sort of a potential pilot for a new cgi animated series but yeah it didn't happen and then of course there was this the the, we speaking of sad things mm-hmm. we have thea white who re- reprises her role as muriel who's mm-hmm. one of courage's owners she died before the film was released Aww. so the film is dedicated to her memory she recorded her lines her final film role and marty grabstein he's he's fine he's still alive but he returns as courage but jeff bergman voices eustace who's courage's other owner yeah. because uh lionel wilson the original original voice actor died in 20 uh, 2003 and then arthur anderson took over for i think the 2014 thing and then he also died in 2016 and so jeff bergman voiced him in a a an ad that they'd done that was like a right look at all the characters we have and it was the 20th anniversary or something of cartoon network Right. I yeah, I mean Eustace the Eustace voice sounds pretty consistent, so he's doing a good job yeah. then. It's actually the least consistent voice on the series, <laughs> funnily enough. Also, we didn't mention this last film because it would be too depressing to mention this with our two young guests, but this is the second film to posthumously give special credit to Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, who are the original creators of Scooby Doo, who died in August and November twenty twenty, respectively. Ah, oh. well, good yeah. on them. They 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 gave the world a certain little pup who I like to yeah. call Scooby Doo. I mean, th- there's not a lot about their personal lives. I don't, but I like right. Oh no, 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 you, no actually, he was he, Joe Ruby was married. He, he they died from complications from a fall. Well, I was wondering if it was one of those things a that fall. it's like, yeah. Well, he was old, you know. Damn. But that, like, you know, where it's like, oh, he, he never married, but he lived with his longtime collaborator and died of a broken heart three months later. <laughs> Damn. 
Damn. But AJ, put me out of my fucking misery. All right. And tell me what the film is about. All right. So um, while they are just hanging out, solving mysteries, they've arrested a clown from stealing mm. a bunch of um, cash. Um, Scooby-Doo all cash of a sudden... Money. <laughs> exactly. I was just, mm. I should have clarified. Uh, <laughs> Scooby Doo suddenly starts freaking out and he runs away because he's. He shakes he, his little bottom. Yeah, he can't help but dance to some unheard mm. music. Um, and he runs all the way, and the gang follow him, but he runs all the way to nowhere, the uh, locate, the d- desert location. Yeah, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, no. Easy mistake to make. It's it's like mm. a Australian Outback-inspired uh, mm. place somewhere in America uh, called Nowhere, where, of course, where Courage the Cowardly Dog lives. Um, and he runs into Courage the Cowardly Dog, who is also freaking out in the same way. Mm. They are attacked by a bunch of cicadas, giant mutant cicadas, yeah. and they sort of figure out something is making the dogs act up. So mm. uh, the, the Scooby gang and Courage's owners and Courage and Scooby themselves um, get together to try and solve the mystery of the cicadas. They wind up in, like, a lot of it's spent inside a, like, haunted mansion well not really haunted but a mansion for the mayor of of nowhere (laughs) and um there was one bit i really liked where they're running away from a giant cicada and the cicada follows them Mm. into a room and they're they're dressed up as pest control people exterminators exterminators, and they immediately put a hat and suit on the cicada and was like all right all right come on we're running late already oh they they, can't believe they sent the new guy (laughs) yeah yeah they're, they're like is this your first time and the cicada goes yeah <laughs> they're like oh <laughs> that was a really funny moment like it's it's classic scooby-doo but it's like it's it's classic scooby-doo <laughs> but it's like it's one of the ones that hit me the hardest i think mm. anyway it turns out in the end that the the villain behind the cicada stuff um is actually uh two classic courage the cowardly dog villains mm. someone the cat- cats and laquack yeah, who were dressed up as the mayor, uh, and the a lot of the mystery gag just can't believe that these very different stylistically drawn characters <laughs> could possibly be real, and they keep trying to pull yeah. their masks off. Am I missing anything? Did you want to? Uh, did you want to clarify the the culprit and motive there? Or oh I yeah, I can I can give us that. But yeah, the, the, at the end of the film, Velma's like. They're like, let's see who's really behind this. And they're like, Cats and LaQuack. And Velma's like, I had my suspicions. No, you <laughs> fucking did not. There is no nothing on God's green earth that you could say that would convince me Velma had a hunch it was Cats and LaQuack mm. who wanted to obtain the dark matter meteor beneath the... Uh, the courage's house that's right this provides sort of a origin as to why yeah. the the location nowhere and why courage the cowardly dog as a show why so much weird stuff happens is because it's the ground zero for the meteor that killed the dinosaurs i um, mean when they go down to get it toward the end of the movie a bunch of very fun different animation styles befall them mm. as if as if the the what's left of the meteor itself can, can has some sort of reality bending power if you're blasted with it which is the second scooby-doo movie to be about a meteor that can bend reality after um mm. ahoy pirates ahoy, a scooby-doo scooby-doo. and the meteor that can bend reality <laughs> so i want to talk about more a little bit more about courage the cowardly dog because well a because you didn't ask me what my experience was i was about it. to well what was you your needed, experience with it 
Well, thank you. The Courage the Cowardly Dog is actually similar to Scooby Doo, where it's the show that I watched enough of. I, I it would if it was on, I would watch it, but I didn't have like hmm. yeah, pretty much <laughs> the same reaction to the to the series that everyone, all of our guests, had. <laughs> but I. If you'd asked me what I thought of it, I would say I didn't like it. I didn't really like Courage the Cowardly Dog. I thought it was annoying. but And it's kind of gotten this second life recently in the last, you know, half a decade from people being like, this show is pretty fucked. And like mm. posting pictures of some of the villains from the series because Return they would be different the animation slab. styles. I'm sure villains. that's a reference, but yeah. The and Do you want to know what happens in the final episode of the original run of Courage the Cowardly Dog? Okay. And the episode's called Perfect, and it ends with, I don't know the context, but it ends with a CGI animated uh, blue fetus floating in a void. And it turns, to, turns towards the camera and says, you're not perfect. And that's wow. like, that's the final villain of the series. <laughs> You might recognize crazy. the character if you looked it up because it's it's done the rounds in the in the memeosphere since then. All right, let me Courage dive the into the memeosphere as purple, I have several times already. Purple blue fetus courage. Oh yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, like I don't know. I kind of respect Courage the Cowardly Dog, but I just didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't even like mm. I was too scared of it. I just thought Courage was an annoying character, you know? Mm. And I... Because for the first, like, hour of this, he doesn't talk. He just goes... <laughs> That's true to the show, though. Like, he only said, like, a couple of lines per episode. Yeah, so, so, so this is what I wanted to ask. Because... Mm. And then he goes like, Meryl! Mm. But I, I so distinctly remember him having a catchphrase that he would say, oh, I need to save them or my name's not Billy Pajamas or whatever. <laughs> and then he would look at the camera and go, and it's not. Uh, maybe. I've never heard that, but I didn't watch it that much. Um, he it, it, would, it was one of those things like Ferb from Phineas and Ferb, another cartoon you haven't seen, I have, yeah. uh, where where it'd be like he'd be reserved to delivering one English spoken line per episode, basically. Oh yeah, so there's yeah. If you if you Google if you go to the trope or my name isn't, mm. it's the the example above the the. Mm-hmm. paragraph explaining it says there's something wrong here or my name isn't jose santos de guatemala and it's not courage from courage the cowardly dog there you go but like for a character who doesn't talk that much that's an insane catchphrase <laughs> that's yeah, so right. wordy yeah yeah well it maybe it's that he chooses not to talk <laughs> maybe he's taking a vow of silence i don't know if you noticed Richard, but he's a pretty cowardly dog I would say he's actually quite courageous. <laughs> well, speaking of, I did think it was quite uh, profound in this movie. There's a message in this film about fear because Scooby and Shaggy are listening to this podcast throughout it, which is like this, you know, mm. don't this this life affirming uh, words of affirmation. Don't be scared. Kind of become in control of your own anxiety, and they teach it to courage. And there's like basically what is it? It's the the message that that really hits home it, with courage like is like being being scared. Or being brave isn't the absence of fear. It's, it's you know, overcoming the fear and still doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, bravery is when you're still scared, but you do it anyway. And not only is that 
something that I mentioned in like the second movie we watched for this wow. podcast. I said that that's what appealed to me about Shaggy was that he's still like, you know, jumps head first into saving the day, even though it terrifies him. So I thought that mm. was kind of a poignant, um, you know, another yet another Chekhov's gun being fired towards the end of the episode. But only a couple hours ago, Richard, you were talking about how you deal with nerves and going out and, and performing. Um, and mm. you, it's not too dissimilar from what you described, which was basically like just doing it anyway. Um, mm. And so I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it as the universe communicating wow. to us through the final few Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, I I did want to ask as well, just as we near the end of this episode, is there any updates you can give us on any of the storylines or have they all been closed? I think they've all been closed. The only thing we could, um, maybe if we're ready to move on to the final film, or is there more stuff? You want to talk about I mean, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about straight mm-hmm. out of nowhere i do the, the in the reception part on wikipedia common sense media gave this two out of five stars and boca do inferno said it's worth it for the opportunity to see them again on stage fighting monsters with fear sympathy and a lot of veracity and i think it's interesting that they refer to this as seeing them again on stage yeah and i wonder if they were reviewing the right thing <laughs> Right, like they're watching one of the the mini Scooby Doo broad Broadway music. Broadway plays. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, hmm. Um. Well, I thought before we move on, then, Rich, before we move into our final film, I could give an update on the scoreboard for our guests' impressions uh, leaderboard because it's finished. We don't have any more guests, yeah, and so we now have a complete list. So <sighs> I will uh, read through it. How about that? Does that sound good? Yeah. And then do we do we need to make any adjustments as well now that we're far removed from these guests <laughs> they can't they can't get upset if we uh, yeah, and we can tell to. we can say that they're actually mm. shit so in um 19th place equal is uh christchurch musician pickle darling and pokey the dog with uh did not attempt <laughs> zero points each moving up to 18th we've got dave warnicky with one attempt at scooby-doo uh we gave him a point for the attempt but he liked the idea so much of um of having the lowest possible score that he didn't mm. uh, attempt anymore. Have I screwed up the numbers here? Or is that just an? Yeah, there's there? there's just there's one column missing. So there's one one extra column. So I oh, know it's Doctor Pickle Darling is 18th equal. Dave Warnicky is 17th. Yep, and then at 16th we've got uh, Doctor Erin Harrington with two points for a good Scooby. Again, uh, she did not want to continue. <laughs> Up on 2.5 points we have the reluctant werewolf himself, Andy Matthews, <laughs> <laughs> um, who did a funny bad Scooby, a funny bad Shaggy, and showed us a kangaroo, and then did like an impression of an Elvis impression from a commercial or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's moving- been so long. Yeah, yeah. Equal with Andy, we've got Grace Jarvis, who did a Scooby and a Velma, but did not uh, feel up to the, the third round. Uh, and in and next up in on 13th, we've got Jess Perkins, who did an impeccable re-he-he-he-he <laughs> Scooby-Doo laugh, really? uh, but chose to to leave her legacy there. Moving up to 12th, we've got Tim Bat uh, on six points, who did uh, what we called a, a, a two-point Scooby, a 2.5-point Shaggy, and what he swore to us was a 1.5 George Lowe from, I believe, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yeah. 
Uh, then on um, the, uh, we've got a tie for, what is that? A tie for 10th place with Hamish Parkinson mm-hmm. and David Correos. Uh Hamish gave us a very wet <laughs> Scooby, a good Shaggy, and a pretty good Muttley, uh, while Dave gave us a great Scooby, a not great Shaggy, and then a pretty good Boo Boo <laughs> from <laughs> Yogi Bear. Uh, then on um, equal, what it'll be what? Uh, seventh equal with... yeah. Uh, seventh equal tie, Reese Matthewson, Alexi Toliopoulos, and Andrew Todd, all with seven points. Uh, Reese gave us uh, th- a really good Scooby, then um, a pretty good Shaggy, and then categorically the worst Muttley we've ever heard. So quiet, <laughs> which, ladies which and gentlemen. So quiet that it, that now that I've edited it, I can I can confirm if you're wondering. No, it didn't show up on his audio readout. It was just <laughs> that bad. Um, Andrew gave us a Yoda-esque but still pretty good Scooby. A pretty bad a Shaggy, which encapsulated the vibe more than the voice. And then also a reference to, I believe, Harvey Birdman, um, mm. which we didn't understand either. <laughs> and Hamish Parkinson, no, sorry, um, David Krauss. Oh, it was Alexi. Alexi, sorry. And then Alexi gave us a great Scooby, a great Shaggy, and then did a funny Hunch Bunch impression. And I think this crippled his chances. I think in the early days of the podcast, we didn't know mm. what to tell people. And so he went for an obscure impression uh, that we just couldn't award as much, you know? Well, yeah, it was from the movie we'd just watched with him. Mm. I also think that we hadn't quite figured because. With Alexi, you know, we were sort of, you know, it's like, you're the first one. All right, we'll give that a two. And then I don't think we knew just how much how mm. we would be willing to give away points when we are forced with, you know, we're face to face with a guest who is trying their all mm. and we can't, you know, we can't tell yeah. them that it's a bad impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on f- Fourth equal, we've got another three-way tie between uh, Guy Montgomery, Alistair Tremblay-Birchall, and Carlisle Laurent, all with 7.5 points. Guy gave us a three-point Shaggy, a 1.5-point, uh, sorry, a three-point Scooby, a 1.5-point uh, Shaggy, and a three-point Snagglepuss. Heavens mm-hmm. to Murgatroyd. Stay, exit stage right, even. Uh, is that what he said? Uh, uh, Alistair TB gave us a good Scooby, a good Shaggy, and a great Huckleberry Hound, uh, while Carlisle gave us a really good Scooby, a pretty poor Shaggy, but then what I think it should be the, the jewel in his impressions crown, a real good Fred, which is like, who does a real good Fred, you know? Like, I just thought... Carlisle. Carlisle, exactly. <laughs> uh, then in uh, second place... So I've, I've fucked up the numbers a little bit. Because <laughs> So for those playing along at home, the, the, we're reading off an Excel spreadsheet mm. and occupying the number one position is the word leaderboard. <laughs> this is a problem with Excel. Excel need to give you <laughs> the... Op- I've thought about this for years because I work with so many spreadsheets in my work, right? Like mm. Excel need to give you the option to make the top number zero because this always mm. happens. <laughs> anyway, in second place, we've got Brit Miggs on eight points with 2.5 for Scooby, 2.5 for Shaggy, and then she just gave it her all with a Fred Flintstone, uh, which I thought was was great and um, deserves the second last spot. But in the lead place, we, of course, have Lily Hansen with 8.5 points on a 2.5 Scooby, a 3 Shaggy, and a 3 Yogi. I think the trend we've noticed here, Richard, is those who went for uh, recognisable characters 
uh, did mm. better in the last round Literally than anyone awesome. who went for something that mattered to them maybe a little more yeah. than 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 us. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, Lily Hansen. Congratulations, Britt Miggs, and uh, for the the gold and silver, and then the bronze is tied between Guy Montgomery, Alistair Tremblay, Birchall, and Carlisle Laurent. Well done, everyone. Well, well, bloody done. There is no prize. <laughs> you you there probably aren't listening no to this. <laughs> I don't anticipate any of our guests will listen this deep in. But if any of them do, it'll be Lily Hansen who won. So congratulations. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, AJ, I don't know about you, but I'm just about ready to get these bloody Scooby-Doo's out of my system. I've deleted I've the a... shortcut in my favorites to all the movies. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I... <sighs> Let's move on. Let's do it. AJ, I don't know about you, but I have seen 47 scooby-doo movies you don't know about me (laughs) (laughs) i have too richard we did it man we watched 47 uh, scooby-doo movies i think in my defense it's a pretty insane thing to assume someone else has seen 47 (laughs) scooby-doo movies wow what a what an accomplishment to share you know yeah we did it and it took us months dude yeah man and we started before Christmas. It's now mid-February. Yeah. Well, I was I was but 29 years old when we first wow. started this. It is it's been a wild ride, I'll tell you that much I for agree. free. And Thank you. Yeah, like when I think back to that naive little boy, that tiny tiny little man, mm. the infinitesimal child that started this endeavor with yeah. an even smaller boy. Yeah. You. Yeah. I look, I don't recognize that person. Mm. And I, I, but I look at the, the zoom call we are on now. And you know what I see? What? I see two men. Yeah. Uh, I have one more update to make before we get yes. Um, Andrew Todd shared a birthday uh, with Lily Hansen, not Britt Biggs, <laughs> as you <laughs> erroneously you. said on that episode. Uh, I have gotten up-to-date editing as well, if anyone's interested. Yeah. Like, I, the only stuff I have to left to edit is the stuff you're listening to right now. So uh, I didn't think I would get up-to-date at any point in this yeah. Do you want to share the little discovery you made last night as well? Uh, yes. So you, <laughs> you've been, for a long time, you've been like, what's the time code? What's the time code? Because we wanted to know how long it's going to be yeah. and you were like i really aj i really just want you to send me a screenshot of the full time code when we <laughs> when we've finally done it just so we can have however long it is uh and i'm devastated to discover something <laughs> which i reckon very few people in the world discover <laughs> uh, which yeah. is that adobe <laughs> premiere has a 24 hour cap on its timelines mm. uh so I cannot get, unless I were to download an app that joins audio files together, which Mm. sounds like 
there's no industry leading app that would do that to be honest it sounds like a nightmare Uh, we we will never get that time code what's the uh maximum length for audacity file Uh, there's uh, this is this just put it in english doc come on well, look, Richard. I can send you the the files, and if you want to chuck them all together, and all I will. I, I we need to have a Scooby Doo Snyder cut. <laughs> you that, need that to can have. Be, I'm that fine can with be, the big split up. I made that my can be piece my of it when when Barbie had to yeah, be split yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So, but but at the, at the present time, though, we were looking at about twenty six hours up to up to the end of Lillian and Ruth yeah. we're, we're, I imagine we, do, we don't know what we've recorded yet and what we haven't but I imagine we will be looking <laughs> at just under a, 28 hours yeah. for the final podcast 10 hours longer than the Barbie one 10 which, hours longer 10 more films 10 an more hour films. for each extra film yeah. there you go so I we will get to the final film but yeah I, I think how did you feel you watched this quite late at night trick or treat mm. scooby-doo which is what we're talking about how did you feel seeing that post-credit scene and knowing that you were done with scooby-doo uh my feelings for that are intrinsically tied to how i felt about the movie so i feel like i should i can't test well okay then it. fuckhead i'll <laughs> <laughs> well so you can do it i'm not <laughs> so i uh it's interesting i remember finishing the final barbie film princess adventure whatever it was called like the the most generic sort of title which is actually kind of fitting that the last one's called trick-or-treat scooby-doo as well that it's like Mm. you could set any of them at halloween and call it that but the it's interesting with barbie it was like i remember you know feeling like i'd become a man and i look back at that tiny tiny little boy that finished barbie mm. uh, no but i i remember barbie finishing that was a sense of freedom you know yeah. that it was i'm no longer burdened with this in my life but with scooby-doo i there was a, a bit of sweetness it sort of felt like the end of parasite where i <laughs> felt like i you know i'm gonna miss this gang mm. Mm. And, I, and and that could just be because it's a little more consistent with who these characters are like barbie there's not as much to latch on to through the whole thread i mean you do obviously have the character of barbie but she changes obviously based on based on what the film needs but i did start to feel that sort of sense of companionship with the character of barbie with those last few films that were tied into the Mm. tv series where she sort of felt a lot more like a fully rounded character and a and a friend and yeah i don't know i i was i this thought that, that finishing, times five <laughs> yeah 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 and i thought that finishing trick-or-treat scooby-doo would be uh i would i would feel this massive weight lifted on me off me but i don't really feel anything AJ. richard i couldn't uh sympathize with you more because uh I <laughs> thought, you may not know this but i've also watched 47 <laughs> i thought that trick-or-treat scooby-doo and i'm not just doing this to be cute this is my favorite scooby-doo movie right I you're thought, just doing that to be cute i thought this was great i've ranked it above zombie island 
on my ranking. Wow. I thought this was awesome. I thought it was crazy that we we finished on such a um we'll get into it, but this is a very good movie to finish a to 47 be, yeah. movie podcast on. Uh yeah. And I thought it was great. I thought this is what Scoob should have been. Like, mm. give this the budget of Scoob, uh, and I don't know what specifically give, you would, you would give change. Give Scoob the budget of this. Yeah, and, and you would have <laughs> a great movie. I think Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo is the best Scooby-Doo movie. I had a great time watching do, this movie. Do you think that, that could, there could be some element of Stockholm Syndrome in there? Potentially, but it's certainly what I can tell you. It's not. It's not. This is the last one. I'm so excited because I had my yeah. finger hovering above the watch on 1.5 speed button when wow. I turned this on, but I didn't because it caught my attention and it never let go of my attention, Richard. And I just, I, I, I think if if the Stockholm syndrome is maybe like I'm used to a certain caliber of Scooby Doo, mm. and then I watched this one and it was really good. But I fucking loved this one. I thought it was awesome. What did you think? All right, well, calm down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. It, it was cool. Like you say, I think it was a really interesting one to end on. Mm. And for a moment, I thought it was going to be a soft reboot of the series. And I thought it was going to be like a the meanwhiles at the last episode of Futurama that it's mm. like, what do you say we go around again? It, it, it leads itself to a moment like that. But for the mm. plot of this film, the, the cold open is that they, <laughs> they they stop this skiing cat in Nepal mm. and they monster. they reveal that they pull off the costume and it's revealed that ah yes there actually is a common thread in every it literally a common thread <laughs> like mm. in all of the the people we've unmasked that their costumes were made by the same person Coco Diablo mm. and yep so ladies and gentlemen mm. The plot of the final Scooby-Doo movie that we're watching for the podcast is about the mystery gang confronting the mastermind behind all of the villain costumes yeah. and the the actual villains from the classic. Where it's like ten thousand volt ghost and well, that one specifically the, is retconned to be a new one, but the the okay. um, the the night the <laughs> the, the night Cutler's and ghost. then they even say what a night for a night, which I. Th- I'm pretty sure is the name of the first episode of Scooby-Doo. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's full circle, ladies and gentlemen. It truly is right back round to maybe the most meta, but also most clever and joyous thing um, you could conclude a marathon long um, Scooby-Doo yeah. podcast on. And also uh, the art style has been changed up. And yeah, I, 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 I really like the art style. Interesting. Yeah. Before we get into the art style fully, just to elaborate slightly on the plot that yes, then sorry. now the, the the gang because there's no more costumed monsters they are now just solving the most boring meaningless crimes and there's mm. a new rendition of the scooby-doo where are you yeah. theme song which is like scooby-dooby-doo I'm so blue. It's so <laughs> and good. It's, and it's, it's a so montage of them like they're hired to like find someone's missing other sock or um, yeah. they're hired to find someone who can't find their car in a parking lot. And it's basically like, because they send Coco, what's her name? Coco. Diablo. 
Coco Diablo, they send her to prison. And so without her creating Halloween costumes, yeah, all their mysteries are boring. And the thrust of the plot is basically that Fred is like, I can't do this, guys. I miss solving mm. creepy capers. Um, and then when a ghost starts attacking them, they're like, holy shit, this is it. We're back, baby. And they get uh, Coco out of prison and ask her to help uh, f- figure out what is going on because it's obviously yeah. not her. Um, and yeah, it, what it, it ends it, in the end, it's revealed that the the true villain was actually the warden of the prison, who's a massive mm. uh, fan of Mystery Inc. So he wanted to like and give his them motive was to do. he wanted to give them one last mystery. Yeah, but then and and um he accidentally releases every villain from the prison, and so in almost like a um a Spider Man No Way Home esque mm. ending, <laughs> um the the la the, the like climax of the film is all the characters going around and like they they adopt the costumes of the villains they're mm. rounding up uh and they um they attack them and and put them back in jail and there's the super funny shot at the end of the film where it pans across all the villains they've caught and it's like 50 people long it's (laughs) so fun it goes for ages and i assume i assume it's something like it'll be something like these are all the character models from Hmm. where scooby-doo where are you it 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 is funny it's it's there's there's a few like almost family guy-esque gags in this Mm. where there's just one repeated bit of animation that goes on a little too long and then Mm. comes around again that it's funny Mm. but yeah it uh, that that's the moment that when everyone escaped from prison, I thought it was just going to end there and be like, "All right, gang, saddle up. Looks like we've got a whole bunch of new uh, mysteries yeah. to solve." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "And I was like, yeah, what a fucking amazing ending to the <laughs> franchise." And then so I was actually kind of bummed that they did just a little montage of rounding them all up. You know, it still ends with um. It has pretty, again, it's kind of a Family Guy-esque ending where earlier in the film, Fred wishes in a wishing well and he tosses a coin in there to wish for more scary mysteries. And then after they get everyone arrested again, um, Fred's at the wishing well again. He's just, just like swashing cash into the <laughs> into the uh, mystery, into the, the wishing well. And everyone starts laughing and they laugh for so long. <laughs> yeah. And they look so maniacal while doing it. And I was yeah. like, what is the, what a strange joke. And then it, it slowly slowly moves down the well and all the cash uh follows all the cash and then this giant eyeball opens presumably (laughs) indicating a very strange but interesting uh cliffhanger for the series and richard this film i think Mm. has the best post-credit scene i have ever seen in anything i thought it was so funny like it's one of the funniest jokes in the film now i think i i see you know (laughs) i i'm now starting to see into the delusion of (laughs) of this guy who thinks this is the best one so about towards the start of the third act uh, shaggy and scooby are at a vending machine and they they put cash in to get some treats and a bag with that literally has treats labeled on it <laughs> yeah. like catches on the hook and they're trying to get it out and they can't and they end up having to to leave it there anyway probably 20 minutes later after the credits end and, uh, and, and the post-credits starts and it's the factory they were in and it zooms in and it zooms in on the vending machine and you just see the bag of treats drop from the hook. And, and he goes, I, I thought it was such a funny, because it's like it's making fun of post-credit scenes. Like like mm. this this one loose thread we left in the movie yeah. is, is, is developed. I, but... I do have to ask, AJ, and I mean no disrespect when I ask mm. this, but were you possibly high when you no not at all wow i wasn't high at all i would never do that when i'm working richard (laughs) (laughs) 
Were you in your loft? No, I was sitting on my couch oh. watching it on so my So you laptop. were low, you were at ground level. Mm, exactly. I thought I was going to be able to have a well, gotcha what, moment. What, did you hate this one or something? No, I just think that, like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy for you that this is what you're ending on. And I did enjoy this one. I would put it in my top half, definitely. But uh, I stopped ranking about 10 or 15 movies ago <laughs> and thought, I'll get around to it. And now I probably just won't finish my ranking. But the... Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I, I didn't like the animation style on this, though. I don't think. Ah, this might be a crucial differentiator yeah. then. Yeah. So the the animation style, you you were like, oh, what's the? Can you get some information on that? It's th- this is the first film to adopt the animation style from Scooby Doo and Guess Who, which came out in twenty nineteen. So, so there's more that looks like this. Yeah, so Scooby Doo and Guess Who. Is like this, this animation style? Yeah. Oh, awesome! I didn't and, know that. And fun fact as well, I forgot to mention for the last film, but uh, Scooby Doo meets Courage was originally pitched as an episode of Scooby Doo and Guess Who, and then was just extrapolated into a feature film. Right, right, right. So the to describe it for people, um, you you, I, I'll do my sincere description, then you can do the the silly funny one that you messaged yeah. me earlier on. It's my. sort of. It, it almost looks like it's like a throwback to the original but everyone's a little more elastic i think yeah. it, it, they they draw a new character model for every shot so it's not like it's it's not like um something like south park where they just go insert asset it's like hmm. every new scene they're drawing everyone again and everyone's a lot more stretchy uh, it yeah. kind of reminded me of like old school rubber hose animation it's not quite that um, and yeah, it's certainly so, not it's not pie eyes or anything like that but it there's just this really fun elasticity to it that i found very satisfying and visually mm. pleasing to look it at. is cheaper that like right. the, the, it's the, the the character models are simplified there's a lot there's less there's no real shading but they, it does have like painted backgrounds but i think yeah. like artificially painted yeah which they're is cool. they're, they're like they're every, like um concept art almost yeah but every it, pretty much every frame of the film has like a bounce in it like everyone's yeah. hair is always bouncing the skin yeah, is always yeah, bouncing yeah. and I, again this is one of those things we've talked about things like this before where it's like there is absolutely words to describe what is specifically the vibe we're talking about and someone in the industry might know exactly what we're talking about but for me mm. like it it feels like it's like flash animation mm. is and i think flash animation might be more ubiquitous than i'm sort of imagining it but it to, it has a lot more of the vibe of like homestar runner or happy tree friends or those kind of things i described it to you as a very well animated Newgrounds porn parody. Yeah, <laughs> that it, it, there, there is something, a cheap something you'd stumble it. across on Ebob's world and be like, mm. uh, "I knew something was up when the characters' movement kind of didn't look as uniform as they do in the show." Yeah, and but yeah, there is there is a lot of stretch and squeeze to the animation, which I I do love animation that plays with that and doesn't feel mm. you know anchored to real world limb movements and things like that which courage the cowardly dog did a lot of and every scared reaction of scooby shaggy and and courage which there was so many in that film it was animate like he would turn into little cubes all of his limbs would leave his body he would get Mm. a thousand eyes his eyes would be in the middle of his mouth like Mm. and that was fun that they did that and and that's something that i imagine is you know staying true to the idea of the original show but 
Yeah, I don't know. Here, I th- I th- I think I I only really saw the cheapness of it, and right. that it was yeah, just this very sort of flash animationy style that I don't know if I can a hundred percent describe. But if you look up a clip of this film, there's just a vibe. There's something that feels off, or something that's feels finally on. feels on after forty six movies of feeling off. But yeah, it is one one interesting thing. I can't remember if we've pointed this out in the last 26, 27 hours, but this is by official canon. This is the 37th director video Scooby-Doo film because that doesn't include the three, the four that we started with before Zombie Island, the five live action ones and the 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 one that's 45 minutes. What was that It doesn't one? include the puppet one, but it does the include um, the Lego Holly- Hollywood. The, the the one we didn't watch. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? Okay. It, it yeah. includes the Lego ones, but it doesn't include the Pope. Right, I see, I see. But yeah, it's funny that, that like, uh, the official canon, that because we, we, you know, we didn't plan anything around the numbers or mm. around ending on this one or anything like that, but it is funny that, like, by official canon, we have covered the same amount of Scooby-Doo films as Barbie films because right. of when we happened to cover this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, I... I, I just feel like there were so many things that um really felt like this was made to end end a podcast. Like even what yeah. I said before, it ends with them all laughing maniacally in this like weird off brand scene that just felt like it represented the insanity of mm. what we're doing and things like that. Should we end the um, podcast like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and and I I I liked again just the 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 meta plot setup, and in a rare role reversal here, Richard, I did a very uh, Richardian thing after watching uh, this movie and throughout well, the, just, all of today. You're, you're a fat loser, idiot, who no one yes, likes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, I um I was already that. That's why we're attracted to each other. <laughs> That's why we're drawn to each other. It's like um, literally our gravitational pull. <laughs> I so there's fat. there is a few different songs in this. You mentioned the the like down buzz version of Scooby Doo, where are yeah, you? Yeah, which is so Scooby-Doo, funny. I'm so blue. But there's a there's a song in this called Change by someone named Joseph Holiday that plays mm. a it plays it once during like a montage and then in the credits. And I felt so emotionally moved by the <laughs> song, Richard, that I have been listening to it all day since wow. since watching this movie i watched it last night well you know finished it probably like 2 a.m this morning yeah. have been listening to it since then it's it's this weird like kind of like 80s throwback from 2012 sounding it's, it's very it's naked and like, famous it, kind of thing yeah or like the the cure sort of yeah. throwback and or she wants revenge yeah and, and that very very reminiscent of the cure sort of the thing. the chorus goes I could change, I could rearrange, I could get strange with you. And it's like, what a cool like chorus lyric that is. And the music, it's it's the 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 trance 80s throwback nature of it. Mm. It feels like I'm on a rocket ship, Richard, and I am blasting out of Scooby-Doo. I am blasting wow. away. Yeah. I'm holding You're your changing. hand. I'm exactly we're changing, rearranging, and getting strange with each other as we hold mm. hands in this rocket ship out of the nebula that is Scooby-Doo into the uncertain future and mm. i just it's what it's a it's a song that 
if I were a more emotionally available person, would have brought tears to my eyes, I think. <laughs> it just really, it's just, it, and I wouldn't have done it on purpose. It's just you end 47 Scooby-Doo I, I wouldn't have cried on purpose. <laughs> you, you, end, you end the 47th Scooby-Doo movie you've watched in two and a half months, and then it plays like this really emotionally hard-hitting song. Yeah. It's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it also plays Ballroom Blitz earlier Yeah, in the that film. was kind of, that was a bit of a weird one. But. That was a bit of a weird one. That's such a weird song. <laughs> yeah it, so one thing that we we ever mentioned that's the the big talking point about this film the reason that well not this isn't actually the reason but this film in the scooby-doo fan base isn't very well liked it's got about 50 percent on really yeah. oh that oh. fuck you guys man get over <laughs> yourselves this was the, great the, the scooby-doo fan base hasn't liked any of the films for quite a while the Scooby-Doo fan base need to get over themselves because what mm. they want is the past. They're like Star Wars fans. Yeah. But the one of the this big talking points about this film... such an inventive idea for a film. How can this not be like... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just it's so frustrating to me to hear that mm. because I watched this and I was like, people must have loved this one. It feels like a return to form combined with like this refreshing new comedic styling. I don't know. Mm. There was uh, Audi Harrison, the director, by the way, who I haven't mentioned yet. But the also this film came out a couple months ago, October fourth, twenty twenty two. At the time of recording, is the most recent film released that we've ever covered on on Film Franchise Fortnights. But yes, the reason that this made headlines in October of twenty twenty two was that Velma is explicitly attracted to women in this film mm. and she she crushing big time on Coco Diablo a character who I can only assume is modeled after the road to El Dorado love interest <laughs> Chow what's it Chow yeah like like surely right the dark skin with so. the sort yeah, of the, the yeah, platinum yeah. hair well, and Chow doesn't have platinum hair but they do have a similar hair style Shall I have platinum hair no she's black hair who am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of um, Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Ah, oh, right. I thought you were thinking of the woman from The Incredibles. That mm, uh, yeah, Mirage. <laughs> Mirage. She kind of looks but no, like that. there's. But yeah, Coco Diablo. It's like you know, in this very bouncy animation style is doing her a lot of favors i'll tell boing, you boing 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 my thoughts when i first saw her richard move over daphne aj's got a new scooby-doo crush <laughs> she may be Velma. gay though so uh yeah. <laughs> this might not end well for me <laughs> well she's also not real that's true even worse <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny the idea that you're like oh well you know being gay is like not that much of a hurdle but no yeah <laughs> when I said even worse I meant worse for me just to clarify I am not yeah. saying <laughs> I'm not revealing this deep into a podcast that I have homophobic hangups <laughs> <laughs> but the it's like her her boobies are animated separately Richard and- her boobies um they <laughs> they but, have a and, sort and of like- uh, je ne sais quoi to them one of them's je ne sais one of but the like her hip sway every time she walks it's like a meter side to side that they 
that they swear. And it's like, she, she's the most sort of, it feels like they're going for a very Disney-esque sort of thing with mm. her that it's these very big expressions that change from frame to frame. So she's, every single line on her entire body and expression is moving every single frame. Mm. And it's to show off it. how voluptuous she is and I how dastardly she is. But, you know, she, she was a fun character and I can see why Velma was crushing big time on her. I, I would go as far as to say I hope that she joins the gang at least for the next foreseeable whatever movies are coming out next you know yeah. like i thought i genuinely thought she was a really enjoyable character and i think she had a a dynamic that hasn't been seen in the mystery game mm. like she is this dark kind of almost sinister character yeah that I, think- I like the, the, this character who's like hip swank side so his boobies animated separately you're like i just uh, um i just thought she added an interesting dynamic i think she should come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm Yes. So, is there anything else you want to say about Trick or Treat Scooby Doo? You've been you messaging me all day, being like, "I have to talk to you Mm. about Trick or Treat Scooby Doo," and I'm like, "AJ, we've got a fucking recording. We're going to be doing it." Well, most of this was just how hot I thought that Coco Diablo was. Uh, (laughs) The the only thing I forgot to mention it's called Trick or Treat Scooby Doo because the movie is framed around Scooby and Shaggy wanting to finish this up in time so they can go trick or treating and ultimately learning that um they they need to put responsibility first and i thought that was a very cute uh, storyline to give them and i really like that as well so yeah yeah who was who was any guest like famous voice actors in this one uh noho hank from yes, that's, anthony that's kerrigan played yeah, anthony trevor Garrigan. gloom and uh marana velasco who plays coco diablo doesn't have a wikipedia page interestingly yeah it's yeah i was i was waiting for the credits to see like who this famous voice would be and she's not yeah. famous apparently uh richard i think that might be it buddy i think that might be all i have to say about scooby-doo as a whole <laughs> mm. scooby-doo is a hole <laughs> scooby-doo is a hole what a great joke to end (laughs) (laughs) all right well no we do have we're not ending just yet we do have a couple other little things to get through before we get out of here and let you the listener go about your merry day which unless you listen to this sped up it is a different day than you started listening (laughs) to it no matter what like you know even if you started this at midnight when mm. the episode released, you lived in New Zealand. You live in New Zealand. It's tomorrow now. Mm. Yeah. How does that make you feel, listener? Yeah, listener. Yeah, listener. Let us know if you listen to this in one go. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And that was the last whatever theme song you'll hear for the episode. Yeah. Stick that in your and pipe and smoke it. I will. <laughs> That's good, that theme song. <laughs> so I, it's been so long, AJ, since we've had to end an episode of Film Franchise Fortnights that I've, I've bloody gone and forgotten how to do it. Oh, no. So what do we do? Continue the franchise? Well, and and what is now a new <laughs> record for how many movies watched while like and forgetting to do uh, franchise at forty seven 
up from like maybe like five. I say we we leave Franchise uh, from, from for now. There's something inexplicable about Scooby Doo that means it's um it's uh it was a franchise long before we yeah yeah on. so why don't we move into i think we talked about the titles enough as we did it so mm. uh and we did imdb best trivia title, as worst we title? Did it. best title is uh i'm gonna say um probably one of the ones that didn't start with scooby-doo one of the ones mm. like chill out scooby-doo i liked or or oh, yeah. a low and worst title scoob easy straight out of nowhere for me yeah you're kind of mm. unmotivated isn't it yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they, they do have Eustace sing straight oh, out Oh, we of didn't nowhere. talk about that. I thought that sucked. That that was so oh, yeah, it was borderline so racist much. that moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I say we move right into Continue the Franchise, Richard, uh, where we pitch our own continuations for Scooby-Doo. But before that, do you have a couple of things mm. to tell me, Richard, about what no, the don't. world that may Here's be? My- so there was a prequel i mean a lot of this like i mean we spoke about scoob holiday haunt already i Mm. believe is that right well not not and not we didn't give the full rundown um i said i said we would (laughs) but we okay so (laughs) so scoob holiday haunt was a prequel to scoob with the younger versions of the characters that was supposed to come out the, the Christmas just gone. But on August 2nd, 2022, it was announced that the film was being cancelled by Warner Brothers at Discovery as a cost-cutting measure, despite being practically finished. Mm. The premise was to celebrate Scooby-Doo's first Christmas, 10-year-old Shaggy and the gang take him to a holiday-themed resort owned by Fred's favourite Uncle Ned. When the park is beset by a ghostly haunting, the kids must solve a 40-year-old mystery to save the resort and show Scooby the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, so a, a mid-quill between the okay uh, uh, introductory scenes of yeah. Scoob and where the movie fell apart. I think that could have been interesting. I, I, this was this was next to Batgirl was cancelled, mm. right? This was like the yeah. lesser, uh, the one that upset a lot less people. But but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so do you reckon this will ever, ever get released or is this... So Tony Chivoni mm. said, and the the director in November 4th 2022 said that the film was 100% finished that wow. they they were still being paid to work on it even though the film was now not getting a release so they finished the film uh, you know after the cancellation and uh, yeah it, it's Warner Brothers Discovery has no current plans to release it at all but it is and I saw Tony Chivoni essentially being like um, on Twitter people have been like just leak it or like hopefully it leaks one day and he's like that's not how I, I didn't want this. I don't want people to see it leaked, you know, like I, I it, not only is it illegal and you would be sharing a stolen version of my movie, but it's also just like, I didn't want you to see it like that. Mm. Did Tony Giovanni so, direct this one? Cause he did scoop. Yes, he did. Nice. And yeah, so it is, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. What's his face? Uh, young Sheldon was coming back as Shaggy. Oh, and someone. I always mm. remember because I thought Ian was an interesting... You don't meet a lot of children named Ian. Mm. But yeah. And also McKenna Grace plays Daphne, who's... She's quite a good young actress. Yeah. Uh, and just the yeah. other day, there was um, another cancelled scooby Yeah, so I do have that written down as well, that the Scooby-Doo and the Haunted High Rise was revealed the other day to be... have been cancelled. That was sort of its announcement. Um... Mm. But yeah, that was going to feature the Hex Girls returning. Was this going to uh, be in was... the the Guess Who Scooby Doo style? 
Do we know that? Is this like in this like we talked a lot about errors on this on the past twenty eight hours, and I'm just wondering, mm. is would have this continued as part of the guess who guess era? Who. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like Pop Crave just said Scooby Doo and the Haunted High Rise starring the Hex Girls was shelved into 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 a tax write off mm. director Carolyn Gare reveals, but there's no real like further mm. information than just that one tweet but right yeah that's a bummer i would have liked to see the hex girls especially in a new thing that obviously we're talking about scooby-doo so there is so fucking many continuations of this franchise it's you know got a legacy bigger than either of us can ever hope to achieve <laughs> it is it's just some fun other crossovers i saw there's the scooby-doo there's the scooby-doo project we should do which that is for the Blair Witch, film franchise yeah. follow-ups I would love maybe we should that. that's a good idea they there was an episode of harvey birdman attorney at law where he has to help the help scooby and shaggy deal with possession charges and it's called scooby busted <laughs> and there's an episode of teen guy teen titans go where they they play Family Feud against the the Teen Titans, the Scooby Gang does, oh, cool. and there's the supernatural crossover, mm-hmm. uh, they're in Space Jam, a new legacy as mm-hmm. well. But Boy, there's also the one that sort of interested me the most was there's a comics series called Scooby Apocalypse, right. which is like set it's set in a post is distributed by DC and it's like a Scooby do in a post apocalyptic hellscape. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Well, there's a whole world out there for us to explore now that we're certified Scooby-Doo fans. (laughs) Yeah, most famously as well, the reason that you're hearing about Scooby-Doo lately other than this podcast is obviously the Velma TV series, Mm. which is the lowest rated piece of (laughs) content ever made, according to IMDb user ratings. But yeah, just got renewed for a second season. Did it? Well... (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so Scooby Doo and the Haunted High Rise is it got got scrapped around the same time that Velma season two was announced. That I would be so unmotivated to do a season two after this critical reception. Mm. That's so weird that it got picked. Yeah, up. I mean, what's the bet that they're going to come back and there's going to be some better storyline about how like people didn't like the first season because it was super feminist, you know? Yeah, they'll they'll try claim that. Whereas it's mm. actually been like more so criticized for its like flagrant body shaming and and things mm. like that and borderline racism. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Borderline racism is, I reckon, almost as bad as racism. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But now, of course, <laughs> if this is your first time flying with Cult Pompshire Airlines. We are now going to pitch our continuations of the franchise where we would like to see the franchise go. And AJ, I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> so I'm pitching a live action spin off okay. about Fred. All right. What AJ, am I supposed that, to do here, Richard? Am I supposed to go, oh no, you stole my idea that I told you about an hour ago? Curse you. Curse you for stealing my idea. That was what you're supposed to do. Please explain your idea, AJ. I want to do a... Well, it started out as like... We you know we we spent this podcast probably more than anyone learning about Fred Jones more so than any other character, and so I started to think about like the origins of of Fred and what the world looks like from his perspective. And Richard, I reckon we've got a live action. Well, it started as a live action film, 
and it's changed, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll reveal what it's changed to at the end. Um, so it's it's sort of about like the world from Fred's perspective, and he's this happy-go-lucky guy who uh, slowly becomes more crushed and crushed and crushed by the weight of responsibility he mm-hmm. has as leader of these teenagers, um, and it ends up being this introspective look into Fred's life, uh, and it's called Fred, where are you? You know, Ooh. like Scooby Doo, where are you? Uh, and playing Fred, Richard, I was like, let's cast my new favorite. Let's get Paul Mescal mm, as course, Fred yeah. Jones, right? And then I was like, fuck it. Shall I just cast all of A24's Scooby Doo live action movie? And so nice. I thought, I thought, let's go Beanie Feldstein for Valma. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go um, uh, Lucas Hedges for Shaggy. And to uh, match the um, the chemistry we've already seen with Paul Mescal as Fred, let's get Daisy Edgar Jones as Daphne. Mm. We'll put a put a wig on her and dye dye her hair. Um, and yeah, who, so well, who was Scooby? Then? Scooby would just be a dog. <laughs> Frank Welker yeah. is Scooby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, this is Fred. Where are you, Richard? And it started out as like what I thought could be quite a serious movie until I pivoted at the end because I realized what I'd actually done is made an SNL sketch for when Paul Mescal inevitably guest hosts SNL. So that's officially my Scooby-Doo continue the franchise is that when Paul Mescal eventually does a guest host on SNL Mm. that they should do Fred, Where Are You? Like, yeah, A24's A24's Scooby-Doo. Yeah, which is, yeah. yeah, That would get clicks on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or like a, a Patrick H. Willems. What if A24 yeah, had distributed Yeah, we haven't done them for about eight years, but yes, yeah. one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's good. I enjoy that. Thank you. What's your, Very what do you got good. for me? So my continue the franchise, this is actually following on from something we didn't talk about with Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, is that the storyline or one of the subplots in that, in that film is – definitely not realizing not knowing what her place is in mm. the scooby gang there's a moment where they where they trap that they they catch coco diablo by by tricking her and by by dressing up and fred's explaining how everyone worked on this mm. plan and daphne goes and i even i don't know what i did mm. and then the whole thing is like her trying to find and then at the end of it she says i want to be i think we should be co-leaders of the mystery gang and fred says you are the leader i'm just the driver essentially mm. and i and then thought he looks that in a was... rear view mirror and it says objects in this mirror are probably fred jones <laughs> yeah I, I, maybe fred jones yeah. <laughs> that it was and and i thought that was such a disservice to the character of daphne right that after all this time and also taking down a, an, an evil mastermind who deals in fashion and you're telling me Daphne Blake had nothing to do with right. that. That's yeah, yeah. fucking bullshit and wow. I will not have it. Wow. I will not have this Daphne slander. And so I want to make a spin-off series a la Velma <laughs> about the most un- misunderstood character in the history of fiction, mm. Daphne Blake. Mm. And I, I think that if anyone deserves their... Mo- like. People love Velma. Velma doesn't need a thing, a series explaining who she really is and what she's really like. People overlook Daphne. And I, I'm I'm the first person to say that hot people and, and popular people don't have real problems <laughs> because they don't. And I think that, <laughs> but, and so, and so I think that 
so this is this is me turning over a new leaf essentially to to pitch a show like this but i and and i kind of like the idea of this actually being like a sequel to the series that the band the the scooby gang has disbanded but she is the and she you know she's the one that's still wanting to solve mysteries maybe the gang have all died right oh my god and what if what if it's like scooby scoop they split up scooby dies because he's a dog and they they meet again when they returned for his funeral that's mm. how they get back yeah. in but I just think that the character of Daphne Blake has so much more to offer and I the the thing that I love about Daphne Blake and that that has she's really come into being one of my favorite characters next time one of those Twitter post your four favorite characters things come up I'm posting Daphne that like I'm posting Daphne <laughs> that there's this sexist term that gets thrown around a lot okay. that calling a character a Mary Sue <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, Ray from the from the Star Wars sequel trilogy is often called a Mary Sue and the idea of a Mary Sue is that it's a female character who's like an author insert and it's a character who can do everything effortlessly and mm. it, it is Something that's never happened with any male characters ever. Yeah. No no but, but male there, author has ever self-inserted a character. Yeah, who's good at everything. Yeah. But I, I think there is also that for a while it's sort of, it's coming right. But I think there was an overcorrection in Blockbusters for a bit that was like it's we can't show female characters having any flaws. That it's like there, there was this 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 movement to be like, no, we need powerful female characters we need good female characters and the there was you know your gun for hire blockbuster writers and directors took that to mean our female characters can't have any flaws they can't be real people Mm. and so i think that's why we got elements of ray skywalker Mm. (laughs) so if the the pendulum is swinging that way so far to to this overcorrection uh, mm. of, of something like Rise of Skywalker's Ray, it swings back in the other direction and we get the Velma series. Where mm. it's like, no, they can be fucking flawed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be flawed to they the can, point where you don't like them <laughs> they anymore. They can have no, no positive traits, yeah. <laughs> that, but I think that Daphne is such an interesting character that I have, there's been nothing in 47 Scooby-Doo movies, not, not all of which feature Daphne, to be fair, but there's been nothing in any of the movies we've just watched that made me think that's unrealistic for this character to be that good at everything. Mm. Everything that she is good at feels true to her character. And she is also flawed. She, she still, she's still a very quote unquote girly character. She still likes pretty things. And like, we you know when they go to uh, comic con, she's obsessed with one of the things as well. It's like the more girly one than liking the blue Falcon or whatever, mm. but she has these quirky obsessions and she is also, you know, great at kicking butt. And the, the fact that she just managed to avoid ever sort of like, I mean, she, like I've mentioned a couple of times, we've never really seen her as a damsel in distress. And when we joined this franchise in 1998, 1988, 88. sorry, she, she was all, we were already trying to figure out, okay, how can we be less sexist about this Daphne character? And it's, it was, it's been so interesting to watch along the way what they do mm. with Daphne and yeah she's absolutely like become my t- favorite character time capsule for each era for um yeah and you know, you know- I, I was reading apparently that and I think the mystery incorporated series 
her thing was she was like MacGyver. That, that, it that was, makes sense because she, she yeah does, that she, she, does, she was she could put things together and she can build stuff and you know yeah she's and she we've seen that in a couple of the movies as well we've mm. seen that in both the last two movies in fact um you know who's a similar character to Daphne Blake is uh, Al Woods from Legally Blonde mm. where it's like embracing what we what we describe as particularly girly traits but is mm. also like a capable human being with um you know with strengths and weaknesses um mm. and yeah i i agree with you I think because that- yeah there's there's this the, the the hollywood has this idea that if you're creating a strong female character you are creating a masculine female character yeah and yeah it, it, it's it's so refreshing to see someone who still embraces mm. being girly you know mm. traditionally girly yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I just I just want to see more of Daphne Blake. That's the and I I just I'm I was thinking about this today that just the like the one eighties and three sixties I've done on this franchise has been so fascinating <laughs> that like you know I started this being like hate Scooby Doo and then I've I've I'm I kind of I kind of come around to liking Scooby Doo but I've also come around to being like Scooby and Shaggy are probably the least interesting parts of the series. And I've went, went and been like, I have such a crush on Velma to like Velma <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> and Daphne is where it's at. Mm. I, yeah. I mean, as I said, when the credits rolled on trick or treat, Scooby-Doo, I was like, I kind of want more of this now. Like I kind of mm. want to see more. I don't want to leave Richard. I don't, I don't need what's well, part of me does, but part of me necessarily doesn't. I think the overwhelming emotion though, that I'm feeling as we enter the tail end of the episode, Richard is this deep, deep, uh, profound fear that, uh, is just is no one gonna listen? <laughs> is yeah. no one gonna listen this deep? What if what if we've really like pushed our luck? You're pushing your luck, the- Scoob, with, with <laughs> making this this yeah. long. Maybe eighteen hours on Barbie was like the peak that our small fan base were willing to listen to. What if what if nearly thirty hours is too much? Yeah, like you know, an eighteen hour Barbie episode. That's funny. Yeah. Is a 28-hour Scooby-Doo episode even funny? Or even funnier, we can only hope. <laughs> what What do you think? If you were a listener, if your favorite podcast... I wouldn't listen to our podcast. Wow. If I didn't host it. Okay, but no, if your favorite podcast... Okay. Did a, a twenty eight hour episode about mm. Scooby Doo? Would that excite you? Or yeah, I off? think I think it would excite me. I think I'm something marathon length would ex- would excite me. But I don't know if just practically I'd have the time to listen to it. I would probably mm. fall asleep through a lot of it. I can tell you yeah. that much. <laughs> and then you'll be woke, woken up by where are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can only I'll tell you what. If you're listened this far, every, first person to listen this, we've already done one of these earlier. I can't remember mm. what the word was, so you left. I can't remember me. either. All right, now let's commit this to memory. The first person to say, uh, "Puppy power" in in the mm. on the Discord, because you've got to this point. That's how we'll know. Um, You'll get a little DM from both of us saying thank yeah. you very much. Well, Richard, I think I hate to say it, buddy, but uh this is the end this is this well, is we've got a couple more things we do have to do we do have to rank that franchise oh my god. neither of us like doing 
Fuck. All right. Well, let's do that. We've got a ranked at franchise. Over at uh, letterbox.com slash Cole you'll be able to find a list we've made of every franchise we've ever watched. And now we're going to rank <laughs> the uh, eclipsing Scooby-Doo franchise with the rest of them. What are, what are we looking <laughs> so at, adding Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I... Oh, the Boo Brothers. Such simple times. Just because this is one thing, I'm not going to... We're not going to bother with splitting it live action or anything like no, that. We're no, just no. doing Scooby-Doo as a franchise. Yeah, just, just because it's... I can't, I can't be bothered taking this as seriously as we've taken almost everything mm. else we do on this podcast. I think this goes between Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Rocky. No. And number four. You do not think that. <laughs> Where do you think Scooby-Doo I'm not goes? looking at it right now. Do you want to give me a... Pick a, pick a random franchise. I'll tell you if Scooby-Doo is a better franchise than it. Okay, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, it's a better franchise than Dungeons and Dragons. Well, do you know, we've been talking about, like, oh, to this day, Dungeons and Dragons is still the worst. It's not Scorpion Kings in the bottom position. I think... I can't. I feel like we it got moved there accidentally at some point. All right. Well, I've just Dungeons and Dragons. You're back in last place. Okay. So, okay, is it better than <sighs> Jaws? It's better than Jaws, the franchise. Is it better than Ghostbusters? No. Really? Is it better than El Mariachi? No. Uh, is it better than Ocean's Eleven? No. It's better than Friday the 13th. This is a good uh, com- comparison. What do you think? Do you think it's better? Probably not. I, I, I would quite happily put Scooby-Doo on top 10. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> what I reckon, what's, what's below Friday the 13th? We've got Friday, Nightmare, and Halloween are together. Okay, I don't think... I think this is... Actually, put it above Halloween. Wait, so you want to split up the Yeah, I want to split trio. it up with another horror classic. <laughs> another horror franchise, okay. Cool, save, and I've made this list private. And for what... You, for you prying eyes. What, uh, so that is in number 41. Number 40, the 41st best franchise we've watched. Imagine if it was 47. Could we have squeezed it? What's in 47? Uh, 47 is... Spongebob. Yeah, could could we could we focus on the negatives of Scooby Doo enough to put it in the forty seventh <laughs> place to match the number of movies? Um, but no, I'm happy with that. Is um, and yeah, I guess like it's, it feels redundant to do this, but if you've enjoyed this podcast, everyone, head on over to uh, the Discord. Tell us what you thought. Head on over to Twitter and and Instagram. Follow us over there at Cold Popture. You can email us at coldpopturemedia at gmail um and if you uh want to support us for our 20 30 hour long podcasts you can do that over at patreon.com slash cold pop show you get all sorts of rewards including telling us something to talk about in the post-credit scene and yes there will be a post-credit scene to the scooby-doo <laughs> episode um uh, but before we do the post-credit scene we need to reveal what our next mm. franchise is as voted on by our one dollar patrons over at patreon.com mm. slash all right so i'm just pulling up the list here so we had some some good 
suggestions this Good, healthy week. competition. I, yeah, yeah, healthy competition, which is what we always, you love, you love to see it. So, yeah, the early lead was taken by, I believe, Jackass and Pitch yeah. Perfect. They were, but in the lead, just squeezing ahead of the trip, movies with Steve Coogan and Rob, uh, Rob Brydon, mm. is we are next going to be covering the kissing booth trilogy look of netflix films is this a series i believe you once said didn't count as a franchise because they came out so quickly uh, just because it felt so manufactured it might have been to all the boys i've loved before though i can't remember which one uh but look i'll take it i'll take three movies after 47 that sounds like a, a cakewalk now um so yeah we'll be back in two weeks no breaks no breaks before we go into um the next <laughs> no episode. one's gonna fucking listen to the kissing booth episode <laughs> but that being said if you're wondering hey where's your other famous segment the meeting of the elders uh this is an announcement um we are gonna this year we are making meeting of the elders its own show on the cult popshire podcast so we're still working out the schedule exactly but i'm thinking it'll be after every second film franchise fortnight's episode will be a meeting of the elders episode Hmm, which Um, will kind of act as like a mailbag episode a debrief of the previous three episodes of the cold pop podcast including off weeks so the following episode after this episode will be a the first ever meeting of the elders devoted episode where we'll talk about your guys response to scooby-doo um, i'm sure a lot of you are wanting your thoughts on the mary kate and ashley movies to be read out as well um, and we'll talk about them <laughs> and anything else that has come up in in the time between um then and now so uh yeah if you want to uh, have your thoughts discussed on the podcast there is now going to be one episode a month which is going to be devoted entirely to that and the way to get on there is to join our cult elders tier over on patreon um and richard it's been a pleasure let now let's fucking go let's get out of here <laughs> and do a post credit scene I've I've enjoyed this marginally, but it's been so much better enjoying it marginally with you, Richard. Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment where at the end of each episode, even 28-hour-long episodes, where uh, where if you donate to $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it? So uh, for a bumper episode, I've given us a bumper oh God, post-credit really? scene. So this consists of two questions sent in by Ian Sterner, uh, aka Bliss My Dog. The first one is, can you guys recite the steamed hams segment oh from The God, Simpsons? I'm, I'm sending up. you a link to the script now. There, uh, they go on to write. I want to hear the back and forth between Seymour and Chalmers, as done by Richard and AJ. So let's do that. I think if, if we were to go with the respective roles that Ian has assigned us, it would be me as Skinner and you as Chalmers. Although I think that our characters, you know, our, our personas, I think suit the other way around a lot more. Okay, so what do you want to do? I will. Be, I'll be Chalmers. You be Skinner. Okay. Are we doing well, Seymour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess actually, because make it your own. Make it your own. All right. Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. Ah, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared <laughs> for an unforgettable luncheon. Yes. 
Uh, oh, he gets my roast is ruined. But what if I were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking? <laughs> Delightfully devilish, Seymour. Skinner, with his crazy explanations, the superintendent's gonna need his medication. When he hears Skinner's lame exaggerations, there'll be trouble in town tonight. Seymour! <laughs> superintendent, I was just, uh, just stretching my calves on the windowsill. Isometric exercise. Care to join me? Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, AJ? Ah, uh, uh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steam from the steamed clams we're having. Mmm, steamed clams. <laughs> Scene change. <sighs> Superintendent, I hope you're ready for some mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. Uh, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes, it's a regional dialect. Uh-huh. What region? Uh, Central Canterbury. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, I'm from Christchurch, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. Oh, no, no, not in Christchurch. It's a, it's a Timaru expression. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, takes you bite. know, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones they have at Krusty Burger. <laughs> no, patented Skinner Burger's old family recipe. For steamed hams? Yes. And you call them steamed hams, despite the fact that they're obviously grilled. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the one, one thing I should... Excuse me for a second. And of course. Oh, well, that was wonderful. A good time had by all. I'm pooped. Yes, I should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis? Uh, uh, Aurora Borealis. At this time of year. At this time of day, in this part of the country, localised entirely within your kitchen? Yes. May I see it? No. Seymour! The house is on fire! (laughs) No, Mother, it's just the northern lights. Well, Seymour, you are an odd fellow, but I must say, you steam a good ham. What a... Weird thing to end our Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> well, that's not all, because uh, oh. Agnes has one more lime. Help! Help! <laughs> I will say, just on the steamed hams thing, underrated line in that the opening line, well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions, is so funny. What a, f- <laughs> the, well, what a good line. But also, Ian has followed that up with a second question, which is, what are your dream theatre roles? I know AJ, I know Richard used to be a theatre dweeb. I don't know if AJ has any such aspirations. Mm. But yeah. I uh, probably could have saved this for another week, but I don't know. I like... Um, hey, you copy and paste them into the spreadsheet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I like... I would love, like, a good musical villain role. Like, if they ever... Mm. If they ever made, like, a musical of something like um, Nightmare Before Christmas, I'd love to play Oogie Boogie or something like that. Nice. I think I could I that. actually already got my dream theatre role. Mm. There was when the I Sultan before I went to <laughs> <laughs> when I went to before I went to acting school I saw a production of a play called Popcorn by Ben Alton. Well, actually, no, this is an interesting story about how I didn't get my uh, my dream theater okay. role. Okay, but um, <laughs> we I saw this play and it's about this these two uh, sort of natural born killers inspired like you know serial killers bonnie and clyde type going on a mm-hmm. killing spree and what they do is they 
invade the home of a Quentin Tarantino-esque director who makes all these super violent films and these two serial killers say like hey we're going to um we're going to blame you we're going to kill you on live television and blame you for it, all, all, all our crimes kind of thing and i saw this and i was like oh well you know i want i'd, I'd love to be i'm interested in a film i'd love to be a director and i always wanted to play that director and then we when i was acting school the the final performance happened to be popcorn by ben elton not 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 you know anything any of my input just happened to be this and i really wanted this character of bruce delamitri was uh was his name and david Carreos, who we had on earlier in the episode really wanted the character of wayne who was the serial killer and i was in everyone's auditions i was the one that you would read against kind of thing i that like i i was one of the better actors in the class and they just <laughs> got me to sort of you know so you could act off me and then the cast list went up and dave was playing bruce delamitri and i was playing wayne and it was this like everyone just assumed like people weren't bothering to audition because they thought i was going to get bruce and dave was going to get wayne wow. and casting us in that flipped role and it was this really interesting challenge for both of us. I lost a bunch of weight for the role. I shaved my head and grew a goatee. And Dave, you know, was good in Dave it as well. Dave did nothing. And <laughs> Dave did nothing. Um, but no, made for this like really interesting play. Both of us really playing against type. Me having to be the wacky out there, moving around the stage the whole time one. And him just being the sort of quiet, reserved victim in all of this and yeah that's one of my proudest sort of things was was that play so wow. and now it's been bumped into third place by our 28 hour scooby-doo episode <laughs> well thank you for listening everybody and we'll uh no breaks we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably see you last week because you'll still be listening to yeah, us true when we with yeah there'll be another episode out already or not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you fucking do in your works. spare time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>